everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Another Gaming Podcast. We are up to episode 18, and uh, I am one of your hosts, Dustin Kreiss, and joining me is one of the other hosts, Steven the Laggy Gamer. What's going on, everybody? We have Dustin doing the intro because I'm so bad at doing it now, but thanks for bringing us in, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yes! Joined by, joined, by, joined by our other host. Chance, Doom Waves. How's it going, Chance? Oh, it's going well. I just, like, ate supper really fast because it's, like, yeah. 5 p.m. here. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I just ate. That's why I was late. Yeah, I just ate a bunch of Taco Bell, and it always sounds really good when I go to get it. And then after I eat it, I'm like, that was a bad, that was a mistake. <laughs> oh, I had, I had such a craving for Taco Bell today because a Supernatural episode I watched yesterday had him eating Taco Bell. He's like, there's one thing you can count on across America. Taco Bell tasting good. Certainly tasting like grease. Until I wanted to get some so bad, but... But anyway, (laughs) this episode is not about Taco Bell. This episode is about none other than our guest, Aerodynamish himself. Indeed. (laughs) And he just slowly (laughs) sneaks in. (laughs) He was reading something. I'm busy tweeting, guys. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Tweeting it out. I'm on another gaming podcast. I'm indeed on the Another Gaming Podcast. I'm very glad to be on here. Uh, you know, I've been talking to you guys for a long time in the chat, the AGP chat, and on your channels as well. So we're uh, very great to be on here. And uh, we'll see uh, what the couple next couple of hours will bring. I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of Japanese video games, but who knows? No, uh, we talked. We discussed Western them. all the way. Yeah, this is the American episode. Uh, we're we're discussing <laughs> we're discussing first person shooters, sports games, and uh, real time strategy. Nothing but Madden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want us to say uh, Arrow, or can we go by your real name, or should we keep it at Arrow? Uh, you can call me Arrow. You can call me Mike. Just don't tongue twist yourself over my. Aerodynamic, you know, Aerodynamics, <laughs> the, the Dutch translation. I still regret picking that name when I started on YouTube, but oh well. <laughs> I don't, I've, always, I've always liked it. Even like when I first saw it, I was like, damn, that's a, that's a good name. What's it from? What am I missing on it? Is it just made up or is it actually from a game or something? Yeah, it was partly inspired by Final Fantasy, you know, the arrow spells. I just wanted to have like a one word name instead of like mm-hmm. the underscore thing or things like that. So. Yeah, uh, that stuck around for like years, and now I can't get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like my name, my screen name from when I was in high school. When I first started, well, not high school. Whenever AOL came out, that's like elementary years. I Jesus. picked Total Package two two three, and yeah, I just kept it ever since with everything. And people are just like, "Why do you use such a stupid name?" <laughs> but whatever, you just yeah. pick it and it, you just run with it. I, I do kind of regret using my name as my uh, channel, but when I did that, I wasn't planning on making videos. I was just watching. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Nah, whatever." So, but Dustin and Grace, yeah, working in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's awesome to have you, Mike. I know it's a little bit later over in your parts of the uh, world, so we're very thankful for you hanging in here with us and uh, doing this episode with us, man. Ah, it's not a problem at all. It's only. Close to 1 a.m. here, so uh, next couple hours, it's weekend, so it's not a problem. <laughs> so without further ado, for those who might not know about your channel, why don't you just give them a little feel for it and what uh, what all you're about on it and stuff, and just let them know what your channel's about. 
All right, all right. So uh, yeah, been in the YouTube gaming community close to five years now. Just started out doing all kinds of stuff, just talking about games, uh, sharing you know my knowledge, the collection, which has grown considerably over the last five years. Um, it's mostly Japanese video games. I just absolutely enjoy you know the Japanese RPG visual novels. Uh, to a little bit lesser extent, shmups and rhythm games. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. Besides, you know, all the video games, I'm pretty big into movies as well. Have a have a you know addiction to watching movies, collecting movies as well, um, animation as well, anime and such. So uh, pretty much all around. Although on my channel, I really tend to focus on the video games. So uh, if if JRPGs is your thing and no idea how many people that are listening to this have not heard of my channel, as it's a pretty tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, check it out if you're into the, the Japanese kind of games. Definitely. With uh, And also, uh, Mike also did, if you might have heard us with our previous podcast with uh, Mr. RPG Swagman, they actually grouped up for a podcast themselves for a little bit with some great stuff on there. Uh, so RPG gibberish or RPG gibberish. I forget if it's two Gs or not, but it's just one G. It's sti- one G. Yes, yeah, sti- still on YouTube. Go look that stuff up because they have some great conversations about some fantastic RPGs back in the days when they used to do that. So awesome stuff. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great thing. I think we did it in 2011 and early 12. Um, you know, we both became very busy, and uh, he's from Australia, so time zones didn't allow us to go further, but. Uh, there should be some, still some very great ones on there, uh, about 20 episodes or something like that. So, um, yeah, check it out if you're interested. And that's the reason why we still leave them up, because they are, in our opinion, pretty good episodes for the RPG fans. Oh, yeah. It, it, it is, I got a question. I was going to say, it is kind of a perfect combination of you two talking you know, RPGs ahead, all the time. Did we just talk all over each other? I think, I think, Steve, <laughs> I think Steven has a little bit of a lag even though he was just saying he wasn't really the laggy gamer anymore. Uh, <laughs> I said it was a perfect, that podcast was kind of perfect because it was you and Greg just RPGing, freaking out, you know, and it's like, uh, there's not, there's those are the two perfect people that I would see doing a podcast like that. And it's just kind of crazy right now in this moment because um, when I was first starting out, Greg's channel and Arrow's channel uh, were two channels that I mean I put them right up next to Happy Console Gamer and all the big the big big guys you know and I'm like you know these are the guys that I want to kind of emulate with my channel so to now with the podcast you know already doing Greg's episode now doing this episode I feel like there's kind of a, a, a completion here like uh, I, I've I've met my YouTube quote unquote heroes in a way <laughs> awesome that's now the there's, same when there's, there's when... nothing left to do but kill your heroes now. <laughs> do i still have a lag or is it fixed you think you're i think you're okay it's just every okay. now and it's like that thing every now and then you just kind of cut out for a second and then you come in like a second later well since i go off my phone and we have the facebook uh chat going i have to turn that off because every time someone messages it it yeah. makes my internet lock up so i turn that off so i should be good to go now. Okay. but uh i want to say yeah with uh it was awesome it's like arrow uh Swagman and Ball and Nick were like my RPG gods on the internet, and I was like, I have to meet those three. It'd be awesome to talk to them. And then eventually, Dustin popped up on the internet too. I was like, man, I get to hang out with him too, doing a podcast. All these RPG minds. So it's been awesome being able to talk to all you guys about your RPG goodness. Yeah, it's it's you know even within the YouTube gaming community, I've noticed that there is 
a certain you know kind of smaller communities in there and the RPG community is in there you know I've been subscribed to to Nick for a long time also Benso86 you know uh, for for a very long time as well oh yeah spreading the love on the RPGs you know uh, it's always always great to hear uh, what other people have been enjoyed playing uh, you know and I do the same thing yeah, if I need my fix for anything else I got chance over there for my shooters yeah and my dungeon <laughs> crawlers cause I like play like two RPGs a year so, yeah. Well, <laughs> the year you play Xenoblade, you're only going to be playing one because that thing will take <laughs> up most of the year. No, well, you I know what was funny? Go ahead, Chance. I was just saying, I picked up some kind of heavy hitters too. I did pick up Zillia finally, and uh, the new Zelda has also. So there you go, man. Oh, nice. You need to hit that went... Zelda as quickly as possible. Oh yeah. I'm playing Paper Mario right now. Uh, Sticker Star. Uh, and so it's yeah, like, I was going to make the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. uh, I, I know we'll probably talk about this this later on, so I won't yeah. get into it right yeah. now. But uh, and uh, Stephen just hooked me up with the Dark Spire too. So oh, oh my like, god, that's awesome. So I'm yeah. like, oh my god, what the hell do I play now? Because I want to play the Dark Spire so bad. Champ, you need I to man. Zelda. Wait, no, dude, here's I'm put Zelda, put Zelda on hold because here's the thing. With your love of Etrian Odyssey and the first-person uh-huh. dungeon crawlers, I want you to play the Dark Spire so bad because I want it to kick your ass. Well, it, 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 I'm sure it will. I wanted to just punch you in the face. Uh, Soul Hackers kicked me in the ass. And that, yeah. And I'm, not, not even that hard, really. It's just like, okay, where do I go from here? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, like the Dark Spire, it auto-maps, so you don't have to draw uh-huh. your own map, but that map is so fucking tight. That it even even just I mean it fills the entire bottom DS screen. Each floor fills that bottom screen. So okay. yeah, yeah. I might I might uh, pop in Dark Spire sooner. I need than to start we'll... that again. I need to start over in that game so bad. You guys want to hear something sorry. funny? The first you, ever you... first person dungeon crawler that I've ever played was the Dark Spire, and Did I finished it? it. I oh, finished. Oh man, that's, that's impressive. Wow, because that thing is. I mean, like. That thing is old school. Like it doesn't even show you where, like, on the map where the hidden entrances are and everything. You have to, yeah. It's wow. That's impressive. Yeah. The main reason was I was in this forum that sadly is defunct. When I just started on YouTube, there was this guy there, and he was this DS fan. He was playing the game. He was a little bit ahead of me, and we kind of got into this rivalry competition, but also in a good way to kind of to see how far you can get into the game. So we were exchanging a lot of notes and help and that was a really great experience and that's uh, that's why I really love that game such a great experience kind of almost would, a, a journey like experience in a way yeah definitely did I you ever would play never challenge sorry. Mike to an RPG duel of who could finish a game first in an yeah. RPG it just seems like a silly thing to do cuz i would just give you the belt and say you won especially a handheld oh, but yeah. you don't you don't have that train ride anymore do you yeah, the train ride is very. Uh, I started a new job two months ago, and it's only like forty-five minutes max. Yeah. Uh, it it used to be like two hours. Ooh. So uh, I've beat a lot of games in in 2011 and 12 on the handhelds. But for now, it's a little bit less. But uh, I still tend to play handhelds 80% out of all my gaming time. So yeah. oh, cool. even at home. Mike, did you ever beat it in the uh, the classic mode where it looks like an old like Amiga computer? Mm, I played the Dark Spire. I just wanted to see what the classic mode is like. 
uh-huh. I played it for maybe you know maybe like 15 minutes, get yeah. into some fights. But it was you. I really like the art style yeah. of what the yeah the the normal mode. So I, uh, I could see Chance really liking the classic style because he likes those old sort of. He's really kind of the retro guy out of all of us, I would think, because he has a real. Even he can throw in a 2600 game and be like, yeah. "Oh my god," you know. <laughs> I tend to have fun with uh, the games that I have, yes, and uh, I don't know, because as, as much as I really liked, um, you know, like the classic Entry and Odyssey style even, which is just a little bit more bare bones, I really liked the Millennium Girl yeah. with the, the added story mode and the, you know, like the cutscenes and stuff, so I don't know, I, I might try it both ways and well, see which one I like better. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's I what can't. she said. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say with your channel chance before I forget when Dustin first told me about you your channel I assumed you were just this huge RPG person because it was Dragon Warrior I think was on your channel Wizards and Warriors that's kind of an RPG type-ish I guess thing it's like oh this must be another like RPG thing then nope. it turns out like you said like two RPGs a year <laughs> the old bait and switch <laughs> I Which? love RPGs. I have a ton of them. It's just I am so slow at playing them. It's, you have to find – I mean you really have to set a, a chunk of time aside to do it. Like like I could sit down and play Killzone here for like you know maybe a half hour and then stop and be okay. But like an yeah. RPG, you get like one thing done in an RPG in, in a half hour and be like shit. So. Which brings me to another question for Chance, because, and I know this is all about Arrow, like you said at the beginning, Dustin, but I'm giving Chance some love here. Because um, I won't get to talk the rest of the time. <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> Dustin his uh, game tour video reminded me of something. When he was going through his NES collection and pointed out Wizards and Warriors, and he said, we were sitting there wondering why you like that game so much. So I need you to explain again, what in the world, okay. why do you like that game so much, and what do you even do in it? We can. It's uh, it's just as much nostalgia as it is anything. Figure out for life of us what we were supposed to do. It's it's pretty simple, really. All you have to do is just like any other game. You go in that era. You go around and collect things. So you collect these gems, and then once you get enough of them, you find the exit, and then you go to the next stage. And along the way, you pick up some armor upgrades and a few items that help you along the way. There's like a, a magic wand that gives you an extra attack. And there's like uh, different items that do different things. Like a, there's a pair of boots that you can kick open the treasure chest without actually having to have the key. And there is uh, a cloak that like makes you partially invisible to enemies and just just things like that. So I mean, it's but it, like I said, it's just as much nostalgia as anything because I used to sit and watch my dad play that game, and then uh. it was like the first game that I ever beat. You know, like him, my dad sitting there on the couch watching me play, you know, and kind of telling me where to go and that kind of thing. So then when I got to the end of the game, it was just like oh. It's such a, an amazing feeling that I just kept doing it over and over and over, and got to the point, you know, where by the time I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, you know, and I didn't have any other game systems for a long time. The NES was it, so I would sit there and just plow through Wizards and Warriors like four times in a sitting, you know, because it, it would only take me like 45 minutes to an hour to beat the game. So I don't this know, brings I up. I'm good at it. I guess that's why I like it. <laughs> there you go. 
that actually brings up an interesting topic. Um, do you, any the rest of you guys remember what the first game you beat was? Oh, uh, Mario World on the SNES. That was the first game I ever beat. Yeah, I had this knockoff Atari on a 26 games in one. I don't technically count that. The next one would be Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Mega Man 3. Nice. Holy Ooh. shit. Mega Man 3 was the first one, eh? Yeah. Because, nice, I mean, I got my, nice I got my, I got my Nintendo kind of late in the game. I think it was like 86 or 87 when I got it. Maybe even a little bit later than that. But... See, I would have been one at 86, so... I well, I, I was born in 86. Okay, so... well... I was wasn't serious. even in the womb yet, man. Screw you guys. <laughs> I was playing Nintendo before you. Which I believe, Dustin, since my three-year-old son just beat a Mario World. I can believe if he was four or five. I don't know. Mega Man 3 had to be tough, man. <laughs> I was... At 87, I was... Maybe it was... Maybe it was 89-ish, 88-ish, maybe? No, uh, it wasn't that. It might have been, like, 87, 88. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, no, because, actually, when I first beat it, let me tell you how I beat it, okay? Um, my friends had an NES, okay, and they had Mega Man 3. Yeah. They had the Wily code that takes you right to Dr. Wily. Straight to, Straight oh. to Dr. Wily, which I have, I have beat the game later since then. And I played, as a kid, I played through a significant portion of Mega Man 3. I, I'd get to the shadow bosses, and the shadow bosses would always kill me. Because that's a long time uh, to sit there and play a game in one setting. Yeah. Um, but I remember the Wily code, and then you get to Wily, and you have to jump up to the top, and top spin, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put in the code, it actually gave you all the weapons, too? The yeah. different weapon types? Yeah. Ooh, nice. And I think I think I had two energy tanks, too. So I think yeah. I think there is a bit of a stage you have to get through to get to Wily. I think you have to I, you have to actually complete the castle. But okay. yeah, but it takes you right to Wily's castle. Well, you cheated, but I guess it counts. Hey. Well, congratulations! <laughs> it's not cheating. It's not cheating. It's built into the game. Yeah, true, but it is. It's, well, it's called a Wily code. It's not called a cheat code. So I guess you can fish your way out of that one too. I was seven well, years old, Stephen. <laughs> you weren't even born yet. I was born in '85. But... Oh, chance. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I wasn't chance. born yet. Mike wasn't born yet. <laughs> Depending on when it was, I mean, if it was late, you know, November, December, then maybe I was an infant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before that, no. Well, before we get any further, should we get uh, Mike to answer the three questions before we continue forth on this journey? Okay. Yes. Uh, scary. <laughs> oh yeah, the big three. <laughs> Uh, favorite game, favorite movie, and favorite recording artist. Ah, this is <laughs> this is not good, man. I have to. Oh pick yeah, you're, ask, you're asking you're asking this movie guy. Oh wait. Yep. I apologize. Let me let me let me wheel back for a second before we get into this. Uh, okay. Mega Man Three didn't come out until 1990, so I was eight years old when I beat it. There no. Yeah, 1990. So oh, I was, I was alive then. <laughs> so we were about to get so many people flaming our chat. No, it did I like, not come out. <laughs> I, I said that, and I was like, "Did it come out in '88? That seems kind of early." And then I like I quickly looked on Wikipedia, and I was like, "Nope, 90." So there you go, guys. I, I corrected myself before you guys got me. You know, somebody, <laughs> somebody's already written the comment on there. You know that. The correction. <laughs> All right, Mike. Big three. This is going to take big him three. hours to think about. Yep. I, I, can I do like top five? Oh, that's so. That's such pussy footing. Oh. You can do top five, but don't tell us th two, three, four, and five. You got to give us number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think of the top five, but I only want to hear number one. Mm -hmm. 
The first one that comes to mind is what we'll take as your number one, though. So yeah, the first, you say the, fir- first. the first video game that comes to mind, uh, that's Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. Whoa. That actually... <laughs> it took Steven a like... second to get that. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a it's double like, take there. <laughs> because I actually like that one, which I'm actually currently playing through right now again to try to finish it. But I hear it's kind of a controversial one where people kind of look at it not not too good. <laughs> I think the opinion on it's re- changing, though. I think like it's well, good. People are starting to like know that it was actually really good. I think it was such well, a, such a dynamic change. Yeah, it wasn't seven. Forward. Yeah, it wasn't seven. Yeah, the thing for me though is it's uh, uh, more nostalgic than seven, um, and I felt that nine was a little bit too on the easy side. Um, it didn't have a lot of extra post-game content, uh, and eight is just the one that I sunk so many hours in. And I really identified with the characters, especially Squall as the main character. Um, oh yeah, really like Squall. So yeah, it would How be. How do you Final like the uh, junction system in that? Are you a fan of that? Your favorite um, battle system or what? I enjoyed the junction system. Um, I can't really remember how well of a grasp I had on the system when I was like 11, 12 when I played it. Yeah. Uh, but it it is it is a good system. I really enjoy the fact. Um, one thing about eight though is I seldomly use the magic spells so yeah. to have my characters more powerful uh so that's kind of a weak spot because i didn't want to use it, it really made you think about using those spells before you use them like because if you say used ultima a bunch not only would it weaken your character but then you got to go farm it somewhere else again so yeah you gotta go find it yeah. more so than other rpgs it really makes you think about how you approach the battles yeah that's definitely true but Honestly, I really didn't struggle all that much. Uh, just focusing on the attacks and the summons. Uh, that usually got me through the game, getting the better weapons. And I don't know if anybody is interested in it, but I, it's definitely one of my proudest gaming achievements. You got to look up my channel and type in like Final Fantasy VIII Perfection or something like that. You mm-hmm. will get like a rundown through my save file. Uh, it's crazy. It's oh, ridiculous. Wow, that's awesome. I have to check that out. It's like every character level 100, all the GFs level 100, like max stats on like all the characters. It's just wow. crazy stuff, you know. <laughs> that was actually the f- first one I tried playing, uh, my first Final Fantasy, and I loved it. Just the summons, still to this day I remember some of them, my favorite summons, the, the Doom Train and everything. It's just awesome. Yeah. If that's what it's even called. I know there was a train. but Yeah, it was yeah Doom Train, yeah. Yeah. See, sounds like my kind of train. I was, I was going to say Chance would love that one. He just, <laughs> just started referring to, referring to himself as the Doom Train. Hop on. Well, I actually am interested in hearing your other four, though. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention because when I mentioned Final Fantasy VIII, there are a couple of there's a couple of games standing behind me with mm-hmm. bets and everything. <laughs> now, this the second one that I always mention in one breath with Final Fantasy VIII is Metal Gear Solid. Um, such nostalgic. I love Metal Gear Solid. Uh, it's my second favorite series. And the original on the PlayStation 1, I think I finished that somewhere in like 10 to 20 times, getting better all the time. I nice. think I think I got the big boss ranking at some point where you had to beat the game in under like two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I love that game. That's a, that's a genre I really want to try to, or game series I really want to get back into because I beat the first two and I always get to Snake Eater, what people really praise as actually their favorite sometimes. And something about how Snake Eater starts off, it seems so slow for me. And 
I, I am the exact same way. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I actually agree. Uh, when when the game came out, I believe in 2006 here in Europe, I was not really that all that big into gaming, and I actually had the game, and I postponed it for a long time. Uh, and so far, I only beat Metal Gear Solid 3 like once. Uh, I tried to play it again on the HD collection. Uh, it is still a great game, and the story is great. I have like the... Uh, the existence discs, which is all the cutscenes in one, and I've watched that a couple of times in the last ten years. But um, yeah, something off about about the game. Uh, it's it's a it's a great one, but I prefer one, two, and four over it. As for someone who couldn't really play three, do you think uh, is four similar to three with the kind of slow paceness of the, the start, or is it a little bit different? Is four a little bit easier to hop into than that one? Mm, yeah, let's see. Uh, Four is really designed around the fact to kind of tie everything together. Where basically okay. you had one and two, and then they went all the prequel route with three, and then the portable ops and Peace Walker, which I know is made after four. But um, four takes place at the end of the timeline, and if you don't really know the story behind Metal Gear Solid Three, you will get lost on a lot of the details. So I would not recommend that. Okay. I don't remember the story from the first two. So oh, yeah. I don't remember things from two weeks ago. So unless I play something right now, I kind of forget about it. It's highly complicated story, and that's why I why I enjoy it. I really like you know the movies or games that have a lot of details in them, and you can kind of puzzle together this whole intricate plot. And that's why I love the the series so much. But it's very very convoluted. I think now, Metal Gear Solid One was a pretty simple story to understand but once you got to like the second one and it gets towards the end they start talking about the patriots and everything like that you're just like your yeah, brain naked is kind people of flipping around you're like what's going on <laughs> your brain just kind of snaps you know and you're like uh oh, what's going on yeah yeah that's true highly it's agree all, with that it's all a training mission no <laughs> <laughs> uh, well can you explain what this uh i'm kind of confused is gr- Ground Zeroes and Five the same game? Is it a different game? I kind of got lost in the loop of what's going on with that and Five, yeah. or Not I'm a just problem. lost in it. Uh, so what what's going to be happening? There's going to be two separate games. They're both called Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, Ground Zeroes was the game that they were working on um, for a long time until the next gen came out. So they were kind of thinking, what should we do? Um, and basically, what Ground Zeroes is going to be, it's going to be like an introduction. I'm hoping somewhere between 5 to 10 hours long, introduction to the full game, which isn't finished yet, and that's The Phantom Pain. Um, Ground Zeroes takes place somewhere in the 70s, and I believe there is... Uh, Phantom Pain takes place, I would say, a couple of years later. I don't know pr- precisely how many, but... Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like a setup. Uh, I don't want to... A lot of people are calling it like a demo. Uh, I think that's... That's not doing it justice. Ground Zeroes, I think, will be a good game on its own, but it won't be complete until Phantom Pain comes out. I see it is coming out at the reduced price, so I'm guessing, yet it isn't going to be as long. But, I mean, I don't think there's a such thing as a short Metal Gear style. I mean, if you want to, you can probably spend 20 hours in a game, I'm guessing. (laughs) It depends. I think the games will last you somewhere between 6 to 15 hours. Okay. But it, yeah, really depends on how far you get into like exploring or messing around or struggle to get further or with boss fights. But yeah, I don't think one lasted me for 20 hours or something. It's 
it's a long time for a Metal Gear Solid game. Enchant, you're not too into uh, like the stealth kind of genre, are you? Not for at Metal all. Gear. Yeah. I played. I just beat uh, Revengeance, actually, like a couple weeks ago, and I really liked it. And I really, it really intrigued me story-wise. Made me kind of want to go back and play um, the Metal Gear Solid games, but it's just like. I know that I'll be horrible at them, so I, you know, I, it's almost like okay, I just want to watch this on YouTube so I can get the story in because I'm not, I'm not going to be good at it. So, chance. Well, there are, th- should, there are um, things in some of them. Go ahead, Dustin. I was going to say, chance, you should download uh, Blood Dragon. Yeah, because, I, I really yes. want to play that. <laughs> that would be the kind. That would be kind of the, the kind of stealth that you would like. Because I'm telling you what, there's nothing like more satisfying in that game than liberating a garrison without being seen once. Yeah. It is so that would be your that'd be a good stealth game for you to kind of I really liked ODST but it was pretty with your trusty light, bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty light on the stealth. It was more just yeah that was more just avoidance of fights. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like a true stealth experience but uh, I did like it a lot. You should play Metal Gear Solid 2 at least for a little bit just to have the chance to hold someone up by their nuts and let them shake <laughs> to death and drop the dog tags. Yeah. Because it's awesome. There, there, <laughs> there was a lot of, like, just fun dicking around moves in that game. Oh, yeah. True. Just messing around. I have two and three on PlayStation 2, so... Anyway, th- th- we're going we're gonna to take, like, 45 minutes getting through my... Oh, yeah. Three, Sorry. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I'll finish the top five. The other three are Sukoden 2, uh, Persona 4... And then the fifth game is one of my favorite visual novels, but that's that's in between like 999 or Steins Gate. I, I can't figure out. Changes every day. I think I'm the only one. Dustin, did you do a 999 playthrough yet? At least one time or no? Yeah, I, I got the, the, the true, quote-unquote, true ending in that. I didn't get every ending. I got the true ending and then kind of said, yeah, um, I don't need to see everything else. That's enough, yeah. Yeah. And chance, did you have it or no? I can't no, remember I if you got it or not. Nope. Okay, I've actually been really wanting to play uh, Virtue's Last Reward because I've been playing a bunch of Room Escape games on my iPad, and I'm really getting back into that genre. And like, I, I see Virtue's Last Reward there, and I'm like, ah, oh, I need to play you. So I've been thinking about throwing that in here soon. Cool. Well, we'll jump to uh, favorite recording artists. Then, what kind of Dutch bands are we listening to over there? <laughs> Yeah, music. Music is not really my my strong suit. Uh, I tend to have like a strange taste in music. Um, video game music is allowed as an answer if there is an artist you like. <laughs> I, I, I like video game music. Um, what I do tend to listen to a lot uh, is uh, Daft Punk and Justice, two French, uh, you know, electronic dance music. Uh, do you like M83? Never heard of them. Oh, Mike, you need to listen to M83. All right, I'll try to uh, look that up after don't, the podcast. Did you, yeah, I was going to say, don't do it right did now. Did you watch Jeez. Oblivion? Yeah, 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 I like that. That's one. M83. M83 did the music for Oblivion. And they had a, That was a pretty good soundtrack from it's what hell, I Hell yeah, it was. That was a great soundtrack. I listen to that in credit song like all the time. Yeah, it's good. Nice. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's it's not something I'm yeah really proud of. But I listen to a lot of female singing artists. I don't know, it just relaxes me listening to it. You know, things like Nora Jones and uh, you know what else is there? You know, yeah, just just a couple of female artists that I that, that I 
Whenever, whenever someone says that. female artists, I always think of Bjork, and usually when I say no, 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 this ah, is this is more uh, it, the Mike. more relaxing kind, you know, not you know yeah. very vocal. Inya, I, I know that one. Is that yeah? yeah let's see. <laughs> it might be artists that you guys don't have over there because it's more UK ones. You know, there's this Norwegian singer is called Maria Mena. I went to a concert a couple of months ago, and there's Leona Lewis, and you know I stuff like that. This, yeah. What about um, actually? God, I can't. I think he's. I want to say he's. He might be Icelandic, but he might be Swedish. I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you know who Jens Lekman is? No, never heard uh, of him. It's it's good kind of. It's kind of weird pop. Um, he has a song. Have you ever seen the movie Mask, the Rocky Dennis story? Oh, I no. love that movie. He, he he wrote a song about Rocky. He wrote a song about Rocky Dennis in heaven. That's <laughs> the kind of stuff he writes. Wow. <laughs> crazy yeah. cool yeah so it, i mean jen's lechman for any of you kids out there who want something new to listen to he's he's pretty <laughs> awesome and it's really it's really catchy music too it's really good so. let's finish it off with the favorite movie which we gonna, all know uh this is gonna he's a big animation yeah. yeah studio ghibli so what do, what do we got here from, from yeah F- favorite movie uh it's usually a toss-up between the Shawshank Redemption and Seven Samurai. Two excellent choices. Yeah, and then closely followed behind it are Blade Runner, yep. uh, Spirited Away, uh, and Lost in Translation. Oh my! See, that's the thing. Like, Lost I just in translation. Nice. I I have just recently like rewatched that movie, and I've not only rewatched it like four times since then. I bought the soundtrack. And I bought it on Blu-ray. It's just something about where I'm at in my life right now. That movie is like it's quickly becoming my favorite movie. Yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a really great one. I really enjoy it. At the same time, it's so dense with like it's what it's trying to say, and it's also so sparse. It's just I don't know if, if Sofia Coppola will ever make a movie like that again. I don't know if it's possible. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. Uh, so spirit- chance, you need <laughs> to see it. Chance, you guys need to see it. It's it's perfection. Bill Murray just sells anything, so I mean, I gotta yeah. watch it. So, but I'm surprised Spirited Away is your favorite Ghibli movie. So that's your favorite one, then, huh? It was the first uh, that I watched. I was just really sucked in the world. But for me, honestly, Studio Ghibli movies—they are like really close together. You know, you can uh, Nausicaa, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, I I can never watch Grave of the Fireflies ever again. It's just yeah, too I, heartbreaking. I can't. I've only watched it once. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been years. It's been like seven years, but I actually want to do like a Studio Ghibli uh, marathon or like pass through this year through all the movies again. Uh, yeah, that's. Oh well. Is that just then, me hearing that? No, I heard it too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do too. I don't know whose it is. Then. That's all right. It's I'm back. gonna say You're it was fine, I'm Mike. Gonna, I'm gonna say it was Chance. <laughs> Uh, probably. <laughs> so I, many... uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I I really liked uh, Arietti, but that was just because I was a big fan of the Borrowers. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. You haven't seen Arietti? No, I haven't. Great. I keep forgetting about it. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's not as good as some of the other ones, but for some reason it always really. I like how they take like familiar stories and like twist them. Like uh, I, I can never say the title right. Ponyo or Ponyo is a retelling of the Little Mermaid. Well, Ponya, yeah. Ponya, yeah. I think my favorite one might be uh, Princess Mononoke, just because it's probably the m- most action-based one. It's, but I don't it's know. The I just really like that of one. them. <laughs> I just really like that one, though. 
Second yeah. one would be probably Castle in the Sky. Yeah, those so. are great. I'm actually going to a screening of Mononoke next week. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to nice. that. It's been a long time since I watched the Ghibli in the movie theaters. Is it is it just a normal theater or is it like a special presentation? Because I remember um, the Wexner Center up at OSU, which is like a big art center you know, at the Ohio State University, they did like a... A special showing of like a 16 millimeter print of 2001. Or was it a 70 millimeter print? I can't remember. It was really high end. And you're just like sitting there looking at it and your eyes are like melting from the screen. That would be I, I want to say it was. I want to say it was 70 millimeter. It was 70 millimeter. Yeah, it's 70 millimeter. That's the special, uh, that's yeah. the, the movie format they shot 2001 on. And I, my, I hope my, I can see that someday. Oh my God, my eyes just melted watching that thing. So is it, is it kind of like that? Is it like a, a like the best you can get, or is it just kind of like oh we're just re-releasing this? Nah. Movie. It's 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 a very small movie theater, uh, but it's at least a step up from what I can watch on home. And That's the true. bad thing about Mononoke is it's not on UK Blu-ray yet, so I have to wait probably somewhere this year it gets released. So um, I wanted to rewatch it, but I don't want to watch it on my DVD crappy DVD that I have from like Hong Kong. So yeah, best way to watch it. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, that's uh, our big three, so I guess we should just dive into anything we want to talk about now. <laughs> uh, I feel so, bad not mentioning so many other movies, man. Oh, it's, man. It's Eternal going to Sunshine. Him. Oh, my God, there's, there's too Eternal, much. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is the one of, if not the one of the most romantic movies ever made, and I will go down swinging on that one, because as much as they try to remove each other from their lives, they're still drawn back to each other. And there's just Hold something on. there's something beautiful about that. I thought yeah. you said Scott Pilgrim was the best love story ever. No, 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 no. That's not. I did not say. I never said that. I could have. Maybe you I, said it was said, one of the best. I said it was the best chick chick flick for men. That's what. Okay. I, said. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. It's the best chick flick ever made for men. But okay. in terms of true movie like romance. I mean, Lost in Translation is a little bit more romantic because they're just two people that meet in that perfect moment and then it's done. So in terms of like what romance really means, it's kind of like romance is supposed to be kind of tragic in a way. It's just they have that brief moment and then it's gone. Um, but in terms of like movie romance, like Eternal Sunshine, it gets me every time because it's like these two people are perfect and no matter how hard they try to get rid of each other, they just keep drawing back into the, each other's worlds. It's it's crazy. Such a good movie. You know what I'm gonna say? This might this 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 might ruin your your experience of the movie, but <laughs> oh, you also I... realize the fact that that yes, they do end up together again, but they also have to go through the miserable hours of fighting and crap yeah. every time again. But that's what a relationship is. That's the, that's, that's the reality of a relationship. That's true. I'm actually but... undergoing the real life eternal sunshine at the moment <laughs> and that's that's tough yeah i i i i've been there done that yeah so it's well, not I like uh, say... nicholas or it's not like a chance's favorite movies the nicholas spark ones over there where they <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> i don't care what anybody said i hey. weep like a little baby at the notebook man robin hood <laughs> ends up with maid marion Sean Connery marries them, or no, he's there. <laughs> I prefer Men in Tights, where Patrick Stewart marries them. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, ruin, don't ruin my Prince of Thieves with that tight horse crap. 
He's the only Robin Hood that speaks in a British accent. <laughs> so? Robin Hood's American. <laughs> Kevin Costner is Robin Hood. <laughs> I do. I, I, I really do like Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, just because Alan Rickman. I'll dig his heart out with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> he is awesome in that movie. That's actually the first movie I ever saw him in. Really? Yeah. It's awesome. I remember seeing that as a kid and being, like, really put off by the hand, like, when they cut off the guy's hands in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, no. I think my first one was Die Hard, seeing him. Oh, yeah. That that one was probably yeah. pretty, I was probably pretty young when, that, when I saw that one, too, but <laughs> I guess I didn't remember it as well as my beloved Prince of Thieves. <laughs> it's got more no, than Freeman say, in it. Come on. My favorite love story is... It's definitely Spider-Man 1 and 2. That's the best love story. Mary Jane and Peter Parker. So forget all y'all. Are you talking stuff. about you're, you're just you're just talking about the upside down kiss. <laughs> I saw a picture uh, the other day someone put on there. Uh, some guy, he was dressed up as Deadpool and it had like the Mary Jane thing sitting there and he's like I can totally see your nipples. <laughs> and that's all he said. <laughs> and just took off. <laughs> that's so funny there's so much like if you get on like pinterest there's so much deadpool and spider-man stuff like i don't i don't because I, I don't follow comics that closely i don't know if they like interact a bunch in the comics but it's like it's always deadpool taking the piss out of spider-man over something oh when i got a comic i'm reading now when it gets up to five issues i'm buying them and sending them to you because i know you'll like it it's All called right. black science and since you love uh Bioshock Infinite so much, you will love this comic book. Speaking of which, I need to throw in Dishonored sometime. That's gonna, that's, a, that's a goal for this year is play Dishonored. There you go. Yeah. Well, I have a question that, uh, not the one we talked about beforehand, but it just hit me while Arrow was talking about his... See, I wanted to call him Mike, and I keep calling him Arrow. But, uh, <laughs> um, he was talking about his favorite games, and it seems like every time we ask someone what their favorite game of all time is, like it's like an older nostalgic game with us. Yeah. Can a game that comes out like this generation ever become our favorite game? I don't know if I've asked this before or not, but it's, Persona Four. Sorry, because well, he did say Persona Four was up top yeah. for him, but yeah, but the number one was a nostalgic he said first. Yeah. yeah, that was a nostalgic game. It was. It wasn't. Pers- I mean, that's what your brain automatically goes to because when you're that age, you remember that experience. Yeah. Like I, Final Fantasy Six is my favorite game of all time. But there are some times where I think Dragon Warrior 3 might be because Dragon Warrior 3 was such a leaps and bounds improvement over what came before. It was just so mind-blowing. And then, of course, later on in, in the gaming, when fi- I mean, I would drool over pictures, pictures of Final Fantasy VI, and I don't think anything nowadays can even touch like those experiences. See, it was racking my brain because I always keep saying Resident Evil 2. And I think, I don't know, I've played Xenoblade Chronicles. How is that not my favorite game over Resident Evil 2, yet I keep going back to Resident Evil 2? You know what, I might have to just let go, because yeah, it's trash. such a great game. <laughs> I mean, I shut up, Chance. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, just something that popped in my mind. It's like, we always go back to what we were nostalgic with, like you said, and I wonder if, like, Destiny's coming out this year. Could Destiny yeah, see, be our favorite game of all time? But in a way, that's kind of selling out your past because it's kind of you're kind of giving up who you were as a gamer for, like, the newest, flashiest thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it's almost, I don't know, it seems like it's kind of giving up a piece of you because that's your personal, like, 
experience. And it's just like, I don't know. As much as I love Xenoblade and as much as I'll tell people to play that game, I don't know if I can say, you know, Xenoblade is my favorite game of all time above Final yeah. Fantasy VI because that was, I mean, I beat, I, I've beat Final Fantasy VI 17 times. Mm-hmm. And that's not a short game. So, it, it you know, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to top that in a lot of ways. What do you think, Arrow? Could some, I know you said Persona 4. Could something coming out? But even out, that's kind of a nostalgic generation. thing because that's PS2 and PS2-ish, God, that was, yeah. that was at yeah. least, you know, eight years ago. No, no, no. It's only been, uh, I finished the game in 2009, so that's five okay. years ago. Okay. We're so coming up yeah. on my uh, five-year SMT first experience uh, oh, there's anniversary. Gonna a, there's going to be a big video. I can smell it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snow but Persona 5 possibly be your favorite game of all time? I mean, if it's really great. I mean, it's... Could it erase the experience of Persona 4? Yeah. Now that, I, I have to agree with Dustin here because, like, the reason why I mentioned Final Fantasy VIII and Metal Gear Solid, and we haven't really dip, dipped in it, but Sukoden 2 as well, I really yeah. love these games so much because those are the games that got me into gaming. Uh, it helped me uh, meet friends who were playing on PlayStation 1 at the same time. We're still my friends now. And, you know, that just snowballed into this entire huge gaming collection. And that is something that that is very hard to do for a new game. And looking at a Persona 4, it is doing a great job. I'm sure that in like 5 to 10 years' time... Persona 4 will be more on my mind than the other games. Uh, but it has to grow on you. It has to grow. It has to grow with continuous replays. I've played Persona 4 for the second time now last year. So it, the, that game will only grow on me. And, you know, then you get into the technical aspect, which game is better in gameplay and everything. But nostalgia is a very powerful thing. You, you can't beat it. Yeah. Now, there's an article that just came up since you guys are talking about these on IGN. Did you guys check out the uh, article for the top 10 JRPG storylines? Anybody? I haven't seen that, no. I haven't seen that one yet. Well, let me uh, give you the 10 real quick because you guys might like what's on there. Oh, crap. At number 10. I mean, this is top 10 JRPG stories of all time. Number 10 is Persona 4 Golden. They have that 10. 9, Earthbound. Okay. Eight. I'm, I'm surprised this one's at eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised this one's at eight right here because, I mean, some people praise this as their favorite SNES RPG, and that's Chrono Trigger. Have that up at eight. So you're like, what could be in front of that? Well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Earthbound beats uh, Persona because Earthbound's more of an overall experience. The story is kind of yeah. simple. If anything, the story from Mother 3 should be above Earthbound. Definitely. At number seven, one that uh, Michael really enjoy that's on this list is The World Ends With You at number seven. Okay. All right, I can see that. Dragon Quest V at number six. Yep, that's the best story in the game in the series. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Sui Coden 2. Definitely. There's got to be, the- be some big games above Sui Coden, because that was a good story. I forget where I'm at, if I'm at four or five. But next on the list is Final Fantasy VI. Oh, there's got to yeah. be some big games coming up. Uh, number the next one is one I don't think any of us have beaten yet, unless Mike has Valkyria Chronicles PS3. Game. Yeah, that is a. They say uh, the story in that is amazing. Apparently, n- yeah, nah. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's like number three on the list. So. Well, the thing with Valkyria Chronicles, it is it is basically 
kind of like Sukoden 2 and Fire Emblem. It is the same type of story, but done in a yeah. really great anime-ish type way. So I yeah. agree. They said the humus, the humorous combat and dialogue with memorable character design really make it tell a story of its own. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, a series that I really like, uh, I've beaten two of the games in it, but number two, Valkyrie Profile, as far as story. Hmm... I have no to replay one saw it. that one coming today. <laughs> before you say the number one, I have a prediction what the number one is. So before you say it, I want to yeah, give let's, my let's take some guesses here. After what you guys have heard, what do you think uh, is the number one storytelling JRPG? Go you ahead. You guys Mark. go first. Yes. Now you got okay. the other guys can go first. Well, it it depends. I don't think they're doing multiple series in the same list because the the no, uh, no. yeah I was going to say the jerk off answer is Final Fantasy VII. Um, <laughs> uh, number one story JRPG. Dragon I didn't one. see. I didn't expect this at all. One. By the way, when I saw it. All right, he says DW one. I, I, that was a shitty answer because it has no story. <laughs> Save the princess. <laughs> you like okay, the you did that. Okay, go kill the dragon lord. That, that's the story of Dragon Warrior one. Um, hmm. No, I, I'm serious. If this game is missing, that list is crappy beyond all belief. It is Doom, you want to give a shot? Uh, it's got to be Final Fantasy X. Hmm. Uh, he wishes. I want to no, say I want. I, I'm just going to. Th- I'm just going to say Tits. No, of the it, Sky. I, I I would include it on there. I would yeah. include it on the list. I would substitute one of the games up. But the game it starts with an X. Xeno or Xenogears. What Xenogears. if I told it should you? Be on there, right? Dustin is the closest one, but it is a PSP game. But that's not the one. Oh. Is it PSP Lunar? Title. Is it Lunar? Yeah. No. Wow. Is it Lunar? Tactics Ogre. Let us cling what? together. What? A really? strategy RPG. <laughs> that is really interesting. I actually put the game back in my collection because I haven't played it yet. The what the explanation's really short, so I'll be real quick. Final Fantasy Tactics is great, but it's hard pressed to match the epic storytelling of its predecessor. How was this the predecessor? Uh Tactics Ogre did come out before Final Ogre Battle. Tactics. Right? Okay. Uh, the criminally underappreciated Tactics Ogre, a tale of war and political intrigue. It's the most known for its nonlinear branching plotline, which affects everything from the main character's motivations to the ultimate outcome of the story. And, yeah, just your decision-making, it's saying. I guess. Because it allows you to make so many decisions. I don't think Earthbound should be on that list. I think, um, if anything, Lunar should be on that list. Yeah, Lunar should help. Because it's just a classic story well told. And yeah. I wonder if you couldn't put, like, you said Trails in the Sky, but since it's maybe more than one in the series that connect, maybe they wanted it to be a finished endings. Well, I don't know what the standards were for this yeah, uh, list. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool because I expected to see, like, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI up there because that's what I hear no one talk about except those two. Well, see, and that's the thing, too, about Chrono Trigger is I feel like Chrono Trigger as far is... As stories. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is, like, an overarching experience, but when you look at the actual storyline, I, I, I don't feel like that's the strongest point of the game. I feel like it's more the time travel aspect and visiting the different worlds and the character. I mean, it, the storyline is just kind of, I don't know. Did yeah. you pop that one in, Chance? Because I know it was one you were really wanting to get on the DS. Yeah, I've played about six Chrono hours. Trigger the remake. 
Now, what did you think? Was it your cup of tea? Because I couldn't yeah. get into it. I didn't see what all the hype was for it. So No, I like it a lot. I, it's it's really solid, I think, action RPG. Like, it's it's you got a choice. I don't know if it's like this on the original, but you got to have a choice on the DS version if you want to have, like, the active battle system or, like, a straight-up turn-based. Yeah, so I kind of like it. It reminds me more of, like, Secret of Mana than, like, a Final Fantasy. Yeah. Like, where it's straight-up turn-based. Like, I really like it. Oh, good. Dead air. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking up. about this list, man. <laughs> I was, I this, this I, I, I was kind of pondering it too, because I'm like, man, there are there there are some games that they. I mean, I'm surprised Lost Odyssey didn't make say, it. There's a link to it in the chat if you guys just want to see it. But yeah, that's a list. But and this, this is from the opinion so crazy, of crazy man. Did he just pull it up? Bailey. <laughs> she is a freelance Pokemon master, so you can follow oh, her on Twitter well. as well. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the opinion of a Pokemon master <laughs> on storylines. There's there's already one salt. thing. When the Steven top comment is this. the top comment is Xenogears. Gears. Like they're like, where is that at? Because yeah. that like you guys are saying, like Mike said, where is Xeno Gears? Yeah, that is. I mean. That's the thing about JRPGs, though, and um, I made a, a video a while back on WRPGs versus JRPGs, and of course, I do these videos just off the cuff and in one take, So, but that's kind of something about that JRPGs do that Western RPGs don't really do. They explore themes of like religion and where we are in the universe and who we are as people, kind of like science fiction does in movies, yeah. and that Western RPGs just don't do, and like Xenogears is... Xenogears is almost more than just a game. Like it's kind of almost a philosophy in a way, and especially if they got to do the game as they wanted to. That, that I mean, like with the multi parts and everything like that, that would have been amazing. Yeah. That's why when you said you were thinking about replaying it, I was like, well, this is my chance. I want to replay it with him if he goes yeah. about it. But maybe I should start on it now because well, when you start it in a month or two, we might finish together. Well, I started Wild Arms 2, and I'm yeah. just past the introductory parts of that game. And since I uh, made a, a rather large purchase here in the last couple of days, I'm actually thinking of kind of just shelving it because I kind of want to explore this new toy that I have. And oh, yeah. I know I'm, you know, by the time I get back to Wild Arms 2, I'm not going to remember what's going on so i'll have to restart it anyway so maybe after i get done playing with my new shiny toy i will throw in uh xeno gears which shameless plug here and we'll probably plug it again if you were a member of the another gaming podcast community fan page you wouldn't know what the special thing is that dustin's uh playing with right now but since you're not yet probably you should go check it out on facebook the link will be in the I actually had to report that picture to Facebook, man. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright infringement. So, but anyways, onward and forward. Should I go ahead and ask you guys my other question that we talked about before, or is there something else you want to ponder? Um, Go ahead and ask it, because I feel like eventually we're just going to start, like, geeking out on RPGs, and I feel like we should get, like, the structured stuff done. And then we can just, like, explode about different games. All right. And the reason I have I had these questions is because uh, we actually didn't have any questions this past podcast, so, which is okay because we've had a bunch in the past. And it's kind of nice getting a break from questions, I guess, once in a while. And But we are disappointed in you and Mr. RPG Crazy and not continuing your record. But maybe you were busy or something, so it's okay. <laughs> and I just noticed... The picture you posted, Dustin, with my awesome Chuck Norris picture. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. I yep. keep forgetting I have Chuck Norris as my picture. But anyways, 
Um, where was I? lost my train of thought. Yeah, recently we just it's beginning of a new year, but at the end of the year, it seemed to be when the big websites, game trailers, IGN, they're all making their game of the year list. And I mean, I don't know why we I mean, we're all so excited to find out what someone's game of the year was. It's all everyone's opinion anyways. It's just an opinion. But a lot of people were getting heated over certain games winning game of the year and uh mainly being the last of us a lot of websites are saying last of us was the best game of the year and you know probably rightfully deserves so it is a great game i mean dustin you had it in your top five it was in my top 10 i mean it was highly praised game that came out this year but it led to people wondering or asking the question what is the game now i mean why are they feel like Interactive movies are winning game of the year and something that isn't a true game. I think one comment I saw was, I can go to the movie theater to see a movie, and I feel like The Last of Us was just a long movie. When I want a video game, I want to sit down and actually have something that's a game. But the person didn't tell us what he thinks a game is. So that is the convoluted thing here. You, What is a video game to you guys? What would define as a game? Well, before I answer that, I just want to say that this is not something new, okay? Um, games have been going in this direction. Last of Us is kind of a culmination of what's been happening for a very long time. Um, and, you know, we just got done talking about a certain game that really evokes this, and that is Final Fantasy VI. Uh, mm-hmm. This game, I mean, everyone talks about how cinematic Final Fantasy VII was. This was cinematic when... Game systems couldn't do cinematics. This game had a opening credits that you could watch. Um, it had, you know, end credits. I'm very story-driven game. This is not, I mean, this whole thing with watching an interactive movie. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was thinking to myself, God, this is like I'm watching a really long movie. Um, so it's not something new. And I don't know why people are getting so like butt hurt over this because last of us (laughs) is a game. Um, you know, I died. If it wasn't a game, if it was just an interactive movie, then I don't feel like there would be a game over screen. And I died quite a few times in last of us. There is gameplay in this game. So I don't understand why people, uh, are going nuts other than the fact that it's probably some hipster, uh, <laughs> playing Minecraft. Playing my well, <laughs> see, I, personally, I don't see the I don't see how Minecraft is a game. Um, I see how Minecraft is like this great zero story. Yeah, no, I see how it's this great creation tool, and to me, it's just a virtual Lego set. That's what it is to me. Um, I don't understand how it's a game. Yeah, you know. Well, here was another example of what I saw that might kind of help clarify. Uh, someone was pointing out how. They thought it was criminal to put Last of Us at Game of the Year because it did nothing to improve on a genre. I guess because it was a third-person shooter with the same third-person shooter mechanics with a survival horror element that was back in the day with nothing to improve on. And I was telling you guys before, they thought 3D Mario 3D World was an actual game that kind of reinvented itself with, which I don't... Really, I mean, it's a great game, but you're still Mario jumping and climbing yeah. on things. Mario hasn't so reinvented himself since, like, Mario... I mean, Mario Brothers 2 was a reinvention. Yeah. But then Mario Brothers 3 went back to the well and made it better. So... Uh, and, I mean, it's... And people are getting mad because GTA 5 was getting it, even though, I mean, I mean, that's a huge game. Open yeah. world, do whatever you want. But I, I guess I don't, I don't know what people are looking for to be 
the game of the year? Like, what the does it have to be the most fun you had throughout the year? Someone probably that's probably yeah, the most fun they probably had was Last of Us. Yeah, so give them a break if that's what it was. But that's the crazy thing because, like, was it last year when Journey was winning all those game of the years? Everyone was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know like, what? Hooray I mean, for the indie! They did it. I, I you, but but the thing is, I would argue that Journey is almost not a game. It's an, an experience. You know what I mean? Because it's not like I would it, say my experience was through how I was playing the game, though. So it's kind of like the way I played it. So more connected toward the gameplay, kind of like yeah. your brothers when you when you guys ever eventually get to play that. It's built through the gameplay and stuff. So. But it was I, a great, but I think that's how your experience was made. Yeah. I guess the thing with Journey is I never died in it. You know, I never had to like rethink my strategy on how I played Journey. It's just yeah. it was an experience. But when people okay. when that won, people were like, "Yeah!" And then like when a game where you can actually die and have to rethink how you do things, well, that's not a game. That's an interactive movie. You know, and it's like I don't. I just don't understand. Well, I was sitting trying to think about it before, like I came on. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I was Chance, like, I could do a simple answer. It's a game if I can put it in and play it. <laughs> Chance just made a great, a uh, great thing, like to the moon, which I was didn't my, which was my, yeah, his mic was kind of low, but when, um, I think it was my 2012 game of the year, to the moon. It was, yeah. and it's barely. I mean, honestly, it's barely a game. Is you know? it a game? It's almost a visual <laughs> novel. I mean, I don't visual novels. I guess you can. Mike will argue whether visual novels is a game or not, but um, I mean, it's almost a visual novel, and there's really no way to lose at To the Moon. Yeah, you know what I mean. So is it is that a game? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you guys. What is yeah. a game to you? <laughs> I would yeah. say for me, a game is something. I don't if if I have I don't. Oh, it's too tough to answer. If I have fun with it, it's a game. I can have fun with a visual novel. My game of the year was Zelda because it was throwback classic fun. Like yeah. it, there was really no huge epic story quest, even though the story was great. I mean, there was no flashy super cutscenes or nothing. It was just old school gaming fun. It felt to me, so that's why I got my game of the year. But I still enjoyed games like The Last of Us and To the Moon yeah. and visual novels like Trace Memory. So a game to me can be many things. If yeah. a game like Journey, I'm not mad if a game like The Last of Us wins game of the year. I don't care. I get mad when I see other stuff like great rpgs get overlooked because we're in america and i don't i guess jrpgs even though neo cooney did get a nomination from <laughs> one best rpg of the year at game trailer i'm trying so, to remember if, i like, don't know i think some stuff gets overshadowed i remember xenoblade xenoblade got no love last year at yeah all. exactly so, i mean and like in terms of like game i played a hundred plus hours of that game and still didn't touch everything you know yeah yeah so go ahead, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this. Of course, what, what is question. a game, man? Yeah, what is a game? Well, um, it is, it is, it is tough. But for me personally, if I have to give like a proper political correct answer, a game for me is an entertainment media that requires my interaction to do something. You know, yeah. Uh, okay. if, if it's a movie, I just watch it. If it's a book. I just read it. If it's music, I listen to it. I can give my input on it and change it in some way or form. But a game allows me to do that. And that's even the case in a visual novel where even I just hit the X button all the time uh, to just continue on the story. And most of the visual novels, even the Steinsgate, which has the least gameplay of a visual novel I ever played, 
had some form of interaction and gameplay element to it to change the flow of the the game, you know. So um, that would be my answer. Um, the answer to a different question, of course, is what is what what should be a game of the year. Uh, that is very easy. That is that is what what I've been seeing, you know, with game of the year. What have been happening a lot is uh, it can go two ways. One is the game that had had the most fun or most surprised for somebody during a year. And the second category is how I see people rank their game of the year is the game that actually did something unique to set it apart from all the other games, whether it be gameplay, story, presentation. And sometimes it's kind of like a mixture between it. So that's why I can understand that The Last of Us is getting a lot of these game of the year awards. It is like one of the best looking games. It had a very, very awesome story, very emotional story. And that surprised a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it really set it apart from all the many other games that came out. So I think that's kind of like the game of the year category and style, how it's being done. Um, And I'm more of the category. I try to combine them both as well, but I tend to prefer to look more. what, What is the game that challenged me the most, that I had the most fun with? surprised me the most instead of just looking what it did for the gaming industry yeah my the way i look See, at it after last year but it doesn't i was gonna say the way i look at it um the way i've always kind of looked at it since i started this channel is what game blows my head back the most yeah you know and each mm-hmm. year i look at my game of the years i'm like yep that's it that is completely what knocked me back the most you know and this year it was it it was just this and it wasn't the gameplay that did it because we can all agree that the the gameplay of Bioshock Infinite is not as good as maybe Bioshock One. Yeah, um, just there, your kind of first person shooter. Yeah, there was more was of an interplay stuff. with the guns and the plasmids in Bioshock One, and Bioshock Infinite kind of played more like just a straight first person shooter. There's kind of a storyline reason for that, but um, you know, it was just the overall experience of it and just how much that game had on its mind and how much that game... See, that's, that's what's kind of scaring people. Yeah. you there because oh, they're oh worried my God. that oh my God, it's not game? about the game anymore. It's what? more about a story and not the actual game. I guess that's what people are worrying about. But this is what moves the genre forward, the medium forward, because we have movies that make us think and question things and make us feel. And holy shit, why can't a game do that? Why can't a game make me question the nature of reality around me? Make me think about maybe the fact that, you know, I am just this infinitesimal little thing in the the, the vast cosmos, you know? Um, yeah. Why can't a game do that? Why does a game have to be Mario jumping on, only Mario jumping on a mushroom, you know? <laughs> why can't it evolve into something else? I think it can. But I still, I still like us to keep something like Link Between Worlds. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Balance it out, yeah. But it, it, it's kind of like the video that I, I shared in the, uh, the AGP chat of the guy getting pissed off because he didn't get the, the Titanfall, you know, code. It's like everyone, like, because my brother is kind of a gamer, and what I say by kind of a gamer is he buys these first-person shooters and only plays the online mode. He never touches the campaign, and I'm like, Duncan, will you stop? <laughs> it's like take me out to pee no he's no. just saying, he, he hears somebody in the hallway and he's barking but yeah. um you know i'm like sometimes these games have really awesome storylines you should play them and he's like oh, i'm not interested in that 
So, like, when I, when, I, when I talk about that first-person Call of Duty kind of shooter person, that's kind of my brother, you know? Um, and that is kind of all gameplay, you know what I mean? Like, that, that online craziness is all gameplay. But at the end of the day, does it do anything for you? Does it change who you are as a person? Does it move you in any way? Does it emotionally touch you in any way? No. And gameplay alone is great. Trust me, I, I, there's a lot of games out there that I love that are gameplay only, you know, uh, going back and playing like old NES games and Atari games and things like that. But to move this medium forward, and so it's considered a true art, there has to be games like Last of Us. There has to be games like Bioshock Infinite that push the envelope. And at the end of the day, like to the moon, that uh, like, look, I'm a 31-year-old man. I will tell you that I was sobbing at the end of To the Moon. Like, it hit me at an emotional place that I just wasn't prepared for, and I was bawling at the end of that game. That's how much that game touched me. And, you know, I'm kind of a hard-hearted person in a lot of ways. And for a, a stupid 16-bit-looking game to do <laughs> that, I mean, that that has to be commended in some way. Because well, that, I wanna, is, I wanna, that is I masterful storytelling. Here. I'll be the bad guy here, play the devil's advocate. And I want to get Chance's opinion on this, too, because I know he's sitting there with that mute button and he wants to unmute it. But I'm going to let you talk in a second, Chance, um, just to play the other side, because I, I, I thoroughly agree, like 95% agree with what you just said, Dustin. But then there is a short little 5% of me who, when I think it was game trailers, who one of the most revered games this year was Gone Home. And when I was playing, in quotation marks, that game, I really didn't feel like... I felt like I was playing to the moon. I did not feel like I was playing Gone Home. I did not feel like I was playing it at all. And that game was a game that's like getting praised and nominated for Game of the Year. And I was kind of like, how is this a Game of the Year? I, I did not feel like that was a game. Meanwhile, and, um, my friend yeah. Ernie, who has the who I went out and did the, uh, the PS4 and the Xbox like uh, yeah. thing with, um, he played Gone Home. And he's like wanting me to either a come out to his house. Um, you're gonna or, like it. I'm telling you, you will love the you will borrow love his gaming laptop in order to play so this game because he's like, dude, I want to talk to you about this game so fucking bad. Do so, it. You'll beat it in three hours. Yeah, Just I know. Go hang out with him one day and it'll be done. But, I don't want to uh, cry in front of him though. <laughs> <laughs> And I think what people, uh, just to play like the devil's advocate side, uh, who cares if people accept us as an art form? I don't. I, just, I mean, we just want to have fun playing our games. And if it's through a good story, then by all means, let it be through a excellent story. If it's through shooting people well, in the face, let see, it be that way. That, that's but. true. And like it's, it's, it's also the argument you can have with movies. Okay, Like Mike and I, we love our Criterion Blu-rays. And I know, like your your guys' buttholes are clenching right now because I just said Criterion, and we're going to go in that direction. Um, but we love our quote unquote films, but yeah. we also love movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you can watch the '80s Judge Dredd and be like, "Yeah, that's yeah. so awesome." <laughs> well, it's '90s, but that's okay. 90s, oh yeah, yeah, '90s. Sorry, '90s. But um, I, I feel like games can be the same thing. Like you yeah. can have your Bioshock Infinite set are fucking insane and make you think about things. But you can also have, you know, your online first person shooters where you just run around killing people and having a good time. Yeah. Those things can coexist. You know, you can have, um, goddamn bad grandpa and friggin', <laughs> uh, American hustle at the same time. 
You can yeah. enjoy both of those things. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted to mention as well. You know, for a lot of people, you know, in the end, it's an entertainment medium. You get entertained. You can do that by being amazed by story or by competing against friends or enemies to be the best. You know. Yeah. That's what makes it so great is that you can have all these different experiences. It should like, just like be one thing. You were mentioning cry. I think saw someone said because they saw the Gone Home thing and someone had cried in that. They said, if I want to cry, I'll watch The Lion King or something. I don't want a game to do that to me. I've actually um, not cried a lot during games. I've not cried a game. But Chance, I need to hear I need to hear Chance's voice. Chance, <laughs> we need to hear you. What, what is a game, man? <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take it back a little bit here. Yes, rewind. <laughs> okay, think about one of the first games you ever learned to play. Mario. It was probably Solitaire. It was a deck of cards, and you played Solitaire, okay? Absolutely, absolute, not. No. absolutely <laughs> no. No, listen, hear me out here. Okay. Go, go for it. Arguably one of the most popular games in the world ever, and there is actually zero point to playing that game because it is lame as fuck, but people <laughs> play it all the time. So, with that said, it doesn't matter. As long as you're having fun with it, sure, it's a game. Sure, why not? Simon Says is a game. Okay? I mean, it doesn't matter. But that's interesting because I was playing this game early last year. Uh, last year, It was called Code of Princess. Oh, I had no fun <laughs> at all. It wasn't not a game. You jerk. You jerk. <laughs> uh, I hate that game. Oh, <laughs> it has its charms. Come on. It's just, oh. Yeah, I know. It, it was big it was, bouncy it was, charm. It was short and fun. But it has it was very really admit charm. that it's a game, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a game, of course. But you know, I just wanted to. Oh man! And, you know, a game nothing, is fun, but what nothing, if it's we, no fun? <laughs> nothing will beat the memories of Stephen and I trying to beat bosses, and it just lagging the fuck out. Oh yes. And we're on the we're on oh. Skype. Like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, you guys actually played it co-op. Oh, we did. Yeah, we even got chance in there, and it was yeah, super laggy. Oh man! Like, <laughs> oh my god! It couldn't handle it at all. Yeah. Still a good time though. Uh, man, that nun, hell, she is she is a beast. <laughs> she was. Oh. See, you missed out, Arrow, because we had good times online and then see, we figured out, hey, if we it level up some. Because even <laughs> see, this is the thing, Arrow. You really need to watch an episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand so you can understand like the enjoyment of something bad. Because like Steven and I are in chance, we're sitting there playing this game, it's lagging out to hell. And we're just having a ball because there's an enjoyment of badness, you know. Yeah, That's I why know. we need to play Aliens Colonial oh Marines. God, I don't want to spend my money on that. That's <laughs> backed See, out exactly. on me on that. I spent 60 <laughs> euros. That is like, nowadays it's like $75 to get Code of Princess here. And then it was such a horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exclusive here, folks. Like I said, uh -huh. if there's going to be AGP gaming nights. I'm going to get Aliens Colonial Marines, and whoever wants to play it with me, I'm scheduling an event. You We're going to play though? it and have fun. I've heard several people say, like... Chance is going to love it. You're going to love the, it. I know you are. The viewers aside, okay? I've heard a lot of people say that have played through the game, and it's just not as bad as people say. Is it kind of repetitive? Yeah. Sure. Is Are the graphics and sound probably not the best? Who gives a shit? It's just a game where you're running around shooting aliens. People are yes. expecting far too much out of it. Nah, and man. then 
to get written off as just this the worst game this year, I just I just don't buy it. I I just I just don't see how it can be that bad. Nah, it's probably not that bad, but yeah. you know, it's not something that I want to spend my money on. But honestly, <laughs> I'd rather play the Bishop Knife game with my own fingers than playing <laughs> Aliens Clonal <laughs> Marines. <laughs> That's bad. Oh, I know, Dustin. You bought you bought Duke Nukem for under five bucks, right? I bought it for three dollars. <laughs> And you still couldn't bring it. And it wasn't to... even worth three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I would not even play the game if you gave me three dollars, no, man. But, but dude, here's the thing. Like, it, it just okay. I don't. Chance, did you play it? No. Okay. It feels like they just gave up. And <laughs> like when you when this game's been in development for ten years, and it's a first person shooter. And literally for like five minutes straight, you're just walking down corridors and there's no enemies. Something's wrong. <laughs> oh my god! You know, it's like... But it's some... got the one-liners, right? That's yeah, but want. I'm sorry. That doesn't save... That doesn't save... I'll put it in Duke Nukem 64 and have a blast. Yeah, Duke Nukem 3D was awesome. I love that game, but I'm not going to be playing forever, man. Dude, uh, wow. Mike, Mike, if you find Duke Nukem forever... For like a euro pick it up just for <laughs> just for one day just to realize how bad things could really be well i want to ask mike since he's played a lot of rpgs which uh has there ever been one you've put in and you're like wow I, I you were hyped for it maybe or you just played it for free it's like i, I can't do this because this is horrible like this is one of the worst jrpgs i've ever played oh, i i have to hold back because i want to mention a title and oh my god no. Don't be afraid. I'll, it's okay. I'll, I'll get hunted. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. I have two answers. We'll get to the really controversial one. We'll get to it. Okay. But the first one, where I, I just popped it in, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to do it. It was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Echoes of Time on the Wii. I think that's generally considered a bad game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was I playing think it all with the Crystal two Chronicles, right, are considered bad. <laughs> No, they're kind of considered. Really. Yeah, they're kind of considered just kind of like niche games. But Echoes okay. of Time is considered pretty much a bad game. Because I yeah, like yeah. action RPGs, and I figured I'd probably like them if I tried it. So. Nah, the, the, the thing is though, there was one on the DS and one on the Wii, um, and they're basically <laughs> the same game. It is just yeah, uh, but... you know the two DS screens on the Wii. And I was playing it with two friends of mine. They were playing on the DS, and we had fun for maybe fifteen hours. But the Wii port was just so horrible. It's just the Wii really, port really bad. is a straight port of the DS game. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> just the two screens on there, and just the Final Fantasy logo on the side. It is like the most cheapest way to get your product out ever. You know, it's like wow, crap. Just put a DS slot on the Wii. On the Wii U. <laughs> yes. Just yes. freaking do it. <laughs> have one screen on the on the gamepad controller and have one screen on the TV. My God, the Wii U's would fly off the shelf. Yeah, it it would be. That's awesome, a new yeah. topic, though. Yeah, but but there was another title that I wanted to mention. <laughs> but but and you you put fifteen hours in that game though. You said you we put finished fifteen it. hours finished in it. it. So yeah. is it okay? You we finished, finished it. It was really DS? bland. Okay, what's the other one you were going to say? The other one, Xenoblade Chronicles. What? <gasps> What? I'm gone. What? You're kicked off this podcast. 
I think I remember you saying you didn't really care for it. You like you weren't really excited about it or something. There's one thing about it. I was really excited for the game. Uh, I needed a JRPG for the Wii. Um, I was really hyped up for it. I bought the game on launch. I bought the special edition, 60 euros. I got the game. And then I started playing it. And I knew in advance that this was going to be a tricky game because I am not a big fan of the MMO RPG style. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. And I was playing it for, I had one session for maybe five or six hours and I was struggling with the controls and I kept dying and I did not understand the gameplay at all. And I, at, when I, this was my first session playing it, I was really like, fuck this game, man. This is what I was hyped up for. So um, well, I put the game on hold for a long time. We're talking about maybe three to four months. And then, you know, with Greg, we were doing the RPG Brish episode. So I got back into it. And finally, I understood the controls. And I finally got a hang of the game. I finally got the Monado time ability with uh, Shulk. Uh, and I could, could finally enjoy the game. But that first session, man, I was really, really disappointed by it. So are you looking forward to I X was... at all? Again. <laughs> I, <sighs> oh, Mike. I am a, very excited for X. I am very excited <laughs> for X. But again, it is that. And I need to go back and play Xenoblade Chronicles again. I, you know, the thing with it, the whole. Um, I really need to take Xenoblade Chronicles and keep it separate. Because I played Xenoblade Chronicles first. Then I played mm -hmm. the last story, which was okay and kept getting worse and worse over time. I really disliked that one as well. Or it was okay, but it it has it was mediocre. I, I, I loved its like simplistic story. I loved how it was yeah the story was yeah yeah level. the story was the best part about it. But the gameplay again felt really bland. And then I played Pandora's Th Tower as the third one, yeah. and that's where I gave up all hope. And that was so much so <laughs> that I actually started to enjoy Xenoblade Chronicles less. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I honestly, I really need to go back and play that game to its full extent. We're talking about 2011, early 2012, where I, I was just starting to get into beating the backlog. I was starting beating games. I was axing games out of my collection. Now it's a li little bit more relaxed for me as in terms of gaming. I have the special edition here. I'm going, going to maybe put it back in my collection. I was going to say, play I saw it on you the put Wii U. You put it on that Twitter picture, so I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus. The entire Operation Rainfall catalog's on there. <laughs> yeah, they are on there, and the reason why I'm selling them is because I, you know, I finished the games. I don't really care for them at all anymore, and they're worth a lot of money, especially yeah. the Xenoblade ones and those yeah. posters that I have. But I, maybe I, yeah, I, I got to replay Xenoblade Chronicles. I was really rushing through it. I think I finished it. I think... Like, I think Xenoblade Chronicles is like the perfect meshing of Western RPG and JRPG. Like they took the best of both worlds and just threw them together. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of crazy. That, yeah. It makes me feel a little good about myself. I got the hang of something before Arrow did in an RPG. Give myself that on the back. Yeah, it's, no, it's, just... it's just that MMO RPG style. I, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. There was something uh, I can't. I can remember which I played it on. Like I was playing it on the Wii mode and the nunchuck. Oh, that didn't I, could, work. I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, uh, then I played with the classic controller. So, uh, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles was a very tricky game. I really enjoyed the characters and the visuals on the Wii. Oh, my God. That's, I have, 
I was listening to the it's, podcast you did before this. Yeah. I can't imagine how they pulled that off. It's it's mind blowing because yeah. oh my god, it, that's the Wii doing that. And even if it's not HD, it's like the draw distance is insane. It's it's crazy. It's it's now really it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're just that. Everyone gives the game a nine out of ten, and you're a pop, that polygon reviewer who gives it a six just to get attention. Hate <laughs> it on purpose. No, no I, I no, really, it's, I, it's still, it's still one of my favorite RPGs on the Wii. But again, I rushed through it. You know, I was having a walkthrough on the side. I just didn't care, just running to get through the story. And yeah, yeah. I'll say as uh, much I as a, I think the thing I didn't like, the least amount of thing I liked with it was uh, going into battle, getting a repetitive. Once in a while, even though Ryan's a great character, what did he say all the time? Oh, I can't oh, think of it. Um, something about a bunch of jokers. Oh, oh yeah, a bunch of jokers. <laughs> yeah, that started I put getting it a little old <laughs> instantly. That was that was when I heard that guy mention it a couple of times. Yeah. Japanese voice acting. Thank you very much. That's the thing. It's Ryan time. It's Ryan <laughs> yeah. time. I but I loved the British voicing of both the last story and yeah, I did too, basically yeah. all three games. Um. I, I thought the British voice acting was leaps and bounds better than most American companies do. Because American yeah. companies trying to make it too anime cutesish, And I felt like the voice acting in all three of the Operation Rainfall games was really well done. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I just, yeah. I, I, I don't, I just don't care for the British style. But uh, I really oh, here dislike the fact. Here we go with uh, Arrow's uh, British racism. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not I, it's just a voice, you know, and especially when they keep repeating the same dialogue lines ev- yeah. over and over again. Uh, that's where I put it on Japanese because I I can only re- a little bit understand Japanese. So if they're just pounding like Japanese lines over and over again, like I don't care. Yeah. So chance, I'm curious. Uh, or sorry, or go ahead and finish. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sam, curious since uh, he hasn't played, he doesn't play his RPGs as much as. Uh, you or Dustin, or even I, I guess now, but uh, has there been an RPG that you've picked up and played like, uh, what do people see in this thing? Because you're trying to get into them and stuff, and you're like, people are praising this. This is garbage. Has there been anything like that for you? Well, I did feel that way slightly when I first, the first time I started Final Fantasy VII, but it was just because I was just coming off of ten. And it, 10 was, you know, arguably the first RPG I ever even played. So to go backwards and just, I didn't quite understand the whole concept of, you know, healing yourself and, and all these other things. So I just really sucked at it. Like I just couldn't get past, like, I couldn't even get out of the first section uh, where you have to like fight this big mech thing. And I just, I just died a whole lot. But uh, other than that though, uh, not really. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I haven't played enough. I don't think I, like I mentioned earlier, I have started soul hackers and I put some time into it and I'm struggling with it a little bit, even the, the whole SMT, you know, canon, you know, at large, I, I don't quite see the, the, oh, the, the draw it to one. it. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just seems like way overly difficult to me and it's like i, I don't know For can me, i give I you just... a recommendation sure uh if you want to at the bottom you can touch the touch uh the touchpad and you can uh-huh. have these these hacks that they did specifically for the 3ds port there is one that is like auto mapping 
if you use that one, you will know where to go and you will get into less random encounters. Well, it's uh, so it saved the, my life. It's not so much the encounters that I'm having trouble with. It's more just it, the game doesn't just come out right and tell you where you need to go. Like, and I can't, like, at this point, I've put it down for so long. If I yeah. turn it back on right now, I'll have no idea where I'm supposed to go because I don't remember what they said. You know, I, so I'll have to, like, restart probably but uh yeah the, the thing whole with that confusing thing it's i just don't i'm not very good at it yet so it's just i don't i don't quite get what i'm supposed to be accomplishing chance with this i really think just, i really yeah. think you should play four yeah and and i i really want to i yeah. just it i just haven't picked it up yet yeah. and because and soul hackers was available and, and cheap at the time that i picked right. it up if i'm correct yeah. and arrow correct me if i'm wrong Soul Hackers, like when you do the demon fusing, it doesn't show you what the result will be, but four will, and it makes the yeah. the demon fusing a lot less like stressful. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. got to keep in mind, Soul Hackers was made in the end of the '90s when right. only the first Persona came out. SMT was only on the Super Famicom, so they were thinking of new ways. And at that time, it was groundbreaking for the yeah. SMT progression. But going back to it. It is it is really tough, and I struggled with it as well. But uh, the some FAQ online on GameFAQs helped me out, and then tweaking the auto mapping, I got through the it, game with relative ease. Don't get me wrong, though, I do like it. I'm yeah. not saying that I don't like it or that I won't go back and play it again, because I do. I do enjoy it, you know, because it's a first-person dungeon crawler, and I love them. So it's just it's it's right. It's a game that I will finish eventually. So you know. It's not something that I'm turned off by. It's just I don't quite see all the hype with, you know, this the whole SMT series as a whole. But of course, this is a, probably a bad place to start. Like I've never played a Persona game. I've never played any of the the PS2 games. You know, none of the Digital Devil Saga or or Nocturne, any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard that um, the the SRPGs are a little bit different even still. Yeah, so true. I haven't played them either. So, I mean, this is the first and only SMT game I own, so I can't yeah, I can't judge it, really. But Basically, SMT4 is the Fire Emblem Awakening for the SMT games. Okay. Well, I love Fire Emblem Awakening, so... In terms of being streamlined <laughs> and very very easy to approach as a newcomer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna I lie. I like games to hold my hand. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> which is, you know, but I say that I'm talking about starting in Dark Spire, and I hear that's pretty <laughs> yeah. Uh, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Wait for that to hold your hand. <laughs> but you know, I. That's uh, why I love I the linearity of thirteen Final Fantasy thirteen. Bring it on! I don't, I don't claim to be you know a hardcore. You know, I play my games on easy. You know, <laughs> I don't give a shit. So. <laughs> I just like That's having fun. fun with them. So, yeah. Whatever which uh, you surprisingly, enjoy, another list was made on Game Trails of top ten worst Final Fantasy games, and I was sad to see number thirteen at number ten slot. <laughs> well, it yeah, could have been number yeah, thirteen. It's, it's the whole controversy surrounding it, the whole hype that yes. didn't make meet it, but it's definitely not. It's it's in my in my my in number titles. It's it's my favorite, one of my favorites, like numbers five or six. And number one was uh, All the Bravest, of course. The worst Final Fantasy game ever. No, I disagree. I, so Honestly, I really... Uh, no, Echoes of Time on the Wii was worse than All the Bravest. 
They said they weren't going to really? count those. I think, or no, they oh. did count those. They had it in the top ten. One of them, I think, the GameCube one they had in there since it was a. I actually ha- kind of had fun with all the breakfasts. <laughs> really? <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the thing with it, it is a very stupid milk milking you for money game because you have basically only thing that you need to do is you have to tap the screen. They attack, and then if your squad gets annihilated, you have to spend money to get them back, or you have to wait like two or three hours wait. for them yeah. to refill. But what the, the awesome thing about it was is they had all these HD sprites of all the enemies from like the first six games that looked really bright and just meshing, you know, touching the iPhone all the time. It had a charm to it, and with Echoes of Time on the Wii, that was just cringe-worthy. That was just <laughs> such bad quality. And this well, this actually well, looked nice, and it was fun to play for a little bit. Hold the thought with Final Fantasy and iPhones and stuff, but Dustin, was there any uh, any RPG that you just kind of cringed at? I don't want to say cringe, cause that's, but I will say... That, yeah, that is a bad word. Yeah, yeah I will say that I'm like, I don't understand why this gets all the praise. And since Mike pissed all over my parade, I'm gonna piss all over his. <laughs> and that's Persona Four. I think Ooh. it's a, I, I think I think it's a good game, but I'm like I just don't understand why every like everyone's like, Oh my god, this is the greatest game ever you know. Did you beat it? I haven't beat it yet. How far are you into the game? Um who's the uh the character he's he acts like a badass but he he's a little Kanji. Yeah, there you go. I'm currently trying to save him. Troy Baker, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is. um, I am going to be honest. I bought Persona Four. I knew nothing on the series. Uh, I played it. I started playing it in March, and I finished the game in November. So it took me like seven months. And around that same kanji, that is like this third dungeon. uh, I actually took a break from the game for like three months. Yeah, that's kind of done too. Then slowly got back into it, uh, and honestly, the game. I heard a lot of people say, yeah, Persona 4, it is nice. I don't really care for the dating, you know, simulation. But, you know, I I have no idea. But I, I hope that once you get back into the game, you will, you know, get a better grasp on the gameplay mechanics, see how that ties yeah. into the dating system, and then also get the ball rolling on the character development and the overarching uh, murder mystery that is taking place. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. It that will do... suck you in. I do like the murder mystery aspect to it, and I feel like after playing SMT4, I kind of understand the demon fusing a bit better. So yeah. I feel like if I were to just completely restart the game, because at this point, I, I, I feel like I really need to just restart it and just sit down and really just nail it out. And Are you playing PS2 or PS Vita? Uh, Vita. All right, yeah, you already got golden, so that's good. Yeah, but I have it on the PS2 as well. Um, but... Um, it's it's not the fault of the game. There is a, it's a great game. It's the fault of the hype, and I feel like True. I feel like Final Fantasy VII really falls in that to that as well, um, because people hold it up on such a high pedestal, and then when yeah. you play it, it just feels it feels more dated than Final Fantasy VI to me. And that's mostly yeah. because graphics of that era, the PS like the 3D graphics of the PS1, the Saturn, and the uh, N64. I just it's feel bad. they just feel super dated more yeah, so than the spri- more so than sprites on the Super Nintendo and it, it it's just a hype machine that has really kind of hurt Persona 4 for me cuz I'm like oh my god this is going to be like 
you know, the next thing in RP, not, not the next thing, but this is like the biggest thing in RPGs. And it's like, oh, it's just a traditional JRPG with a dating sim in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely, completely agree with this. It, this hasn't happened with me for a, uh, for another series uh, that I've never really been able to really get into. And that's because the hype and the praise and everything. And then I finally get around to playing it and I can't, I just can't seem to get into it. And those are Zelda A Link to the Past and Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, it is just... I, I, Steven, I, he keeps I, hurting I, my I heart. I can't get into them. <sighs> I, I can't get I, into I them. I left Sorry. the chat the first time. You're about he to make me leave me, again. So, <laughs> but, but you know, deeper. from my perspective, you know, I never had yeah. those systems growing up. I right. don't have yeah, any nostalgic feelings to, toward them. And trying to get into them right now... Especially Ocarina with the 3D visuals, yeah. uh, and a link to the past. I, I really want to. I, I just haven't played it for more than maybe 20 minutes. Uh, I really gotta give that a fair shot because it has the 16-bit style to it that I'll probably enjoy more. But you know, Zelda, I really struggle with. I really enjoy Wind Waker and Skyward Sword. I think that those are fantastic. But getting back into older ones i really struggle with it and that's the hype and the myth surrounding it it's 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 hurting me same goes for the grand theft auto games you know i loved them growing up but now all the hype and the high praise uh yeah i nah. will I agree on grand theft auto because i love grand theft auto 3 i love yeah. vice city never played san andreas didn't really care for four and don't even really want to pick up five yeah you know? i meant to say when you were mentioning uh that uh, graphics talk earlier because I'm currently playing through Final Fantasy VIII on the PC and when I first booted it up I was like what I thought this was supposed to look better than the PS1 version <laughs> but something I don't know just something about the PS1 version looks way better to me maybe it, it's because it is a little bit more grainy looking but the clear funny. cut lines and stuff on it the PC it is funny how you like because um, there is a certain charm to that sort of pixelated polygon look of those yeah. games and when things start smoothing them out and updating them, you're like, oh, that doesn't look as good. Uh-huh. It is weird how that kind of works. Oh, yeah, it looks, I mean, it just looks ugly to me on the PC, but. Yeah. Oof. Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. That's what I. <laughs> Buzz, reaction. your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I was mentioning the uh, sprite thing because, Dustin, you uh, played, of course, Final Fantasy Dimensions on your iPhone, iPad, and really enjoyed it. Here we uh, go. Did you play through that one, Arrow, or no? Yes, and I really, really enjoyed that one. That is one of the best yeah. Final Fantasy games to come out in the last five years. Awesome. I couldn't remember if... I think you did a video on it, but I couldn't remember or not if I had watched through it or not. Yeah, maybe not a... Yeah, I think I did a full review, and otherwise it got modeled in some of my pickups review videos. Yeah. But I really, really loved it. They did something really cool with the story, and it, it kind of felt like a Final Fantasy VII to me if it would not go 3d yep what do you guys okay this is something that i've noticed since we're talking about the ios final fantasies uh final fantasy 6 getting ready it's already released on android getting ready to be released on ios everybody and i mean as far as big journalism goes everybody is pissing. what <laughs> i know <laughs> what you're going yet. to say this has what been is bothering me this has Every... been bothering me finish it i yeah, I was going to say, what are they saying? What's going everyone on? Everyone <laughs> is pissing over the graphical style of this iOS game. And it looks... Of which one? Of Hold Final on, Fantasy VI. Have you is seen... Is it changed? 
it look they they've changed the sprites to look like the Final Fantasy Dimension sprites. That same okay, style. I'm, I'm just gonna look up while you're talking real quick. Yeah. And everybody's comparing it to the the 16-bit, um, you know, originals. And I'm like, why are you reporting on this? The game is phenomenal. The gameplay. I mean, here's the thing: you read these articles, and everyone's bitching about the graphics, and they say, "Well, at least it's still the great. It's still the great Final Fantasy VI gameplay." Why isn't that? the focus of the fucking article that it's still the same final fantasy six, great gameplay. And not that the fact that they, re- they changed the sprites around for iOS for God's sake. Wow. It is, it is crazy. And, uh, I'm mentioning Kotaku here. Um, I've no well, idea IG- who's IGN did it. Screw attack. Did it crazy. Uh, you know, I really got annoyed by that, by seeing that, you know, because we've had final fantasy one and two on the PSP. We've had four, and we uh, on PSP, and then we had Dimensions, and I really like this HD sprite work. Yeah. And from what yeah. I've gathered, though, I haven't played it yet. Uh, Five has also been re- reworked in that way. It is not to the same amount of detail as they did in Dimensions and Four Complete Collection, but still, the game has finally been ported to a new handheld system. Yeah, for a uh, new generation to experience. I didn't yeah. hear anyone complain about Complete Collection. Why is it all of a sudden happening now? Yeah, it's crazy, you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's like the best way to play that game. Wow. It, it, is, it, it indeed is. And, uh, you know, we got Final Fantasy 3 and 4 on the DS with the Matrix Software 3D style, the chibi style. That, I did not care for yeah, that. fuck that you know? style. <laughs> and I know, I know, it is in Four Heroes of Lights, which I thought was very mediocre. Yeah. And now, of course, in Bravely Default, which I am so foolish to leave my 3DS at a friend's house who does live in a different hometown, so I can't play it right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm I prefer the sprite style and the HD style in the games that I played it, like Dimensions and everything. Looks really cool. Yeah. The only thing that's holding me back from picking it up is it is on iOS. I only have an iPhone, and the game is ridiculously expensive, like fifteen euros yeah. for a digital yeah. title. Like, ooh. Now crazy. I will I will say that the price for Dimensions is worth it because that's like a sixty-hour game. But the and price the overall for, price was thirty bucks, right? Once it was all said though, and done. Yeah. It was free for me. <laughs> well, all right. What? But yeah, that's the type of gamer I am. I don't care if I can get it for free. I'll get it for free. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but uh, give him a, yeah. give him an eye patch and a flag with a Jolly Roger on it. Old pirate Mike over there. <laughs> See, but I'm in the same boat as you, Arrow, because all I have is a iPod Touch, and I don't want to play stuff on that small screen. And yeah. we were talking oh, about I, the cave. I, I wouldn't even recommend it if you if you have yeah. an older generation iPod Touch. That will that will definitely I, be laggy as shit. If you, this is the thing. I play those cave shmups on my iPhone five, and it is perfect. It is like the, on the iPhone. Yeah, it's really? perfect. Really, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'm just jealous because you could play it on the iPad, and I figured that would be. No, actually, I prefer it. playing. The, I prefer playing the cave shmups on the iPhone because of the Whoa. vertical screen. Wow. Okay. But Final Fantasy Dimensions totally on the iPad. I agree. Highly agreed. Yeah. See, but there was another think... answer for your chance because uh, we mentioned Bradley Default. That's one <laughs> he's not too hyped or excited about. Oh my so god, chance is so good. Anything. 
you know, I haven't played the demo yet, so I'll play the demo. Yeah. And, you know, I'll probably you know have a different opinion, but it's just I don't know, man. Hey, I just, just, just make sure you have a healer. Good. Just make sure yeah. you have a healer, and you'll hey, be okay. <laughs> chance. Yes. Scroll up the volume on your your mic a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more. It's all the way up. There okay. we go. He's probably you, just sitting back. I just okay. moved it towards my face more. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to avoid the nostrils, and uh, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't work like that apparently. It'd be, it'd be cool if you. Uh... <laughs> yeah, give oh, the demo man. a try. The only thing I didn't like in the, the demo from what I played of it was uh, that first town music. I wasn't too digging that. But uh, from well, what I keep hearing in the trailers and stuff, the music sounds wonderful. The thing about the but, demo uh, is, is it drops you right in, and there's no, like I feel like the game's going to have a more gradual buildup, whereas it yeah. the demo drops you right in, and it feels really hard when you first start playing. And buying magic that was new to me it made doesn't me feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how do I get uh, magic spells? You can you tell you can them? <laughs> you can tell how uh, what the oldest Final Fantasy uh, Stevens played. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I can remember I'm buying magic in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta buy that magic. shit, man. And you only had charges. Yeah. And uh, but from just from being on Bravely Default, from what I played, yeah, I'm super hyped for that. And that that battle system in it, I did not know you could uh default right off the bat. I thought you had to actually uh. Or couldn't brave off the bat. I'm sorry. I thought you had to default first, then you could brave. Oh yeah, you and could. I was getting murdered. But yeah. then I just started braving three attacks every person. You just start mowing through enemies. At least from what I was playing, yeah. it almost made it too easy. But I'm sure it's, it's cross fights and stuff. You gotta manage that. I was talking to my friend Ernie, and we were discussing um, kind of how worthless the. Uh, I think Stephen, maybe you and I talked about this too. How worthless the warrior class was. Uh, no, that wouldn't be me. Okay, maybe it's just me and Ernie. Yeah, because, uh, uh, I think you mentioned that Valkyrie class, and I think she's worthless. She can't, well, I made her a girl, but yeah. I can't do her, get her to do anything. Really? <laughs> the, weak. The, yeah. Okay, the Valkyrie class is your dragoon, so it jumps. But then after you level yeah. up a certain bit, it gets a crescent moon that attacks all enemies, and it's pretty powerful. And then, uh, the, so far, yeah. I like yeah. the one where you get people to attack you, whatever class that Sword was. Swordmaster? Yeah, he's And then there's awesome. something um it, it's the uh the bard class. I don't know what they call it in this game. I can't remember. Oh yeah. But that has a, that, that has an ability that draws attacks to you. So that ability combined with the swordmaster, boom baby. Yeah. yeah. There's just so many possibilities with the class which was chance was mentioning. It just seems like a game with so many possibilities of class builds. You get worried if you pick the right stuff. Is is it going to confuse you? Yeah. And I'll have to admit, Chance, uh, if a game has been out, like it's been over in European areas for a while before we'll get it. I mean, you can look on message boards and kind of see a good starting party maybe, even though you want to do your own thing. Like just to be safe, what you might want to put in there to start with. And uh, that kind of helps me when situations like games like this arise. But it's always cool to experiment. I have a feeling I'm going to have too many mages <laughs> in my party. A white mage, and then I had, uh, like you were saying, it was a bard, but I had him with mage powers as well, in case I needed him. So it seems like it's going to be great. I'm going to love that. I, I, I love jo or jobs. I love games with those job systems. I just, uh, yeah. they're so addictive. Anyone? Comments? It's crazy, man. You, you guys, I own the full fucking game. It's sitting on my shelf. I haven't even <laughs> touched it. I haven't I even popped it in my 3DS. Beautiful oh. limit the collector's edition. I will come. I will come all the way to the 
fucking Sidvasid. I will come all the way across the pond and punch you and steal that game, <laughs> and then realize that my 3DS is region locked. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy a 3DS while you're there. I know. I'll have to, I'll have to, after punching Mike, I'll run down to the store and buy a 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's pretty crazy, but honestly, there were a bunch of 3DS games coming out, and you know, I have my whole work thing and a training, so uh, you know, I wanted to get Ace Attorney out and Layton, which I started until I left my 3DS at my friend's house. So um, I'll just wait until yeah. it's February. You guys pick it up, yeah. and we can all play it together and that's, have a lot of fun. I hope that's going to be a, a challenge for you, Mike, yeah. sometime during this uh, podcast. Is you're going to have to try to talk me into the Ace Attorney games. Because you made that Ooh. comment on my game on my game uh, room tour that okay. I don't have any of them, so you need to talk me into it eventually, or maybe just okay. like, or maybe just outside of the outside of the uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's visual novels. I would say I believe they were on iOS as well. The first three, the Phoenix Wright trilogy. Yeah, because Chance played that, didn't you? Yeah, I actually. Yeah, Chance I would say yeah, it was on really iOS. Like if you're gonna go for it, I say get it on iOS because yeah. it just worked really well on iOS. And it's still kind of pricey. The, the physical ones as but, well too. I yeah, think. but aren't all the games like together on the iOS version? Like, isn't it? Yeah. Like- well, I think you can buy them. Like, you can buy them individually, but it's cheaper to get like the, the trilogy, the first three, right? Like, all together. And I think it's only like eighteen bucks. Wow. On iOS, so yeah, it's really I mean, cheap. It, yeah. It's the cheap way to go, and the touch controls work perfectly because really, I mean, all you have to do is occasionally press on the screen, you know, to, like search. Investigate um, object crime scenes. Yeah, <laughs> like investigate crime scenes and, and then make choices and things like that. You know, visual novel type stuff. You know, yeah. pretty pretty run of the mill uh, visual novel gameplay. But it, it, something so charming about the 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 characters and the stories. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I, I I like it a lot. Yeah, that's definitely true. The character development is great. There's a lot of quirky humor to the characters and the cases. Uh, the, uh, the recommendation that I can give is definitely get them on iOS. It's cheaper. Don't get overwhelmed by the fact that this is a seven-game series already. <laughs> Just take it game by game, case yeah. by case. Um, and, you know, if don't feel the pressure. You know, I want to finish all these games. I want to be you know get through it as fast as possible. Just take it really slow, case by case. Let the characters grow on you. Uh, and if you don't enjoy the Ace Attorney games at all, please do me one solid and just pick up Ghost Trick, which was made by the same guys okay. who, who did I it. I really want to play that one. Yeah, that Ghost was Trick awesome. Was I was say, absolutely be- fantastic. Between you and Return to Mother Base, like I, I, I yeah, know I need to find. Yeah. I, I want to track down a, a physical copy of that. It's on iOS too. Yeah, that, but that one would be better on an iPad. I didn't care for it on my my phone, just because I just felt like it was too cramped. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. What do you, but what, the what, iPad yeah. would be great. Era, what do you say? Would it be better on the DS or to be better on the iOS? Well, the thing is, you know, we are all gamers <laughs> and we're collectors as well. So if yeah. you can get it on a physical copy, that's okay. great. But um, I don't know how how much the game goes for right now. I bought it at launch, so I'll take a I'll take a look when we get done recording. I was gonna say I thought it's like thirty bucks. Really? I don't know. Used? I don't I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, like Uh, Amazon. I could be wrong though. Yeah. 
And I think I also, Chance mentioned uh, the Ace Attorney games. I think you can pr- play free for a little bit, so you can like yeah, you can actually you can actually download it and play the entire first case of the first game for free. Okay, maybe I'll try right. that. So, like, it'll give you a good idea whether you're gonna like, like it. it or not. Yeah, yeah. I really want to get into the Layton games, but I can't. I cannot find Curious Village <laughs> anywhere. I found Diabolical Box I, by the yeah. by the dozens. Everywhere I go. I find Curious Village. Everywhere I go, Diabolical <laughs> oh, Box. And I'm like, I already have that one. And I have Last Spectre, too. And I'm like, where's Curious Village? I'm just going to have to get, break down and buy it online. That's, that's, that's just how it's going Isn't that really cheap, well. too? Isn't it like 10 bucks? Yeah, but you can't oh, find it cheap. anywhere. Like yeah. no, Because GameStops have stopped carrying it. And then you have to rely on like Ma and Pa shops. And yeah. that's, a, that's a roll of the dice as best as it can. So, yeah. My local GameStop still have a bunch of regular DS games, but they're all They're all loose, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so I I did pick up Diabolical Box because it was only like $7 or something like that. And I was like, whatever. You know, I really don't care that much. Yeah. I do chance. uh, Oh, I do. I don't know why I I I do, but I do. I understand. But but even loose, I can't find a Curious Village. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And I've heard a lot of other people have the same complaint. It's probably it's probably because it was the, the first game. It was the first game, and it was a, probably a low print run. That's probably what well, it is. I heard though I, that I, the new one is pretty good. The Azrin Legacy or whatever it is. Yeah. The my grandmother DS. has a complete copy of Curious Village. I'll see if I can get it for you. <laughs> Are you serious, Steven? <laughs> she's not. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't play it. I'll well, see there you if go. I can get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Steven's stealing from his grandma again. <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was she got anything else? Jeez. And ju- and just in case, I mean, uh, Earthbound complete. Yeah, I was gonna say my, she has a complete box Earthbound. But she's <laughs> all my all my all my GameStops have them in stock, and Bree Software has the booklets for a dollar fifty online. So yeah. if all else fails, there you go. She has a sealed uh, Panzer <laughs> Dragoon sealed. Saga but, <laughs> sitting in the uh, basement. Yeah. She, yeah, it's um, it's behind a bunch of old sewing stuff. And, <laughs> Oh, I gotta do that when I'm 80 years old or something. Like, I have these boxes, and then I have like my grandchildren. They open these boxes, and they're like, "Oh my fucking god, this is like worth thousands of bucks." Dustin's gonna have that sealed Xenoblade sitting back there under the. No, because you and... know what? GameStop's gonna keep doing reprints, and it's gonna lose its value. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Really, I don't even think they reprinted it. I don't think they did. I think they held back stock. I think that's. What I, they, they had same with Metroid yeah. Prime Trilogy. Same deal. Yeah, they held back stock. Just a box oh. somewhere in there. You know, that is... Nah, I'm not going to be telling that story. That will hurt you guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they actually... There's this chain of stores who just went bankrupt. Uh, I bought a lot of my physical games where when I was starting out collecting. Um, this game called Sukoden 2, it was out all of a sudden uh, for about maybe two years. And then all of a sudden, it was back in stock at this one chain. So... Uh, I guess they found that lost pallet, and they were selling Sukoden 2 for five euros. Oh, but it's a pallet. They had a that's stack of like six or seven yeah. on, from top to bottom. I bought one. You're talking pal, right? Yeah, we're talking pal, yeah. Okay, then I don't care, because I can't play it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but would still, it be worth, I know. Would it be worth I, buying oh. a pal system for? Maybe, because now it's it cheaper. Would. It'd be cheaper, because I paid 140 bucks for that damn thing. Ah, yeah. How much is the PAL version worth? I think it is a little less rare than the North American okay. one. That's weird. You I think, think. The, you would think the PAL would be more. Yeah. 
I think Greg will notice for certain. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't. I don't care. I paid 280 bucks for Panzer Dragoon, and it was worth it. That is, um, I that still hate paid. myself for this one. I actually was bidding uh, on this Dutch marketplace for a complete Earthbound complete in box. Mm-hmm. I paid for it. I bought it for 200 euros, and then the guy came back to me, meh. I want to have 250 or 275 euros for it. What? No, I can give you your money back if you want to, or you pay me the extra money. And I was like, I wasn't really that wealthy at that time. Oh, yeah, well, that's So I was like, fuck it then, man. That's too expensive, you know? So give me my money back. And then I bought. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I just, I I want to give him 150 bucks right now, man. Yeah. Oh, I still uh, hate myself for, dude, for not having it. You will never hate yourself as much as I hate myself for throwing away that damn box. Oh my Earth god. Yeah. Oh my god, you had it and you threw I it away. I had it. And I had it for the longest time. And then my and parents you were, you, you were like 16 years old? I was I was young and my parents got divorced and we were moving and I was like I don't need these fucking boxes. I had the box of Final Fantasy. All my Super Nintendo games I had as a kid, I had the boxes. I had wow. the box of Dragon Warrior 4. Yeah, that's oh. like the hard. That's like the hardest one to get. Wow, um, and that's that's tough. Yeah, even like, the cartridge is hard to find. Yeah, and Little like the box. Y- no one in the history. I mean, unless someone had like a complete in box sealed stadium events and just like threw it in the trash, no one is going to feel as bad as I do right now at where I'm at. Oh, that's, that sucks. Man. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's part. I mean, you know, who knew at fucking I don't even know how old I was seventeen. That I that that shit was gonna be worth money someday. You know, you don't you don't think about that when you're that age. Hey, well, you got the thing now that might be pretty expensive later on down the road in the Wizards edition. So I think that's gonna that's be true. way up there, way down the road that's too. That's true. I don't like Earthbound yeah. did so. Yeah. You have it sealed. So there you, here's, Wizards. No, not, I don't think no. it does. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have I a think, lot of games right now that I have completely sealed. Yeah. And like I, I'm, I'm selling the Operation Rainfall games now, which I might not sell Xenoblade, but I also have this game called Elmanos Original. I actually sold a copy. I think we have an agreement. He's paying it for it. I sold it for a hundred euros. But I know that if I just take this game and put it in a box, then in ten years' time, I know it will be worth three, four hundred euros. But I, I don't want to be that guy, you know. I don't want to be that type of collector who keeps around these very valuable things for a long time just to get more money in a couple of years. See, I was gonna say you seem to be pretty good at uh, like you went through this uh, like last year or something too, right? You sold a big, huge chunk of your collection off. Is it tough for you to let go of some of that stuff? You're like, you know what? I don't play it. It can fund getting games I want, so I'm just gonna get rid of it. Is it pretty easy for you? Well, it depends. Uh, I made the decision to cut my collection in half twice now, um, yeah. uh, but that doesn't mean that it's all sold. I still have a lot of stuff from last year um, that I'm now getting back into the process of selling. Uh, okay. I have sold a couple of things that, yes, I regret selling. I had a complete inbox, unopened Pierre Solar reprint. Oh. I sold it for 125 euros. Oh. That is a lot of money, but... It is not as much as what's worth. Oh. That's true. And that's the way I'm feeling about Elmanage. I have two copies right now. I just sold, I have production number 004 out of 300. Wow. I sold that and I have a 007 still in my collection. Uh, I got really lucky with ordering them. But, uh. Someone yeah. in this podcast just made a purchase. 
<laughs> if anybody is interested, hook me up. You know, uh, if you want to have something, I'm selling it for relatively cheap. If you can wait five years, I know it will be worth five hundred because everybody is talking about Class of Heroes two, yep. Elmanos original from Ghostlight. That is the most rare PSP game. And you can have it for relatively cheap. I'm not that greedy. I'm very happy in my life right now. I don't you need a lot of money. You can have it at the low, low price of... <laughs> 125 euros, yeah. <laughs> I'd say with my, uh, with my sealed ninja guiden that I sold the past year, yeah, I'd say it was, was kind of tough, but since it was such a large amount of money, I said, just take it, screw it, I'll, I'll take the money. And you can find a I'll admit... copy of that for like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. I sold Panzer Dragoon Saga, man. Oh, I did it God. for 150 euros just to fund my DS. I oh was my, a for a, for a student. D, for a DS? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I, that's I, such I, a good I didn't game. Trade it's it for so it. original. Oh, my I, God. I didn't trade it for it, but I, I was a student at the time. I had no that's money. True. Yeah, you keep and, saying you know, so I, understand yeah. I, I, I didn't have a Saturn to play it. Yeah. So oh, I was like, you know, if I can get 150 euros for it, take oh. it, man. I already sold my Class of Heroes 2 seal. Really? Uh, when I did my pickups vid, a uh, YouTuber messaged me and offered me... Uh, what did he want? He he offered 150 at first, and then I said 200 and he came back at 185 I said, sure, you can have it. So, really? And wow. I think you can get it way cheaper on eBay right now. Is that but game on a... PSN still? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. I so do want like, to play both of them, and it's like... I really don't want to pay for the the physical copy. Yeah, they're they're both on PSN, but that physical. And I, I don't. I got the digital like you guys are talking about, and but I didn't really dig the game. And I, I'm like Mike. It's like I don't want to hoard the game and wait for it to get more expensive. I'll take your 185, and I'll be happy. There Especially you go. Especially if it's a game it. you don't really care for, right? I I played yeah, Elmanos original. It, so. it is like one of the worst first person dungeon crawlers I've ever played. You know. Chance, I'll tell you this, uh, Class of Heroes 1, I've been playing it kind of extensively for a while, then I kind of lost track. Um, it's a bit clunky, but it's still fun. I, I'm having fun with it, and I'll probably go back to it eventually. But I Class think I'll probably wait till I get a Vita, because I, I don't think I want to mess with it on the PSP. Yeah, see. yeah. I was you're talking about that, Chance. You're saying you're going to go Vita and do a lot of downloading, probably. In your yeah, that, I'm probably going Vita way before I go... Uh, Xbox One or PS4, yeah. even we, I will you really. I will tell you this, Chance. If that's your plan, don't be afraid to invest in the biggest Vita memory card you can. Oh yeah, yeah, I will. Because I plan on, I plan on getting a lot of like the PS1 classics yeah, and you're stuff gonna, too. Cause yeah, cause fuck long, buying those discs. In the long run, you're gonna make out okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that too. So, yeah, Vita, Vita is my next uh, major console purchase. I'm enjoying it. Looking at that, I mean, you know, everyone kind of commented on the quality of the video that I posted on the the fan or the community page. You know, the IGN video about the future of the Vita. It's yeah, as crappy as that video is. Thanks, IGN. uh, (laughs) This year does look actually really good for the Vita. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of good stuff coming out for it. Well, I'm excited for everything that's out. It's like yeah. Yeah, there's finally like a, a for, to me what seems like a really good 
catalog of games that you know are totally worth buying the system for. Oh yeah. So for so the rest of the games that come out this year and you know and beyond is just icing on the cake. You know, I yeah. think that it's a probably a really awesome system, and I can't wait to buy it. Well, in my opinion, Ease is out, so that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 For me, Persona Four Golden. I, yeah, I which... bought the game and I didn't even own the system. And after like two weeks, I was like, man, I got to get it. There was a good deal, 200 euros with a good memory card, 8 gigs, extra games for free, PS Plus for three months. I was like, sold. I know I know, Dustin and Mike, you guys might not be the biggest like online type gamers, but like me and Chance kind of are. But that's what really, I'm, the thing with the Vita, like we experienced with the 3DS, the Lagamanjaro connection with what we were trying to play in Coded Princess. Yeah, but, but we had a good go time online, with Ragnarok Odyssey, though. Yeah, just just flawless on the Vita with online cooperative play. It's if Nintendo, like I would have loved to Dragon Quest Nine. You could do that multiplayer, but you had to be local. Yeah. And if they could figure out their online, like with Mario Kart well, Seven, oh my god, stuff Nintendo would be is, great. That's a topic. But the Vita Vita has online down. Yeah, Nintendo is so far behind with online. It's it's. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like, yeah. it, back, just one more thing on Vita, like with the online. I, I, I couldn't even imagine we can play first-person shooter like a Call of Duty if you're into that with Killzone Mercenary. You can have team death matches online on your handheld Vita from anywhere. I mean, that just seems pretty cool to me. So that's one I'm looking forward to hopefully picking up sometime. But yeah, like you said, Nintendo. I, someone I don't know if it was an article you linked or someone linked an article I read one. Where Nintendo representatives who are making the game or something, they said Nintendo affiliates didn't have any idea how Xbox Live worked. Yeah, because yeah, none of them yeah, had ever that. played it or something. And I was like, what? How did no one ever? That just blew my mind. Like how? How do you I don't not know, know what the competition is doing? Yeah, I know they have the arrogant kind of. We're not competing with PS4 and Xbox One, but you are. You need to know what they're doing. <laughs> And I was kind of surprised with, since I'm a new newer Wii U owner, when it first came out, I heard people praising how Nintendo's getting hold of this online thing, this community thing they're building is really neat. And then I get onto it, I'm like, okay, but there's still no games in their eShop. There's still no online games to play with each yeah. other. I was just like, what is That's, going on? I don't know what they mean. Everything that was on the Wii Virtual Console should have been instantly transported to the Wii U. We shouldn't be like, hooray, they're releasing Castlevania from the NES on the virtual console. Yeah. It should already be there, you know? What, it's was, like, what was the game we were looking for the other day? Alien Soldier or something? Yeah, it's on the Wii. It's on the Wii, yeah. But it's not on the Wii U virtual shop. But if, you go, to your Wii, if you go to your Wii program oh my, in your Wii oh U... My. God. You can download the game through that on your Wii. You, I shouldn't have to go to. You still got to go to the Wii menu to do it. I shouldn't have to go to the Wii channel. Period. I should just throw a Wii disc in there, and it's like, all right, let's play it. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Sony, Sony does it so well. You know, you can get your games for the PlayStation Portable, Vita, PlayStation yep. Three, and it all, and probably PlayStation Four as well. I was. It all fucking works. You, you yep. brought up. A point there i was really hoping on my ps4 yes i bought a ps4 um i was really oh, spoiler already spoiler dang, already <laughs> nah, we're we're two hours and 13 minutes in it's awesome yeah um 
I was really hoping that I could like act like the same shop was on the Vita as on the PS4. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if I could download second chap second chapter on my PS4? But it's just it's just PS4 games. Like the Vita and the PS4 are separate. You know, I, what I, mean? I think there's ways. I figured this out with the PS3. There's sometimes ways around it. Like okay, Silent Silent Hill One was not supposed to be able to play on my Vita when I downloaded it. Yeah, but I was able to go through the manager in the PS3 and transfer it over, and yeah. ta-da, it kind of worked. So, well, I'm also kind of wondering if I go back on my PS3, if I could. I, I'm, I'm going to look into it, but um, we'll talk about the PS4 in a minute. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I was like, really, oh man, that would be so awesome. But yeah, I agree. Sony's got a much better handle on it than Nintendo. Just as far as online goes, Nintendo has no idea what they're doing. Regarding yeah. second chapter, there's actually one thing that I am personally very interested in. I'm going to be buying the game for the PSP. I would like to transfer my PSP save file, which is like I got max bracer points. Yeah. I want to transfer that to my PlayStation Vita and then use the save file for, for second chapter. I believe you get some bonuses. I hope I'm yeah. able to do that when the how, game comes out and play it on a Vita. How are you, you able, be able to? How are you able to transfer your PSP file to your Vita? You, well, you, you got to transfer it to your PS3 first, maybe, through the download yeah, manager. Ma- through the PlayStation, or you can copy it on a memory card and then on your yeah. notebook. Um, I, I'm actually should be able to asking this question on the uh, XSeed forums to see that they know that there, I'm, I'm probably not the only one thinking of playing it on a Vita. Yeah, because I'm probably going to download it on the Vita now, because I, since I bought a PS4, uh, I'm putting a hold on the gaming PC, so that's probably where I'm going to be playing second chapter, so... If you figure out how to do that, let yeah. me know because I'd like to carry over that data from that PSP. If, if that's Did possible, they... then I'll definitely do that, you know, yeah. and I'll let you guys know. If it's yeah. not possible, then Exit will lose one customer and I'll probably have to get the game in other means and play it on my PSP. <laughs> Did they mention there is going to be a bonus for finishing the game or something? or no? I believe you get some special items. Um, depending on how much bracer points you have, uh, like a okay. special special accessory or something. I know Greg knows this kind of things. Uh, but <laughs> He's going to be I, writing I, like a, a fucking essay on... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like the fact to carry over my save file. Even if the bonus is like a crappy uh, helmet yeah. like in Borderlands or something like that. But uh, I come from the Sukoden era where... Ah, oh, that's a godsend to transfer your save file, Sukoden to Sukoden to. Oh, I love that so much. I think yeah. if they said there's going to be some type of bonus here, there's got to be a way to be able to do it. So I think you'll be able to do it through the manager, the download manager. So hopefully, I, hope so. I was really. XC never fails us. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. I was really surprised when I booted up Sui Coden Three because I was thinking about playing it, and it asked me to import my Sui Coden Two data. And I was like, really? Between the two consoles, that's that's pretty crazy. So, but it that does br- crazy, yeah. It does break my heart a little bit, Mike, that you you said you wouldn't support XC. <laughs> that's another cut that he's putting on your heart today. Uh, that is now Man. the thing. The thing with it is my that. PSP is yeah. my PSP is as is illegal as fuck. You I was going to say it's jailbroken. I've been jo- I've been I've I've hacked that thing. Back when it was like version 1.5, so yeah. it has never been on Sony's radar. So I can't buy 
the official games in the store and play it on my PSP, so I have right. to rely on an illegal way. Yeah. But you know, it just it just it's hurts. Exceed. Oh, it's just I'll buy the game. I was gonna say they need the money. <laughs> I'll give them totally. the money, even <laughs> though I still might download a. Yeah, one person I has been translating it. that game, Mike. One person <laughs> for years. Now I'll, I'll probably give Xe the money. I'll probably get a copy of Second Chapter when I'm in Japan in a couple of months, yeah. just for the collection. Yeah, I'm, and I'll get a ROM. So I'll do I'll do it three ways. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna download it, but I probably will start buying. Um, which Greg? Oh my God, watching his channel, man. I just I get so <laughs> at the same at one point I get jealous. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't understand Japanese, so why am I getting jealous? But he just buys all those Falcom games, and I'm just like, oh my god, I want to play all of oh, these, so all these Kinseki games. And I just, don't know if I'm more impressed of his collection or that he can pronounce the names so fluidly and expertly. It's yeah. awesome that he just knows them. Because he did his gaming shrines and like the, yeah. the East Shrine and the Kinseki Shrine. I'm just like, oh my. god. God, I want that collection, you know? Yeah, yeah it's crazy awesome. Uh, but, you know, I, I really respect Greg for trying to get through these games in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But if there's one guy I'm jealous of, uh, it's Taylor uh, yeah. from the Murakawa. Oh, yeah. Because he knows he what he's playing. In Japan, and he played all the Kiseki games, and he understands them all. I, I, I just I just wish to have that skill, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever happen in quickly. But I really hope that in like five to ten years' time, there will be people that translate the third uh, and that will translate uh, at the Trails of Blue. Um, yeah. And then there's... That brings up a whole new series. Because once, once they get past the third, is your Vita jailbroken? No, no, no. Vita, I believe, isn't unable to do so. I was going to say, because eventually you're going to have to jailbreak that Vita. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, that brings uh, up a whole new of set of problems. Yeah. And Trails of Blue are also on the PSP, oh. so uh, they only, right now, I believe, I don't know which one was the fourth game and which one was the fifth game, yeah. but Trails of Blue is already out on, like, Evolution, so it's, like, an upgraded one, and okay. the same is going to be done for the fifth game on the Vita, but you have the original ones on the PSP, which are available for translation, but I heard that the fourth game is even bigger than second chapter, so... wow. If it's not somebody being paid for doing that, that is like a one hell of a dedicated fan translator. But mm. given it a couple, like five to ten years, it might happen. Eventually, eventually, we'll be able to play all the games. It's just a matter of time. Because I think these five I, came you, out fifteen yeah. years later. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what. As much as people say East Five is the black sheep of the East series, I enjoyed the fuck out of that game. I had a great time with East Five. I haven't played it yet, so. Yeah. But yeah, I also haven't that. played the fish team yet, so. I was going to say. Those it, are the only two ones I still need to play. It really. And four. It really reminds me of Napishtim a lot, so I would say if you have Napishtim, play that one first, and that'll kind of give you an idea of what East Five will play like, because it really reminded me a lot of Napishtim. I really struggled with the PSP version. It was a lot of lag yeah. and slow no, time. No, no, no. PS2 version. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will probably go. It's probably going to be at some point the PC fan translation. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you said uh, speaking of fan translation, uh, Mike, you said Type Zero will hopefully be done this year. I was keeping watch on that too, but I didn't know they were going to be done this year or not. It I'm is they will absolutely be. crazy. The guys have announced this like January 2013, so like last year. 
-hmm. it was very slow slowly going and now like in the last couple of months it was like 55 percent 60 65 70 now they're at 80 percent already i saw yeah i saw the 80 percent mark i was oh like my gosh. and the crazy thing is they actually made it they actually have this running on an android uh tablet where it has like a PSP emulator on it. So that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to be playing in all my PSP, of course. Yeah. But, you know, that is um, a power to them. They, they, they do some absolutely I, crazy progress. I might have to go out and buy another PSP. And I might be getting in touch with you, Mike, on how to jailbreak it. Because, like... That program didn't work? Oh, uh, you know what? That's, you the, try it? that's the thing. I didn't try it. Because okay. yeah, because you sent it to me and I was on my phone and I just kind of uh, book, I bookmarked yeah. it and then I forgot about it. So I need to look into that. Never mind, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I think the, Mike said he didn't do the battery thing either, right? Like no, I, I, I did it for. way back when where you had to exploit something in the menu or like yeah. a save file. You had to have it on there. Yeah. So uh, I didn't never do the Pandora battery thing, but um, I highly recommend it. M my PSP. I haven't really been using it for the last year, but it is absolutely fantastic. There are so many emulators working on it. I played Snatcher, Police Knots, Earthbound, Mother 3. I played that all on the PSP, man. That that thing is a godsend if you jailbreak yeah. it. Yeah. Buy your games, Monster people. World. Buy your games. But you can dabble in some ROMs here and there. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's the thing. Like, If there is a game that did not come out over here, and someone takes the time to translate it, fuck. That's who's getting the support. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll uh, maybe, you know, if it's not super expensive, I'll buy a legitimate copy from Japan. But Yeah, do that. That's my, my style. I yeah. buy the cheaper Japanese copy, and then I get a ROM or a fan translation, and I play it, and I preferably play it on handheld and the yeah. PSP. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Calvin, or I should say TG Apuleius and I, We've been talking a lot about, because we're both kind of thinking about modding our Saturns, so we've been kind of talking back and forth about how to mod, mod the Saturns, and we've been talking about soft modding PS2s and things like that, so it's getting to that point where it's like, it, because I want to play Tales of Rebirth, okay, and if the only way I can play Tales of Rebirth is soft modding my PS2 to play an ISO, then that's what I'm going to do, because obviously Namco Bandai is not interested in giving me that game. That yeah. game has been fan translated. Apparently, I believe yeah, so. A one on the play PlayStation Two has not been fan translated. It's either Destiny Two, or it's, or it's Rebirth. I want to. You know. Wanna, how, mm, I'm sure. You know how we put our put our Wii's away, Dustin. Yeah. Ever since seeing Grub Gun stuff, I've been wanting to do that to my Wii. I've been wanting. Oh, to the Wii was great as Wii. well, man. <laughs> that's well. That's the thing. But I think I, I'm almost certain that my uh, software update is too much for the. Cause isn't there like a uh, a cutoff point for the? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you got to do with it. I have yeah. no idea. Maybe we should talk to Grub. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah. it's been a long time since I did it, but uh, you know why those Operation Rainfall games are still sealed? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, the DS, PSP, and Wii. Oh, I love those systems so much. It's being able to download a game, play it, try it first. Yeah, I like it. I'll buy it. Oh, so your DS is jailbroke too. <laughs> No, but uh, I have the flash card for the DS. Oh, you swine. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that is so awesome, man. Just have like 60 games on there. I don't have to open all. I have everything sealed that I bought sealed. Like, I, awesome. that's, that's, I want one of those 
cards just to play Soma Bringer because my PC that I'm currently recording this podcast on will not run a DS emulator. It's too much for it. So oh, that you reminded me of my horror story. For four hours straight, I played that ROM and then my save. I don't oh, know what happened. I know. I was having so much fun with that game. From the four hours I played, it is my type I, of like style I, RPG yeah. action. Really I played it. it. I played it a bit in the Japanese because there was a save on my cart. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of getting a feel for the combat. And I was like, oh my god, this is, why is this not over here? Yeah. So why? Bringer, huh? It's so, so much more westernized. You figured yeah. it could have came. Oh. It's more of a western RPG type of But that's combat. the thing. It's, it's monolith soft. So, I mean, it's, you know, Xenoblade, Somerbringer. Yeah. It's, it's not hard to see the, the connection there. I I don't I have don't have that game. I have a few DS imports, yeah. Archaic Sealed Heat being one. Yeah. There's another one which I'm going to be parting with and going to be ending up in somebody's hands in a couple of weeks, which I know you don't have. So enjoy it if you <laughs> ever want to play, mess around with it. I hope you're not talking about me because I have it. No, you're getting another Japanese oh. DS <laughs> RPG title that I don't care for anymore. Pow! pow. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think it's the game has been fan translated. I think, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, it was an interesting game, though. Yeah. But you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I have to get off in like fifteen to twenty. Should I talk about the games I played recently before I have to do so? If you guys are going to keep on being on here. I, uh, well, yeah, I suppose that we should. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, we're at we're it's, at two we're at two thirty right now. So yeah, I know you I know you guys can probably keep talking though. But I was like, oh. I didn't know if you saw my message or not earlier. Yeah, I saw. I got a date. I got a date with Jack Ryan tonight. Oh, so. oh, are you kidding me? That's the reason, Jack Ryan. <laughs> Fuck that movie. That I think that's going to be horrible. Listen, I get to go for free, <sighs> and I'm taking it. So <laughs> I haven't been to the movies in a while, so. It's guy shooting night. Seeing things get shot. It's guy shooting enjoy night. Enjoy it, man. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'll talk about my stuff real quick. But um, I've only really played two games since the last podcast. And that being uh, Mario 3D World, which I did beat. If you saw my recent Picos video. And yeah, it was a great uh, 3D Mario game. Again, I'm more of a fan of the Galaxy series. I think those were the better games. More creative and inventive. But uh, the cat suit was pretty cool it kind of i think it kind of broke the game because you <laughs> yeah. can put that cat suit on and go anywhere and like Hada. yeah i always but, had uh, one in reserve exactly <laughs> just to get the f- golden flagpole at the end just it, to crawl upwards well, it, it does yeah you get the golden flagpole you can explore and the stars anywhere. Yeah. yeah you can explore anywhere on the game and then it also has an attack it's like it's completely overpowered yeah but it's uh, I I finished all the first main worlds. Of course, like in recent Mario games, you unlock the bonus worlds afterwards. But the first worlds that you complete until the end, I got all the stars for them. Couldn't find all the stamps. Those are more tricky. But uh, just I did have a blast with the game. And like I was saying, I was so impressed because my son had beat the first world one one three years <laughs> old. It took him like wait yeah, how many lives three- did it take him? It took him like eighty lives. It- <laughs> I gave him a file. I copied my file that had like 126 lives, but uh, this wasn't all straight. But he got down to 48 lives left to spare. But it was over a span of days. I would let him play for an hour one day, then an hour another day or something. Now he's hooked on Mario. I can't come home without him saying, "Are we gonna play Mario today?" And I gotta tell him like, well, 
Not tonight, not today, but I don't want you to get. You should get like so a, the 1100 lives code, man, or not the code, but the trick. You have like a thousand lives. Oh yeah, that's how I got my first uh, 100 you, lives. You know what you need to do? What's you that? One two. You need to set that kid down and take him through the history. Well, what I want to do, I want to know if there's some type of because uh, I have my PSP, of course, hacked, and you can put NES, SNES ROMs, and everything on it. Yeah. If there's someone made like an emulator of just a Mario game where you can just go in infinitely just jumping and going down tunnels. I mean, because that's all he likes to do is go in tunnels. He always wants to keep going in and out of the tunnels. <laughs> so if something was out there like that, he'd have a blast with it. Yeah. But it was just, it was a proud moment as a dad seeing him jump on that flagpole. No, not the top of the golden piece, but right at the bottom. But he still did it. I was so happy. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he only, he's, only he's only three, right? Yeah. He he's he learned it. It was impressive how he learned how to steer or control Mario. It took him like an hour just to figure out the directions to go. Yeah. And then when he figured out the jump button, he didn't know he could jump on enemies. And you know why that's was, that, you know why that's super impressive. Why's Be, that? Because uh, like developmentally, kids. I mean, he might be a little bit advanced because of what he's doing, but kids don't really develop memories like memories until like three and a half, four years old. Oh, he remembers, like, he knows exactly where uh, the coins and stuff are. It's so funny, yeah. he figured out something I couldn't. I didn't know you could touch the screen to pick up coins and break the boxes. He figured so, that out, though. That's actually a really good sign. He might be... That's actually the good. Cure that, for cancer's coming in 20 years, you he, guys. He's going to yeah. make it, yeah. No, but, like, him, him playing that game is actually probably really good for him at that age because it, it creates that memory, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. insane. I, like, I don't know, because my first kid, I don't know if he, kids this age can do this stuff, but I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty cool he could do it. <laughs> but yeah, Mario 3D World, really liked it. And the other game that I've been playing uh, mainly is Fallout New Vegas, which uh, I tried Fallout 3, which um, Dustin's a huge fan of Fallout 3. <sighs> yeah. And this has reignited me wanting to try that again, because they're pretty much the same thing. But my main complaint with Fallout 3 was I needed a run button. I was like, I need to feel like I'm moving because it was uh, so slow. Yeah. But my it's the same way in New Vegas. My so main, it's like, yeah, my main complaint with New Vegas was that it was glitching all over the place. Thanks oh, yeah. The first time I played it on 360, yeah. within the first 20 minutes, my game was frozen and locked up. Thanks, Obsidian. But I'm playing it, yeah, <laughs> I'm playing it on PC, and yeah. it's running fine. I haven't had any problems. And... You know, I was like, okay, if I can't run, I'm just going to stick with it and see if it hooks me. And I got hooked into New Vegas, man. I've, yeah. I'm already at the end of the game. I'm pretty much almost beat it. But I just think it's so cool how just this open world, I could go in and the first person you meet in the game could be a friendly person, but I can blow their face off if I want to <laughs> yeah. and use their head as an ornament on my table in my house. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I, it's so crazy the things that yeah. it's really truly you can do whatever you want in I, these games. I can't wait now that I have a PS4 especially. I can't wait for Fallout Five or no Fallout Four. Oh, I'm then, sorry, Four because yeah. New Vegas wasn't really considered. Yeah, Fallout Four. If it ever comes, I am a fan now, and it's yeah. just I really want to go back and play Three now because, like I say, because the yeah. the storyline in Three is probably way better than what this Vegas storyline is, but it's still so much fun leveling yeah. up your characters and stuff. Uh, I've had a blast. I, the with thing it. I liked about like Fallout Three really felt like you were in a post-apocalyptic world uh, because the the East Coast was hit by the bombs. New Vegas wasn't really hit by the bombs. It was more 
the, everything else went to shit, so this went to shit as well. So, yeah. like, you still have the strip, which is really, you know, not that touched, but everything else is kind of a wasteland. But there's just something about the, the decay of Fallout 3 that I just, I found a lot more appealing. And in Vegas, there is, like you said, all that, the strip is until near the end. It's only a small part of the map, but uh, the decay is still kind of pretty much here in yeah. Vegas. And what I did in this game, like I could do in most of these games, is like I'm being pretty much a good guy, you know, in the mm-hmm. game. But it has made me want to go into Fallout 3 as like a horrible person. And I never do that in games. Yeah. But I just want to go into Fallout 3. It's hard. I got And just be bad. That's the thing. Because I would goof off in this game just to yeah. goof off in New Vegas. And, I mean, it's got a saves you can load back up. So I would just start killing people. And you don't want to have every faction coming at you in the game. Because right. the <laughs> game will be impossibly hard. Yeah, You're going to want to be I, friends with somebody. The people I pissed <laughs> off were the people that uh, cannibalize other people. Like the really highfalutin guys that wear the masks. <laughs> and, oh, like, man. they would always come after me. And I'm just like, no. And I'm noticing things in this game that aren't in, like, 3. Like, they don't have the big super giant mutants that are in 3. Like, things like that. At least I haven't um, seen any. So, 3 is ha- obviously the better game. So You haven't made it far enough. Because I think there is a super mutant in the Fallout 3. I mean, yeah, in New is. Vegas? Oh, you mean in New Vegas. That's what's, yeah, it's not, they're not in New Vegas. And I'm pretty much at the end of that oh, one. Uh, I was like, Fallout 3 yeah. has the... Yeah, because I was... I, okay. So, I, so, it'd be cool to... But yeah, that's pretty much my uh, main stuff I'm playing. I'm going to try to get into... I bought Zombie U the other day, so that's my next Wii U game I'm going to dive into. So. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me I need to pick that up. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So Actually, I wasn't too hyped for it, but yeah, we'll see. And I, I'll stay and listen to somebody for 15 minutes, so whoever wants to take it next, go for it. I want to hear about the PS4, so go ahead. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, yesterday, well, not yesterday, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah it was yesterday. Uh, I just decided that I was going to go to GameStop, and I went there, and I walked in, and Eric was working, he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I was like, oh, not too bad. And he's like, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, well, if you have a PS4 in stock, uh, I'm walking out with it. And he goes, we have one in stock. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, "All right, let me look at the games real quick." And um, it really made me, you know, realize one. Yes, I picked this system up kind of way too early in the launch, but I'm going to pick it up eventually, and I'm going to pick it up before the price drop anyway. Yeah, yeah no so, price drop is coming this no, year. No price think. drop is yeah. coming this year, so I might as well get it now while it's in stock. I have it on the shelf; it's ready to go when the games come. Um, yeah. And I have PS Plus, you know, set up. So I got Resogun for free. I got Don't Starve for free. Next month I get Outlast for free. So you know what? I'm I'm okay. You know I, I'm yep. I'm completely happy. Like the, when I bought the Wii U, there was a I mean, there was a slight bit of buyer's remorse. I have absolutely zero buyer's remorse for the PS4. Um, I also picked up Mac Ooh. and Killzone. Uh, what is it called? Shadowfall. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- Killzone Shadowfall. Haven't thrown in Knack yet. Uh, played some Shadowfall. Takes forever, forever, before you even get a gun in this game. And <laughs> it was like that in Killzone uh, 3 when I played really? that. Yeah. yeah and it it's felt like, like it was, at least. And it's like, I thought this was a first-person shooter, and I'm running around <laughs> stabbing people with knives. Um, but um, I'm actually really enjoying it, and that's kind of how I prefer my first-person shooters. 
I want them to be futuristic and kind of, you know, crazy vistas. I'm not really mm-hmm. interested in, like, the Call of Duties and the modern setting and, you know, I, mm, if I wanted to join the army, I'd go join the army. But I can't go, I can't go travel through space and land on different planets and fight enemies there. So yeah, that's kind of my... There isn't... Huh? There's nothing on it I want to play right now, but I think you might have mentioned it in the chat. There is a game coming out. I think it's this month or next one. I definitely want to revisit, uh, which I think you said you were going to get. Revisit came out already on this console. Tomb Apparently Raider. was a failure. Yes. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Will, I will totally. I I am completely because I bought Tomb Raider used on my 360, and I am completely. I'm ready to rebuy Tomb Raider on my PS4. That's. I mean, it's a great game, and for Square Enix to call that a disappointment, um, not only for other decisions that Square Enix of Japan has made, I want to go over there and just punch everybody in that o- that office multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, not you know, not only for their attack on the YouTube community, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous and can another be topic another go. topic for another episode <laughs> um you know sega learned their lesson real fast maybe not i don't know but um yeah to call tomb raider a disappointment when it you know not only moved that many units but also got that that high of praise is just yeah it's it's disingenuous is what it is and it really shows what kind of company square enix has really morphed into um where was i at Oh, uh, yeah, but Killzone, I've really enjoyed my time with it, and I'm not uh, a huge, talk, yeah. I'm not a huge first-person shooter fan, but I, I've really enjoyed my time with it, and, um, you know, Chance, whenever you uh, move into the next generation, I, I think you're going to go Xbox One, though, right? Yeah, but actually, I have played Killzone. Yeah. Uh, my, my buddy Corruption Haas actually bought a PS4, and so I've, I've been over to his okay. place and played it, so yeah, yeah. it's it's actually kind of awesome, and I love the yeah. controller. Yeah, oh my god, that oh, I could do an entire oh. episode on that PS4 controller. That is perfection. I don't it care is. for the Xbox One controller that much, but the PS4 controller, like, you guys don't, you guys can't see because it's all audio right now, but the entire time we've been doing this podcast, I've had the PS4 controller in my hand. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Because are you playing Rezo Gun or something? Rumble <laughs> function, baby. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just sitting here holding it because I'm like, I can't believe like as long as Sony has held to that like DualShock One controller, you know, three generations mm-hmm. they've held on to that, and finally, you know, you know, we could have had the boomerang with PS3. <laughs> no one, no one really remembers that, but we could have I had know. the boomerang. You know, I, I remember hoping we wouldn't get it. You know, and I'm sitting here holding the DualShock Four, and I'm like, this thing is fucking perfect, just absolutely perfect for what nice. I want out of a controller. And um, but really enjoying uh, Killzone and Chance. If yeah, you've played it, you know, it's not as, it doesn't feel as heavy as other Killzones have, because Killzone often feels like everything's really sluggish and heavy. This one feels a bit lighter, which is nice. Um, yeah, but I, I have experience too, like the long, drawn out kind of story segments in the game. Yeah, like, yeah. There's there's yeah. one part like towards I don't even know where he's at in the game because I just jumped in the middle of his campaign just briefly, where I'm like standing in line to go through this. Uh, 
I don't know, like this thing where they scan you to make sure you ain't got a weapon or something like yeah. that. And this segment takes like 20 minutes and yeah. you're just like standing in line. It's like, well, oh my God, hurry up. I, I, I'm reminded of when I went over to Ernie's house and he's like, I was like, well, let me try out Killzone 4 because, or yeah, Killzone, because it, it seemed more interesting to me than uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. And he's like, all right. And I was like, well, let me start a new game. And he's like, oh, dude. <laughs> don't, do <that. laughs> don't do that don't do that dude and uh, because like the whole introductory segment is like you just you as a kid following your father around and it's like oh which i got a great look at the the uh the graphics but you know as far as using the controller for anything i was just using the 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 l stick and that was it you know and occasionally the x button but um yeah and then uh, I, the next game I've spent a lot of time with is Resogun, and um, it really takes me back to that uh, that feeling of Geometry Wars, which they're not a one-to-one comparison, but if you go back to thinking about how when you first played Geometry Wars and how you got super addicted to it and how it's easy to play, hard to master, Resogun is that game. And yeah. I would argue that Resogun is the reason to have a PS4. It's that good Whoa. of a game. It, it's that good of a game. It really is. In terms, like what we were discussing earlier, what makes a game? What is a game? And for all these people bitching and complaining about like Last Story being a game, they need to play Resogun because it is fucking nothing but gameplay. And like it's one of those games that the more you play it, the better you get. Because when I played it at Ernie's house, fucking terrible. But after spending like two hours with it, just kind of playing around, I'm getting better. I can see the improvement. And that, you know, that, that's an argument to make, you know, a yeah. game that you play that you see improvement on, you know. And Resogun is that type of game that if you spend time with it, learn its mechanics and just kind of explore it a little bit, um, you will get better at it. it. It seems very daunting when you first start to play it, but man super addictive just like geometry wars was uh but you know even above that um the interface for the ps4 once you get it set up and you get um the the updates done navigating this thing is just it's almost mindless because you know exactly what you need to do whereas i felt like the xbox one i was like okay where's this where's this where's this <laughs> yeah because it has that windows 8 7 format that just is like it's like someone vomited on the screen whereas the ps4 is just super clean super easy so you know i i am completely and honestly just enthralled in my purchase i'm so happy i did this I'm i so got a quick question for you before yeah. i head out here um you, ernie has he mentioned what he's been spending more time on, the One or the PS4? You know, I, I don't know, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I would, if I had to roll the dice, because we've just kind of briefly been discussing things since I bought my mm-hmm. PS4 recently. Um, I would almost say the Xbox One, and here's why: um, choice of games, choice of <laughs> games, because yeah. there is Forza, and there is because he's a racing fan. Yeah, um, he his he has a PC set up for Need for Speed, you know, on the on the PC. Yeah. Yeah. He has he has a, like a three hundred dollar wheel, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous what he has set up for just for racing games. He loves racing games. So with Forza on the PS or on the Xbox One, 
I would almost say he's spending more time with that. He also has uh, Dead Rising 3. Dead Rising 3, yeah. Which I would say, you know, as much as I kind of pissed on the game when I saw the, the trailer for it, and it seemed like it was way too serious, um, kind of now seeing more stuff in the game, I it does still have that silly aspect to it. Yeah, it's not serious at all. Yeah. <laughs> My brother-in-law has it, and I've yeah. played it a little bit. It's not serious at all. Yeah. So... <laughs> In ter- in he was we were discussing Rise one day too because um, I heard that was better than what the hate was on it. Well, but... see that's the thing. Like people who like I- I'm pretty sure T.G. Apuleius hates it <laughs> because he's such a history buff, and it's like it's yeah. completely um, you know filled with errors. But um, uh, if I remember correctly, I think Ernie said he did enjoy it. Cool. But I would almost say. I would say PS4 is the better system, but I would say Xbox One has the better launch lineup. If that makes sense. Although Heard it first. Although Xbox Dustin hates the PS4, I and hate, he I, loves Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, although Xbox One does not have Resogun, and True. I'm, that's the thing. Like when 360 came out, it had Geometry Wars, and I'm sorry, but like in the early days of 360. That was the game to have. Like, when I went to my friend's house who had a 360 in 2005, that's what we played. We didn't play Perfect Dark Zero. We played Standby Cameo. That game was awesome. (laughs) But go ahead. We played, we sat, we drank, uh, we smoked pot, and we played Geometry Wars. (laughs) And we tried to get the high score. And And on that note of smoking pot, I think I need to go. (laughs) The the high score. (laughs) The high score. score. Well, that brings up a question. Uh, Mike and Chance, are you guys still still there? Well, let let me say my goodbyes first. I really have to go. So I'm saying my goodbyes. Go ahead, man. Okay. Okay. Get the hell out of here. Okay, we'll go. I mean, Jack Jack Ryan was important in this. Jack Ryan's waiting for me. We've we've only had this plan for like fucking week. That's okay. Jack Ryan. been on for three hours. Come on. <laughs> oh, Mike, it was great. I wish I could stay longer to get more. I want to know what you've been playing, so I'm definitely listening to this afterwards. Oh, that's when y'all cool. Are yeah, you'll get to listen to it. So right, It was cool man. being a listener to the ODST one. You guys did great on it. Well, thank you. If anyone hasn't seen that minisode, listen to it. For one of the most underrated games of last generation, listen to that minisode on Halo 3 ODST. But it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. I will listen to the end when you guys are finished. Talk for two more hours, so I got something good to listen to. So. <laughs> All right, enjoy enjoy your movie. See you guys. See you, Steve. Bye. Talk to you later. Oh, finally the dead weight's gone. <laughs> so that Steven is kind of like an asshole, right? <laughs> Jesus, what a what a fucking douche. <laughs> if there was ever look, I'm I'm being serious here, guys. If there was ever a cunt, and I mean a see you next Tuesday. It's it's friggin' Steven Stevens. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, uh, what was I even talking about? Uh, what was I even talking about? I don't geometry even wars. Oh, smoking yeah. pot. Geometry smoking wars. pot. Ge- geometry wars. But in the early days of the 360, that was kind of the reason to own the 360. Because I'm I'm telling you what, there's never been a system release with a good launch lineup. Never. As much as people bitch. As much as people bitch and complain about launch lineups, no system has ever released with a good launch lineup. Super uh, but, Mario but Brothers? Super Mario World, right? That was their launch title. That's one game. That's one pack-in game. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But that's like, 
I still can't believe that was one of the first games in the SNES library. Like, I, I wasn't around at that time, but yeah. that, that's amazing. No, I was. And even um, in my game room tour, you saw me talk about um, uh, an issue of Nintendo Power that I have. It has the Dragon Warrior 2 and 3 kind of walkthroughs in it. Um, that has a preview in it for the Super Nintendo. And one of the big games they focus on is Super Mario World. And when I saw that, what was that, 1991? Um, I was nine years old. My brain exploded because I could not even imagine a game looking like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was I was seething with jealousy the first time I ever saw it. Yeah. Uh, was at, at Haas's birthday party the year that he got the, the Super Nintendo. And I can remember just, like, yeah. drooling all over myself. I, but at this point, I mean, I had played... Uh, Super Mario two and three, but we didn't own them, so all I had was one. Yeah, you know the the original. So yeah, I I can remember just painfully jealous that he got yeah. to play this game. Yeah, I mean uh, to this, it, it's amazing to me. Like when I think of my favorite games in gaming series, how many of those games are on the Super Nintendo? <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. it, it Mario. Metroid, Final Fantasy, um, my my brain just is that it? <laughs> Zelda, Zelda, too, too much awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my brain kind of my brain kind of zonked out there for a second, but yeah, I mean, like of of the Nintendo franchises, you know, people talk about Mario Galaxy. I'm sorry, but Mario World will always be my favorite Mario. Game. Are you are you much? I into... know one series that isn't on there. What? There's no fucking Metal Gear on Super Nintendo. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of weird that it, it kind of went away for a while. Yeah, because there's only there's a lot of games on the NES and the MX, you know, the MSX. But you know, then like the whole 16-bit era, it just disappeared, and then the 32-bit era came back. Kind of. He was busy doing Snatcher and Police Knots, which were too cinematic for yeah. the Super Nintendo. So that's true. Oh, well. Were you into, ever into Donkey Kong games, Dustin? I don't think I've ever talked to you about Donkey Kong. Uh, not back in the day. That's 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 what I meant. Like, yeah. about I don't know if you were like really into like the the Donkey Kong Country games or anything. Oh no no Do- Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, ha- I I got one and two when they first came out, but I never bought three. Yeah, see, I have always kind of liked them, but from afar because the only one I ever had was. Uh, land for the game boy yeah and i can be i was sucked at it you know so i never beat it but i can remember being really into it and wanting to play the the super nintendo games too yeah i will go on record right now since we're talking about donkey kong um the donkey kong game on the game boy the original black and white game boy is phenomenal like the donkey kong like arcade game no 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 the game boy donkey kong game like it starts off you play like the first three levels or three or four levels of Donkey Kong, and uh-huh. then it goes into this completely like new platform puzzle game. You know, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. About that game. Yeah. I never played it though. Dude, if you can track, I mean, I think it's on the 3DS eShop. Okay. And um, if it's on it there, is. yeah, play that because uh, if you love that kind of genre, um, it's it's. It's so good. So good. But anyway, we were talking about what I was playing before Steven rudely left. The, <laughs> the, the, the bastard. bastard. Um, I've been uh, working on East 
Chronicles one and two on the PSP because it's oh. kind of the uh, it's kind of the last bastion of East games I have, other than the uh, the Japanese TurboGrafx versions. Um, and I've really been enjoying that. I'm really surprised at how much I enjoy that. I still think people should download and play the TurboGrafx version on like the Wii, or if you have a TurboGrafx, play it that way because that is kind of like the classic, quote unquote, classic way to do it. But uh, as far as the PSP version goes, I'm really impressed with the speed. Um, I'm really impressed with the new stuff that they throw into it. Um, the graphics are amazing. Of course, the music is great. But of course, for some reason, I prefer the Turbo Graphics music. I don't know why. Um, but really been enjoying that. Uh, started playing a little bit of Wild Arms 2. And uh, I think I might put it up for a while. Because as much as I... Um, have kind of been craving a PS1 RPG. At the same time, I, I feel like I'm kind of forcing myself to play this game, and I want it to be where I want to play the game, so I'm not forcing myself. Because whenever I force myself, I never have a good time with it. So uh, I might put that up for a little bit. But uh, other than that, I've been playing some iOS games, which I don't usually talk about that much. Um, but one is The Room 2, which um, is one of the uh, games in the, the room escape genre. And uh, if you guys have never played The Room or Room 2 on iOS, I highly suggest you do because it's, it's um, a lot of great sort of puzzles that really kind of tease your brain. And you'll be amazed at how kind of smart you feel when you figure it out yourself without using the hints. Yeah, and, um, what exactly is a room escape game? Is it just like like okay. a puzzle kind of? Have you you've played Nine Nine Nine, right? No, I haven't. Okay, I don't. I don't. I don't um, how about this? Do you remember? This is like back in like two thousand two, two thousand three. Did you ever play like Viridian Room or Crimson Room? No, um, it's like a flash game. Okay, uh-uh. so what it is? Okay, Room Escape is basically um, you're stuck in a room and there's all these like the room itself is a puzzle. And you have to, like, okay. search around for, like, maybe you'll find, like, a piece of flint under a, a, a mattress and a bed. And you have to use that on the fireplace to solve a different puzzle. And that releases a new item that you can use in a different part of the room. And it's all to get out of the room. Okay. That's what it is. Um, Suddenly I'm reminded of Saw. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And I think Room 1 is free on iOS right now. Okay, I might so, check it out. Yeah, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it'll work on iPhone. Oh, okay. I think it might be an iPad only thing, but look into it because I'm, I'm not 100 percent on that. But um, basically, it's just a big puzzle, and uh, the room and room two, uh, they tell kind of an interesting sort of little story um, in the notes you find around the different puzzle rooms and things like that, and in certain parts. Especially if you play it like I do, with the lights down and the volume up, um, it gets pretty fucking creepy. And it has one of my favorite creepy things of all time, which is um, sort of old-timey video of people doing things and moving way too quick and kind of lost time. Um, The easiest way for me to describe this is in uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Chance, you've probably seen this movie, right? Maybe not. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, I love that movie. Okay. You know the part where they finally see the video of them doing their what they 
done in that lost time. Yeah, and they, and like, how, look at the camera and shit. Yeah, and how creepy that shit is. Yeah. Like, there's certain portions of the game that have that creepiness to it. And okay. so I, I would definitely say look into the room and room two. Um, I think room one is free. I think room two is like six bucks. So either okay. way, you're not out much money. No. Um, and that led me into other sort of room escape, which on iOS, there is a ton. And I mean a fucking metric ton of room escape, <clears throat> room escape games. However, I want the creepy ones, the one that, ones that kind of scare you. So I okay, found that's... one called Forever Lost, and uh, that one's pretty creepy and pretty fun. And I beat that, and I'm probably going to do game discussion videos on both of these uh, series, because I, I feel like not enough people... I mean, as much as we talk about the PS4, Xbox, you know, all this other stuff, I feel like iOS is one of those things that people kind of just, you know, kind of forget about, um, which there's really kind of unique experiences to have on it. Yeah. But uh, So I beat that, and I absolutely loved Forever Lost. So I downloaded Forever Lost 2. Haven't got to that yet. But um, that is, yeah, pretty much what I've been playing. So uh, to sum up, uh, Steven is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. He's going to get a kick out of that, I hope. I, I know. We have to make it interesting for him since he's going to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will bet money on it. The fact that he's when he's in the movie theater, he's like, "Damn, I'd rather be at home." Uh, you know what? Podcast. Because uh, fuck this fucking movie, man. It's horrible. He's gonna get like twenty minutes into it, and be like, "What did I do? <laughs> what did I do?" <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm gonna go ahead and pass off the torch to Chance, and then we'll hit Mike as the final. Is this the finale? Well, it's not really the finale. I mean. Screw it. We can go on as long as you guys want. I don't care. Seven hour podcast. Seven. We're going to be breaking records here, man. We are going to go. Look, let's see. It's uh, nine o'clock here. Mike, what time is nine thirty here? What time is it there, Mike? Three thirty. Okay. Wow. We are going to go until Mike literally passes out. <laughs> All right. Well, you can tell he's kind of tired anyway. He's been pretty quiet yeah. over there. Yeah. No, I'm just listening to you guys. It's, oh, it's not okay. a problem. I don't want to interrupt all the time. So. It's all right. We, we interrupt each other all the time. Yeah. yeah. With Steven's lag, it's pretty hard not to. It's hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay. Um, surprisingly, I haven't played a lot of stuff for very long. I mean, I've popped in games here and there, you know, played a little bit of this and that, but the ones that I've spent quite a bit of time on, other than the ones I've beaten, which, you know, we did a, a mini-sode about uh, Halo 3 ODST. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. And uh, also, I beat uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I did a quick video on that. A lot of fun. Hack and slash um, action game that I was kind of hesitant to play a little bit because uh, the Quite frankly, the Metal Gear series kind of freaks me out just because, you know, it just seems overly compl complicated for me. But um, Revengeance is a nice uh, kind of entry-level game if you're kind of wanting to, a little bit of the story of the series, but the gameplay is completely different. Um, it's a fun game, though. Um, I started The Last of Us, and I played, I don't know, a few hours of it, and I... I'm not in love with it. Um, I think it's a good game. I like it. I, I'm pretty bad at third-person shooters anyway. So, I mean, it, I, I, you know, will just say 
right off that, you know, I'm not very good at third-person shooters. I'm not very good at stealth games. So, of course, this isn't going to be my game of the year ever, probably. That said, the story is really good, and I really like the setting and uh, the characters and even the enemies, like the clickers. Like, they are just, oh, my God, frustrating. But I never feel like, um, like me dying over and over and over that it's like you know something that i can't get past it's it's just all about learning you know how to get you know around something that you don't or that you can't beat or you can't get past so i remember one section where you're i don't know in like it seems like like a bus station or a train station something like underground and you have to get to the exit but there's like so many clickers in there so you just have to kind of maneuver to the exit without tipping any of them off that you're in there. Um, one complaint I have is uh, the only way to to get a clicker off of you is with a shiv, and with these shivs, they they all of a sudden they just they get destroyed when you use them. So why don't these people have knives? Why? Why is? Why do I rely so much on limited ammo and weapons that I have to craft? Which is nothing wrong with. Because these if you had an unlimited knife, there it wouldn't be a game. Well, <laughs> but if I was in this setting, yeah, I yeah. would have like a crocodile Dundee Bowie knife strapped to my back at all times. Okay, that's not a knife. That's this not a knife. knife. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, I just don't quite understand why we rely so much on these handcrafted weapons and uh, guns that will run out of ammunition. I, 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 don't, I don't quite get it. But It's called willful suspension of disbelief. Okay. You know what I like to call it? I like to call it artificial level design. Artificial level design. I really felt that when I was playing The Last of Us, it felt too artificial they want to make you believe it's like scary but every time the set pieces felt too similar and i was actually playing it on hard from the get-go um and tried to do a very stealth approach and i read somewhere that you need these shifts to open special caches special doors so whenever a clicker got close to me i did not use the shift i would just die and then i would Try again instead of no, uh, yeah, using see, the shift. Screw that. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I, maybe it's just because I don't have the patience for that. But, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I took and, me, and also, I don't understand why the shivs just all of a sudden break when you pick a lock with them or you stab something with it. You're it's crafting yeah. them out of crap you find around the environment. They're not going to okay, last well, if I If I stab someone with a pair of scissors... Okay, they're not going to just break the first time that I use them every time. Maybe every now and then, but not but every time. There's a power up later wrong, on. I'm not really complaining about the game because I'm not. It's just minor. I, I just things. don't quite get that part. But whatever. My main gripe is that I don't have a knife duct taped to my hand permanently. <laughs> I believe there's a a power up later in the game that you can spend on that basically makes uh, a shift be used twice in yeah. a row instead of just once. Yeah. That but was that very helpful. Yeah, but like I said, I'm I'm pretty early in the game too. Uh, for those who have 
played the game. I just met Bill. So. Oh, okay. I'm, I know where you're at. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty early in the game. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, I will finish it because, like I said, I do like it. It's just not quite up there for me as it is for a lot of other people. And that's okay because, you know, the games that I really like, most other people don't. But that's fine. Um, I did mention I'm also playing Paper Mario Sticker Star. And I, I don't hate it. I really don't. I I like it for what it is. Um, I didn't, you know, obviously I, I wasn't blindsided like most people who bought the game, you know, because I, I did know about all these gripes that people had with the game before. So, and I did still buy it. So, you know, it's on me. But uh, I don't mind avoiding the, the combat to conserve stickers. Yeah, I, I don't mind that, you know, and... And sure, the lack of you know experience points, you know, it's it's a little annoying that your your attacks don't really ever matter. They don't ever really get stronger. I get it. It's just it's it takes an RPG and removes almost everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost <Right>. everything. <laughs> it leaves very little in it, and the story obviously is you know nothing but it's it's charming still i'm still having fun with it but you know i'm not like sitting down having you know, really long sessions of the game you know it's it's still like just kind of a fun little platformer that just happens to have uh, a couple of rpg things in it i mean i'm not going to say that it's game of the year or anything like that for me but uh, i do like it and i am having fun with it that said this is the first Paper Mario game that I've ever played. So if this is the bottom of the barrel and I'm, and I'm okay with it, then I can imagine that uh, the rest of them are okay. I did recently pick up uh, Super Paper Mario for the Wii, and uh, that was kind of the other one that kind of gets bashed a little bit as being, you know, pretty crappy in terms of Paper Mario well, games go. It's, but it's, I really like the concept like, yeah. with the perspective shift and stuff. I really like that a lot. I haven't put it in yet. It's just that it's under the Paper Mario name, and it's not really an RPG. Yeah. yeah. I, and I get it. I, I really do, because I hear so many good things about the first game and, and uh, Thousand Year Door, and I do plan on getting those both. Um, I, don't, I don't think Thousand Year Door you can't get on Virtual Console, can you? Uh, no, because I don't think they've done GameCube games yet. I was going to say, I didn't think you could, but I know you can get the first game on Virtual Console, yeah. so that's probably the route I'll go with that, because I hate the N64 controllers, so I can't imagine myself ever wanting to sit down and play an N64 game at length, uh, especially an RPG. So I'll, I'll get it on the Wii eventually, or you know, if I get a Wii U and it somehow makes it on there. Ideally, it would be on the 3DS. Um, that would be amazing if I could get Paper Mario on the... 3DS, but alas, they haven't done that yet either. Um, Thomas was alone. I've been playing that quite a bit, uh, and when I say quite a bit, you know, I've probably only put uh, oh three three hours into it. It's a pretty yeah. short game. I think it's only like a six, yeah, two two point two hours is what my Steam says. Um, but I've had to redo a lot of stages too because it's it's kind of an interesting uh, little platform where you play as these different shapes and uh, 
each shape has a different kind of jump pattern or, you know, obviously they're all different sizes and um, they all perform different functions and they, you kind of have to work together with each one of these shapes to get to the end of the stage and it's fun. It's a really simple graphic style, you know, everything's just squares on the screen, squares and rectangles. Um, it's got a little bit of a story to it and the story's pretty charming so it's a fun little platformer. It's pretty cheap on Steam. And then lastly, um, I decided to cash in a few of my hard-earned uh, Nintendo Club coins and uh, pick up uh, Mario Picross on the 3DS. And I love Picross games. They're just they're I equate them to like a, you know like a, a Sudoku or a you know crossword puzzle or something like that. Just something that you do to just kind of kill some time because it's fun and it uses you have to use your your brain a little bit, kind of like a brain age type thing. I think there might even be Picross on brain age. I'm not sure. I know there's like Sudoku and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been playing that for five six hours and I <laughs> beat like over a hundred puzzles on it. It's it's pretty addictive. It's crazy. And that's it. Whoa. That didn't take up a full half hour. Yeah, that was relatively <laughs> short for me. Mike, it's your it, turn. It what are you really hasn't been that long since we did an episode, so I didn't have right. a chance well. to uh, chance a bunch of games. Oh, there we go. There's <laughs> the phrase. <laughs> Got a chance it. All right. Um, so, there is actually quite a number of games that you guys have been playing. I tend to be a little bit more concise with the games that I play. Um, interesting for the guys who don't know me that well and actually are still around after three and a half hours. <laughs> I'm actually the kind of gamer who wants to finish his games and that has been a pretty big thing for me. So, Not me. Uh, for the yeah, um, I know I know I'm a little bit unique with that, but um, for the last three years I've been having this very very strict rule that if I start a game on a handheld, I can only have two handheld games at one time and two handheld games or two console games at the same time, uh, unless there's like a big reason why I started the game and postponed it. So I'm at the given time like a month or so I'm not a, playing a lot of games. All at once, uh, but usually just between four or six titles max. So uh, very interesting to, to see all the hopping around. Um, but let's see. Um, very quickly, though, I'm playing some Black Ops 2 uh, offline uh, couch uh, multiplayer uh, with my nephew um, and a good friend of his. Just It's been a lot of fun. It's a guilty pleasure, you know. As much as I love the JRPGs, just... To shoot some people in the face, I uh, I've, I've really been enjoying that. I actually went as far to buy all the uh, DLC maps for it, which really increased the longevity of the game. Uh, I did not pick up ghosts. Um, I was not amazed by it at all. Uh, it really did look not interesting. And then I found out that you actually don't have three-player couch multiplayer in Ghost, where you did have it four-player in Black Ops too. So yeah. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. And then, you know, on the off times, I'm actually, because it was PlayStation Plus here uh, in Europe, I've actually been replaying Borderlands 2 with my nephew, um, you know, which is uh, a lot of fun, you know, online, just to do some missions and some shooting again. I really, uh, really like 
that co-op style uh, and the multiplayer aspect. And by playing those games, uh, there's one game that really, really rose in ranks for very anticipated games of this year, and that's Destiny. Um, I'm actually going so far as to say that um, Destiny is going to be a PlayStation 4 system seller for me. I'll probably buy the system when the when Destiny launches because uh, I really want to have a fun first and easy to pick up first person shooter and one that I can play co-op. And I re- really looks like Destiny is going to be delivering. Uh, I really enjoyed the original Halo trilogy by Bungie, so uh, looking forward to some Destiny there. You guys do as well, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, Definitely. I haven't really been looking a lot into like the classes and the gameplay and everything. Uh, I just know that at first I thought it was a more straightforward shooter, but then I found out that it's very reminiscent of Borderlands, and then I was instantly sold, you know, with different classes and everything. So um, by far my most uh, interested Western game that I want to pick up together with the Telltale Graphic Adventures, which is two other games that I've been playing uh, early January, I finished uh, The Wolf Among Us Episode 1, which uh, I've never read Fables. I know nothing about it, but I absolutely love the atmosphere, style, characters to that game. So I'm really looking forward to what uh, the season is going to bring us for Wolf Among Us. I heard that the second episode is coming out uh, early February, so uh, looking forward to that. And then I also started Walking Dead Season 2, the first episode. Um it's, it's great. Great to be back in that world. Um, I really hope that they did learn from their, fault, from their faults that I had with the first game is that there is choice, but again, very artificial choice. It doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. How, how, do you feel, how do you guys feel about it? I think you finished, both have finished Walking Dead, right? Nope. No. Never played it. Never played it? Nope. I really want to. I... Uh... I want the physical release, but I heard that uh, there was some like well, kind of like glitchiness right at the beginning, like right when it was released. Like you shouldn't have bought the PS3 version because it would just like freeze and just totally just screw your save file. Um, and I just I just never picked it up, but I really want to though. I hear there, it's great. There's a new game of the year edition, and you might want to do some research. I think that they uh, fixed the. Um, the frame rate, frame rate issues. I think yeah, and it uh, comes with the the 400 days too. I think. Uh, yeah, like I'm not the, sure about the that. The little like the little episode that was between yeah. season one and season two. I thought about it, but uh, I just I don't know. I guess there was just some other yeah. higher priority games to pick up that I just haven't got it yet. I um I bought the physical release and uh the. Frame rate and glitchiness of it just kind of kept me from kind of playing it. And then somehow, I don't remember exactly how, I got spoiled on how season one ends. And I was like... Ah, fuck that. <laughs> I was like, well, there goes the entire reason of playing it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crappy. And I think it will be extremely hard to avoid spoilers with all the season two in news right now. Yeah. Um, I just don't pay any attention sucks to anything so <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't even it wasn't even um like reading anything online it was somebody who played it that i know and they're like oh did you know blah 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 and i was like 
motherfucker, I haven't even beat the game yet. He's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. And I was like, well, I'm not going to beat it now. You know? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because, I mean, that game is all story. So, I mean, you know, there's really no point in playing it other than the story. So, But sometimes, you know, if you get spoiled on something, you know, whether it's a movie or a game, sometimes yeah. it can also be interesting to kind of have the uh, the build up towards it, you know. That's yeah, but true. then that's all you think about yeah. when you're playing. True. It. You only you... think about okay, is this where it's going to happen, or or you know, is this you yeah know, where it's going to be? Yeah. Like, but I, I'm that way with like movies too. It's like if I if somebody's spoiled it for me, it's like all I can think about while I'm watching it is that outcome. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It just it kind of ruins the experience. But that doesn't kinda... ruin the movie necessarily, yeah. but. But it also kind of takes me back to a, a conversation we were having in the chat a few days – or not a few days ago. Maybe it was earlier today um, about Doctor Who and because Mike's currently getting ready to <laughs> start that adventure eventually. And we <laughs> I were need ta- to get back to that too. And we the were doctor's talk- going to set me down in my chair. You know, yeah. He's taking all my clothes off, doing some evil stuff to me. Man. Whoa. Uh, my body Whoa. is ready. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – we were discussing the regenerations, and I think you made kind of a, a snarky comment of, oh, spoilers. And I was like, yeah, but knowing and seeing are two different things. So yeah. maybe, I mean, there might be that kind of thing with Walking Dead, too. Like, maybe I should just finish it out, and maybe knowing and seeing are two different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, you know, just book a trip to Laguna Inc. It works. Yeah. But yeah, um... That's Walking Dead Season 2. Um, so you guys haven't played it. The one thing that I really disliked about it is they give you all sorts of choices. But in the end, it honestly didn't really matter. So uh, they had the 400 Days DLC, uh, which is basically a couple of new characters. You kind of play it in a uh, Rashomon style. You play them all together. Uh, and we have, uh, or separately, and you have no idea how it's going to re. Like, nothing that I've played so far in the first episode of Season 2 kind of relates to 400 Days. So I'm really interested to find out how they're going to be merging it. Yeah. And yet to make some interesting choices in 400 Days. And I really, really hope that it won't be as artificial and, like, you know, it doesn't really matter type of choice in Season 2. And I hope that they really learn from that. But um, I'm not expecting Walking Dead Season 2 to be as awesome and well-received as the first season. Um, luckily for me with the first Walking Dead season I was kind of before the hype train began I already finished them you know when they came out episode by episode Um, so yeah I was really lucky with that but uh, yeah that is uh, two quick evenings that I had because they're only like two or three hours long Mm, I finished like Steven I finished Super Mario 3D World 1st of January I still have to do the uh, extra worlds, but um, I think there are two left. But I'm actually playing that co-op with with my good friend uh, who comes over once every two or three weeks. So uh, I'll wait, and that will be finished somewhere somewhere this year. Uh, you know, probably quarter one, like a hundred percent completion. Really enjoyed it. Um, other than that, though, um, I've been playing Ace Attorney Investigations too. The first two cases got released as a patch as fan translation. Um, I'm actually enjoying it a little bit more than Ace Attorney 5, uh, at least as a start right now. Um, but yeah, it's like a half game. You know, I only have two of the five cases are translated, so I have to wait right now for the next three. 
So that sucks. But at least the game is coming in English, so, so I'm very happy with that, to have the full series available in English. Yeah, I was going to say, because you were talking earlier about how much you liked Ace Attorney, but I, I thought I remembered you said you didn't like the new one very much. Yeah, the thing with the new one is I kind of burnt myself on it. Um, there are a couple of series right now, like game series, um, that kind of got into the mindset, well, here's your game, here's the sequel, the prequel, and everything, and now here comes the new game, the new game that's tying it all together. Biggest example in case, Kingdom Hearts 3. It is like the game to tie everything together. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4 did that, and Metal Gear Solid 5 is coming now. Uh, and there are two game series which I feel are doing the same thing. That it, well, I thought it was going to be Ace Attorney 5, and of course I'm hoping Persona 5 to kind of do the same with all the preceding Persona games. So I got into the mindset of Ace Attorney 5 really being like cameoing and showcasing everything that we've seen in the previous games with a lot of the great characters uh, to return and everything. But the game, in that regard, delivered only halfway. Yes, it did offer some, but it still left me with a lot of questions on certain characters. And they said that they're working on the next Ace Attorney game, which there are rumors it might be an Investigations 3, uh, or it's going to be Ace Attorney 6. So... Um, I kind of set myself up for very impossible expectations, and it's been a very helpful uh, tool because I had just way too high expectations that were probably never going to be met. So, uh, if it go ahead, I was going to say, do these games okay? Like each game tells its own story, but the overarching like series does it tell like a complete story? Um. Yes, there is like basically a timeline going on. Okay. Um, so you have the original Phoenix Wright trilogy, which were the original three games. Um, okay. If you can just if you just play those three, never play anything again, you're you're great. You know that's great story. Uh, and then there is the fourth game, which is Apollo Justice, that takes place a couple of years after the Phoenix Wright trilogy. And then now there is Ace Attorney Five, which huh. uh, which is after after those four games. Okay. And then you have the investigation side spin-off that is taking place in between Phoenix Wright and Apollo Justice era. I guess I didn't realize that there was such an intricate storyline going on there. It's like you mentioned, each game really stands on its own yeah. except for the Phoenix Wright games, those are more tied together. Okay. Over the three games. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of great characters that you learned from game to game reappearing and everything. Um so yeah, I really thought that Ace Attorney 5 was going to be kind of like the missing link or connection between the Phoenix Wright era, the Miles Edgeward era, and the Apollo Justice era, which it really it kind of did. But the first couple of cases in Ace Attorney 5, they were uh, you know very slow paced, a lot of new characters, and it kind of felt like like a reboot remake kind of thing. Where I wish it would have been more. Here's the characters and like the crazy fun characters that you've met, you know, like witnesses on previous cases, which don't really contribute all that much to the overarching story, but are just fun to see again, you know, especially as it's been like eight or nine years in terms of timeline after the Phoenix Wright trilogy. So um, it's a fun series. It's a great series. Um, Ace Attorney 5 is by no means a bad game, but I just had a little bit too high expectations on it. So Yeah. Once those series get you know really going, the the hype train's hard to jump off of. 
Yeah, like just just look at Persona Five, man. Yeah. It is it is impossible. Like I have only seen like a teaser trailer of like thirty <laughs> seconds. Uh, I don't think I think I've released it on my channel. It was like a thirty minute. I think it's together with my Persona Four Arena review, where I just go expectations of what I would like to see in Persona Five, and that game, you know, it can only disappoint right now because I was in say, my head I, I have this it's awesome gonna be, game. It's going to be nothing like what you you want it to be. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I envision Persona Five the way they set up Arena, uh, like this mixing of of Persona Three, Persona Four. Those two worlds, they did something really unique in Arena um, by tying those two groups of characters together. And I really want to see like a continuation of that in Persona 5, like a couple of years later, uh, where they're both working together to fight and find this all evil. Yeah. But I really think that Persona 5 is going to be ending up like a whole new set of characters. Probably, yeah. Maybe a cameo here and there. Because uh, 3 and 4 don't tie back to 1 and 2, do they? Very, very little. Yeah. In I believe in three, there's like this TV show on on some days, and they make like snarky comments on like this characters on a gay dating show. But yeah. um, one and two are very close, uh, very related to each other. There's a couple of uh, big characters from uh, one into that yeah. aged, um, and um, yeah, Persona Two story is really great as well. Uh, the gameplay is very archaic, but yeah. Together, Innocent Sin and Eternal Punishment, they deliver a great story. Uh, and I would really love to see all the, or at least some of the main characters from 1, 2, and then 3 and 4 really come together and fight this whole new super bad guy that has been pulling the strings behind all the individual Persona games. I would love to see that, you know. Yeah. But I don't think if, I don't know if Atlas is ready to pull that, that move. Yeah, because if, if they if they did that, that'd be kind of the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, what would they do after that? Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can always think of something. You know, but um, I, I feel that a lot of game series are kind of going that way, um, but trying to tie everything together yeah. uh, with the intricate storylines that they did. But we'll have to wait and see with Persona Five. It's the, I expect the next couple of months to be screenshots here and there, some gameplay yeah. here, meet your newest character, um, and yeah, we'll ha we'll really have to wait and see how that goes. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at with Mass Effect because Paige has been talking yeah. so much about Mass Effect. It's like they're getting ready to make a new one, but it's like, where does it go? You know, what what, what can it do? You know, I don't know. Yeah, do they go the prequel? Yeah, the thing with Mass Effect is how I envision. How I envision is they're going to be doing like two, three hundred years later, probably or yeah. earlier, something like that. So yeah. there's actually no possible chance that you can meet some of the old characters. Sure, they might have some shrines or anything like in remembrance of this great uh, leader, this character or this character from the game, you know. Um, but I would say that is the best way to go because you should have a fresh new start, uh, new races or new alien types that you can introduce. Um, and it makes sense because you need to have played the Mass Effect games in detail for this, but it makes sense to do that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know what I'm hinting at, but I don't want to throw it out there. It's been a while since I've played it, but I think I kind of have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Mass Effect, a new Mass Effect trilogy is something that I would really like to see, but Bioware has been very shaky especially after the EA took over. Exactly, we yeah. saw that with 2 and especially with 3. 
um, I am not I'm not hyping up I'm I'm not rushing out as much for Mass Effect the new Mass Effect as I would say uh, a new Alan Wake or a new <laughs> uh, Bioshock. Uh, don't talk about Alan Wake because that just makes my heart hurt because I'm going to buy an Xbox One probably for the the new Alan Wake. Nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm buying a copy. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's true. But I don't have a good gaming PC. Now, I'll buy a copy and I'll find somebody who has Xbox One and I say, <laughs> hey, here's 20 euros. Me Give me two it. nights. I'll finish it. <laughs> yeah. that's that, I mean, I could go out to Ernie's and play it. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I, I really love Remedy, Remedy Entertainment. I love the first two Max Payne games. Those, those are really some of my favorite games uh, of that era. Uh, and and Alan Wake was fantastic. Uh, American Nightmare was was fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm also already very interested in Quantum Break, um, which I'm honestly, unless there are going to be new cave shmups or there's going to be like Mistwalker JRPGs again, yeah. like really or like an exclusive SMT title on Xbox <sighs> One. I, I really don't want to buy the system. I I really don't feel like I really don't feel like there's going to be much JRPG. Japanese stuff on the Xbox One. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I feel like after the 360, I feel like Japanese companies are really going to kind of shy away from that. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it really shows. You know, there is like no launch date set for the Xbox One in Japan itself. Yeah. So that it means that there's probably no support already from like uh, companies. I actually just read an article on Silicon Era that uh, they're planning the Japanese launch and they're hinting at a lot of Japanese games that they haven't announced yet that they're going to be uh, releasing in Japan in 2014. So I think we can get uh, some interesting games on the PlayStation side from Japan, but I don't think that will be the case from uh, Microsoft and Xbox. You know, that kind of brought up uh, something that I really haven't even looked into because... The PS4 launch was before the the Japanese launch. The the North American launch was before the Japanese launch. Is the PS4 region free? The PlayStation 4 is region free, so you can buy games if you want to from any region. But (laughs) there is always a but. Yeah, there's always a but. The the publisher or the developer, they can impose a region lock like they did with Persona 4 Arena. Yeah, okay. But that's promising, though. That's, That's... Oh, definitely. It's better than Nintendo's giving us, you know, so. Yeah, you know, I, 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 there's, you know, we'll get to that in a couple of seconds or in a couple of minutes when I talk about the big game that I've been playing. Yeah. Oh. PlayStation Vita is region free. Yeah. It's region free, so I can just import it. Oh. I can have fun with it, you know, not a problem at all. Sure, there's the downloadable thing. You, I can't get like North American or like Japanese yeah. store titles. But, you know, I can import if I want to, you know. So if there's an interesting game that I can't play in Japanese, I can import it. So Well, uh, I'm going to start stop wasting time and let you get to the big thing then. Yeah, the big game that I've been playing, it's uh, it's a PlayStation Vita title. It's uh, Hatsune Miku Project Diva F. Uh, it's the, the rhythm game from Sega that has been released last summer on the PlayStation 3. Um from time to time, I really enjoy playing rhythm games. Um, I played the demo on the PlayStation 3 of, of Project Diva F, and yeah. I absolutely hated it. Really? I just I just couldn't get into it. And right from the get-go, when I played it, I knew why. 
and this is because I never played a rhythm game on a console. I always played them on my DS or my uh, PSP or PlayStation Vita now, uh, and I have a pretty big television, and just it is the game is very colorful and in your face, and it just getting around because it's like a note game. The notes appear all the way across the screen. Uh, and that can be very frustrating on like a set 47-inch TV that I have. Uh, so that was a no-go in terms of PlayStation 3 version. So I knew that at some point I wanted to import a PlayStation Vita version. Then, of course, it got actually got announced for localization. It is coming out in a couple in, in quarter one, uh, both in North America and Europe, for the PlayStation Vita in English, but only as a digital download. So... Um, that sucks a little bit. Um, but then I found out I actually had some store credit at PlayAsia, uh, like 30 bucks or something like that. So I only had to pay like 10, 10 euros extra to get Project Diva F, uh, the, the best price version. So, um, I went with that, picked it up and, um, I just had an absolutely blast playing through it. Um, the game is absolutely fantastic. Um, I started off on easy difficulty, then to normal, hard, and extreme. And I've only been playing this game for the last little bit over two weeks. And I can remember playing the songs on normal for the first time, and I was struggling with it, so I went with easy. And then in the course of like two weeks, so like uh, every train ride, so twice a day for like five five days a week, I'm actually able that in like 10 or 12 hours, I'm able to play extreme with relative ease you know i can manage my way through the extreme songs which the really really difficult ones i found out you have to play with two hands instead (laughs) of one hand i was gonna say because you were talking about your hands really hurting your hands yeah um the thing is with the vita um with with the gameplay um is you gotta hit the notes and there's also these double notes where basically the d-pad resembles the face button so hit right and circle at the same time you have like the double note. Um, but, you know, you're so used to just hitting the face buttons with your right hand. But the FIDA, it isn't actually like the best system if you hit have to hit like 10 times circle in like one or two seconds. So on extreme setting, and if you guys are interested, just type in Project Diva F extreme a perfect or something like that. And you can see the note patterns that are coming up after the podcast. It is absolutely ridiculous um on hard difficulty i was able to get all the songs on 95 percent or better but uh extreme is ridiculous um you know just insane you know note patterns like so many different same notes in like the same seconds you got to do it with two with two hands you know like alternating between right circle right circle right circle and that is a whole new set of mind gameplay that it's not in you know, that's not that's not how I learned to play the game. So um, that's similar to like the DS uh, drum games that I played. That, uh, that I imported or I imported those on my flashcard, uh, and I played them with the stylus, one hand. And then I found out it's a game that you actually have to play with two hands. So uh, <laughs> I was able to beat that game on the hard difficulty as well. So uh, I got to get a medal for that or something like <laughs> that because that is absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, but that really cramps up your hand, um, both the Taikon and Tatsujin games on DS or uh, Hatsune Miku. Um, but it is addictive, man. These Vocaloid songs, 
if you play them a couple of times, you have no idea what they're singing, but those tunes are so fucking catchy, you know, coming off the Persona soundtracks, which I really love. Uh, this is just a match made in heaven, you know, rhythm game, crazy Japanese, awesome music. Um, so the music's kind of comparable to Persona 4, because I really like the, the music in Persona 4. It is really typical J-poppy, you know, it is, okay. there's... There, there's like a kind of variety of styles, you know, some are the more relaxing, you know, I hate the word, but emo type songs. Okay. But then there's, there's like a typical upbeat J-pop and then, you know, there's like some resemblance of like electronic and then a little bit of rock oh. in there. Um, and the thing with Hatsune Miku is she's the main character. Yeah. Um, but there are five other characters um, that have their own songs or there's like a twin with a blonde guy and a blonde girl, they have like duets and everything. Um, so it's it's hmm. the game had about thirty five songs or something like that. Uh, and you know, I they have a timer. I've spent about fourteen fifteen hours in the game, and uh, it's it's crazy because I I love these very challenging type of games from time to time, like shmups or rhythm games, uh, and really try to get in there and try to get the songs on like high, uh, excellent, uh, and perfect and everything. Um, perfect game at the right time. Uh, the year before it, I had another rhythm game on the Vita, DJ Max Technica Tune, which um, that was a system seller for me as well. Uh, I don't really want to recommend DJ Max Technica Tune to that many people for the obvious reason, and that's the fact that this game is the most rare PS Vita game out right now. It sucks. Wait, wait, wait. It sucks because you can't find it? Yeah, it sucks okay. because you can't, it, it's <laughs> like a really limited print run. Gotcha. Um, they actually made a limited edition. Um, Pete Dore unboxed that, and that's how I found out about the game. And I knew I had to had to get it. So um, there's something Pete did good for the last couple of months for me. Huh. Um, but that limited edition is even more harder to find. So, but that's like you, a whole different game. I was gonna say, did you have? Do you have the limited edition? No, no, no. I just okay. have the normal oh. copy of uh, DJ Max, um, just you know the blue case, gotcha. um, which you know I was lucky to snag up. So uh, I have no idea if they're going to be making another DJ Max game. I would easily, easily snag that up. That is fully touch based, by the way. Yep. Hatsune Miku is uh, partly controlled uh, with the face buttons, and you also have some uh, front or touch pad uh, notes that you gotta hit. From time to time, um, I actually found out on the harder difficulties. This is like a cheat code for anybody out there. If you just, you know, slide your finger up and down really fast, it hits them no matter what rhythm it's on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they didn't really proof proof test the uh, the back notes that oh, much, but that's funny. <laughs> That's like a, a little, little bit of cheating on the extreme difficulty. Well, I only found out on that, you know, because it's so difficult to do it. I got to tell you, I'm not usually interested in these rhythm games, but, I, you know, and you've been talking so much about this in the chat that, uh, you know, after you talking about this, I, maybe, I, you know, I might look into it. Although I do have a lot of download games on my Vita that I haven't really touched quite yet so <laughs> i don't know i guess we'll see i don't know if there's going to be a demo for the playstation vita but yeah. you can always download the playstation 3 demo oh, get a true. kind of a feel for it yeah. um just you know keep in mind on a big screen it can be you have to the head tracking you know follow it the patterns yeah. is harder to do than on a smaller screen right. 
Um, but other than that, though, there is another rhythm game that I highly, highly recommend, which uh, it's looking at me right now, and that's Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. I know. I need to pick that up because I'd probably really like that. Ah, don't pick it up. I have high hopes. I have high hopes for Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Curtain Call for localization this year as well. But is that a, is that a full sequel, or is that just like an updated version? Basically what they did, Theater Rhythm came out on the 3DS. They had a shit ton of paid DLC, yeah. which uh, I did not buy. Then the game got ported to the iOS, which if you had an old iPhone 4 like myself, sucked. And they <laughs> added in even more songs okay. in there. And now Curtain Call is coming out, which is like a 1.5. Gotcha. They, they promised all the songs, even more Final Fantasy characters. Um, okay. Coming out, I believe, in March or, or May in Japan. Um, so I really hope that, in, that, that Square Enix localizes this game. Okay. Um, I'll hold off then. Because I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, um, hopefully we'll get some Square Enix localization news soon um, regarding curtain call and like they announced a shit ton of other games like the iOS prequel to Type Zero Agito uh, officially not announced for localization as well and you know yeah let's hope that they uh, give that some love I don't know but yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm rapidly losing faith in Square Enix oh yeah uh, actually today has been like a very big day for me in terms of video production yeah. I had a lot of audio files that I still needed to end, uh, render. One of them being an hour long. Just It is a rant just on the state of Square Enix. Oh, I can't uh, wait. I, <laughs> I really need to upload it. This is like yeah. recorded like a couple of months ago. But except for those minor announcements, nothing has really changed. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting to see because Final Fantasy is my favorite series. I love Squaresoft, and I really enjoyed Square Enix. Um, but yeah, 2013, I have to put Atlas on top, and Shin Megami Tensei as my favorite. Yeah. It's uh, so, I actually play... I was just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just so weird how the, the, the giants are just crumbling these days. Like, Capcom is a shell of its former self. Square Enix is a, is a shell of Squaresoft and Enix, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's kind of like the smaller, like Falcom and Atlas, they're really kind of, you know, becoming the, the, the torchbearers in a way, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's be honest, we had a very shaky Atlas year. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. With the takeover and everything, I really was worried at some point. I because of, all the, because of all these giants fumbling and Sega taking them over, I was like, fuck it, man, Atlas, it's, it's gone. Yeah. But, uh... It's looking really, really good so far. I, I um, really, I really, I really hope Atlas takes some of Sega's old IPs, i.e. Shining Force, and just starts going to town with it. Fantasy Star, you know? It's just like, oh my yeah. god, you know? I would really enjoy that on the one hand, but I also realize the fact that Atlas is not a very big company. Yeah. And I like them focusing on Atrian Odyssey, Persona, yeah. and Shit Megami Tensei. Uh, and I don't want to interfere it with that, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, as much as, you know, I've never been a very big Sega RPG fan, yeah. like Valkyria Chronicles I really enjoyed, but I've never played the Shining Force games. Uh, I only finished the first Fantasy Star. Uh, Skies of Arcadia was great. Um, I'd love to see that, but 
I'd rather have Atlas yeah. make another Catherine or make another Radiant Historia. Well, okay, we'll talk about, yeah, Radiant Historia, I would love to see another one. Uh, Catherine, I haven't thrown in yet. Shin Megami Tensei, uh, I'm going to kind of just throw this out there. I think Shin Megami Tensei could kind of take a few years off. Because <laughs> there's so true. there's so many SMT games, you know what I mean. It is it has been very overwhelming, and yeah. I would say last year I finished eight or nine of them. Good God! Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. I was finishing them left and right, like to hype up for SMT four. I finished the Super uh, Super Famicom fan translations of one and two SMT. Yeah. That's, that's... Um, I finished Etrian Odyssey four. Yeah. Persona four Golden took about eighteen hours. I finished the PS1 classic Persona 2. Wait, uh, did you say 80 or 18? 80. 80, okay. So that was a time suck. Yeah. Uh, then I finished uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment on the PS1. Dragon's Crown. Soul Hackers. Holy shit, I finished a lot of damn crazy. <laughs> I replayed Catherine. Yeah. Um, and then I still have Atrian Odyssey Untold that uh, I haven't even started yet. Let me ask your opinion on um, Catherine real quick. Now, like, okay, when I throw that in, I'm going to be completely new to the game. Should I just go for the easiest difficulty level? Because I've heard a lot of people say that. Just play it on the easiest difficulty level you can. Um, Cause is do, it, you like, is, do you like puzzle games at all? Uh, I do, but there's a point where... Because I've heard that, like later levels are just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's kind of a point where... Like with a game like Catherine, I, I hear like the puzzle aspect is really just kind of benign, and really you just want to play it for like the story segments. Yeah, I actually don't like it when people say that because the story is phenomenal. It is yeah. like this really mature story that I've hardly ever seen in video games, uh, yet it still maintains that very Atlas st- type to it. Yeah. Very, very type of you know characters, but the story is fantastic. But I really enjoyed the gameplay. You know, right. you really it from the you play like seven or eight nights dungeons kind of, uh-huh. and it slowly progresses you through the type of gameplay. You know, you gotta move up. Uh, you got you have these type of blocks. Um, and yes, I had some difficulty stumps. I just played on normal, um, and then later on in the game, uh, you know, I was struggling a bit. Um, yeah. And then I watched how to beat one level on YouTube, and then I was like. Oh, you can also use this gameplay type in reverse. So instead of just only pulling blocks, it's very hard to explain this, but instead of only pulling blocks, you could also like push a block so it would drop down and then you could move up. You know, once you once that clicks in your mind. Okay. You know, so, I really enjoyed the gameplay. Okay, so normal is like manageable. Once you figure out normal, how normal is manageable, but okay. if you struggle with the gameplay uh, in the first couple, in the first four or five nights, I can guarantee you that the game will kick your ass in the final two dungeons or final three. Okay. And if you're not the type of gamer who just says, you know, fuck it, I'm looking it up on YouTube how I can beat it, and, and rather just put it on your shelf, then you'll never beat the game. Okay. No, I, I would definitely look it up, but I think like the people, the way people talk on YouTube, it, it really made me kind of scared of like the later dungeons, like. I wouldn't just be able to do it at all. And I was like, you know, the story is supposed to be so good in this. I don't want to miss out on that. So should I just play it on the easiest version? You know, that's that that's, that was kind of the yeah. question I had. 
yeah, it's on the one hand, I would recommend it because you can experience the story, but on the other hand, you will miss like the challenge that you have to right. actually get through the game. You'll miss so, that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Because the gameplay can be really addictive, and I think that a lot of people just really rush through the game. If you like, after each level, like it's kind of like Mario. Each dungeon is like one, two, or, or like three or four levels. Uh, you get into this little hub area where you can talk to these other guys that have to cross the tower. Uh, they give you some very helpful tips. Like, yeah. uh, have you thought about using this combo in terms of block? And it shows you on the side like a little explanation, like a mini clip on how you pull it off in terms of gameplay. Okay. Yeah, I would, but, I would say try for normal. About how many hours is that total from start to finish? Uh, Ten hours. Ten hours, okay. Ten hours, yeah. Uh, and actually, there's one awesome thing about it. If you've beat the game, uh, I believe you also need to get high scores, but I don't know. But if you beat the game, you, I actually now have a mode where I'm uh, able to... You, of course, you can always skip the cutscenes, but I now have the option to skip the gameplay. So I can just pop the game in and just watch the entire story, oh, which is really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I don't okay. know if you needed to get like gold medals on all the levels or something like that, okay. but... Uh, it it was it is it I really enjoyed the game. It was a great story, great gameplay, and those graphics. Ah, oh, I look forward to Persona 5's graphics. Well, that's good because I was actually quite scared of that game for a while. Like there are a couple of games that I can't get into because they are too too difficult. It is not of the Demon Souls, Dark Souls variety in terms of difficulty. Okay. It is absolutely not. Chance. So yeah, try it out. Try it out. Okay. Chance, are you still awake over there? I am. Oh. Just <laughs> listening. Actually, I'm kind of interested in all this Catherine talk because I just picked that up too. Oh, good. Okay, good. So we're we're all on the same page here. Yep. <laughs> were you okay? Let me ask you this: Were you scared of it too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I don't know. It was. Just... But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really. I've, I've played all the Layton games, so I'm very comfortable at like yeah. these puzzle type games. Um, you know, zero escape games. They're, they're, it's kind of comparable to like Catherine, you know, with the puzzles and having to think logically. It's you know, I am unathletic as shit. But if there's one thing that I am, I have good. It's it's my brain. You know, I, yeah. I can do some You're pretty awesome things with it. Well, yeah, I would, <laughs> I, would I would definitely say uh, if you haven't, like, definitely try the room and room two because. You'll, you'll be surprised. You'll start, you'll start thinking about things, and then you'll see things. You'll be like, "Oh, I need that." You know what I mean? And it, but, it's kind yeah, of it's I, kind of weird how the logic works in your they, brain. They were they were scary, right? Or or uh, they have they're not scary. They have creepy moments. Creepy moments, all right. Because yeah. I, I, if there's something that I'm not really a big fan of, it's like the jump scare thing. Uh, no, this is more like a Silent Hill kind of atmospheric right. type thing. Right. They were free or paid for. Uh, well, I, I, I can't speak for the European iOS store, but, um, the first one should be free and the second one is like six bucks at most. You're not going to be spending more than seven, seven us mm. dollars. I don't know what the, the translation is for euros. Yeah. That's, I, I, yeah. If it's like, uh, now nah, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. Kind of uh, like my type of game. So, uh, if you, especially if you like nine, nine, nine and virtue's last reward, that room yeah, escape. That. Yeah. You'll like it. Yeah, it's been a while since I played an iOS game. Like uh, last year, May, when those when the uh, Layton Brothers, the spin-off for yeah. Professor Layton, came out. So, 
Got to look into that. I'm, uh, sounds sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we are closing in on four hours of podcasting. So <laughs> let me just. Those weren't even all the games that I've been playing, man. Oh shit! Well, then continue. <laughs> no, I was only. I'm I'm playing. Uh, I'm sorry. I really just yeah. I just started off with uh with Rayman Legends. Uh huh. First world is done. I'm really enjoying it. Um. I really rushed through Raymond Origins together with a, with friends, so I can't really remember it all that well. But I actually, just found out that in Raymond Legends, at least on the Wii U, you can unlock like remastered levels of Origins. Really, it's kind of like two games in one. Because I have Origins for the Vita, and I haven't thrown it in yet. Hmm. I, I think there were like fifty or sixty levels in Origins, yeah. and now they did like a remastering of like forty of their favorite levels and remaster them with new locations of the little creatures that you got to save and everything. So huh. I think that you get a lot of bang for your buck for Raven Legends. Well, that's that's that, that's definitely one I'm writing down for my Wii U. Yeah, cause... yeah definitely. Yeah, It was a uh, Black Friday deal, uh, like 16 euros here uh, in the UK. Uh, so I decided to go for it, you know. Yeah. Um, because Origins, it was, it, was, it was a fun platform. I had it on a 360. Uh, but it really didn't stick, and it was not a platformer that I went the extra mile of getting all the creatures and everything. I just played it through completion and the credits. But uh, with Legends, I'm feeling that this is the type of game that I really want to like collect all these creatures, and you got to collect these, uh, you know, ringed types, like these lumps or something, like these yellow bulbs. If you get enough of those in a level, you get like a gold medal and everything. So uh, fun for the completionists, which I am. But yeah, check it out um, for the Wii U. Oh, I think yeah. it's dropping in price. And then there's one more game which I'm playing, and I'm I sunk a lot of time into that one today. I'm about three hours in, and that is Ease Four: yes. Memories of Celseta. Yes, finally. I am. <laughs> I I have uh, of course because my uh, I lend out my North American 3DS, so I can't play Etrian Odyssey Untold. My aunt, she's big in a, a, a graphic adventures in Ace Attorney, so she's playing Ace Attorney 5. And I forgot my European 3DS, so I can't play Pokemon X, Bravely Default, Layton 6. <laughs> They're sitting on my shelf, you know, just the cards. Oh, They're man. teasing me. Yeah. So I had to go, you know, because it's it's such a crime, you know, to having to do this. I had to start with East 4, Memory Social Setup. Yeah. But I'm going to be very honest here. I really enjoyed Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles and Oath in Felgana. That's my favorite. Ease Origin was mm, meh. I just played through the to Tova, Totika, the girl story. You should play through Hugo's because it's a completely different gameplay experience. Because it plays more like a, a twin stick shooter. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah. I had some issues with the game running on my PC. Oh, I see. It it really can't handle it well, so really, because my uh, my crappy laptop can run Origin like a champ. No, it. The thing is, if I play games on my laptop, it gets really warm and everything, oh, and see. very loud fan as I well. Gotcha. So that's why I don't really like to play a lot of of long sessions on PC. Um, but at least I finished the girl story, and then E seven. It was a little bit too long for my tastes. And I really, honestly, I did not like the switching partner mechanic. I played the entire game as Adol, oh. uh, except for the parts where you had to switch for different yeah. powers or something like that. You'll like Celseta more because it relaxes that a bit. Because 7 was very rigid with the fact that 
like you could play through Celseta as just Adol. Okay. And you, that's I mean, good to know. You'll yeah. find enemies with different weaknesses that you'll deal less damage to, but honestly, I didn't switch all that much. I, I, I kinda kept to Adol through the entire game. So it's not as rigid as what seven felt like. Okay. Yeah. Alright, that's good to know. Uh so I'm about three hours in and I really enjoyed, of course, visuals look great. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack. Um, it's typical Falcom. I got to get used to the fact that it's also typical East, so it's more very high-powered, yeah. you know, music songs instead of the more relaxing kind, like in Trails in the Sky. I just got to get used to East because <laughs> it's been two years since I played an East game, or like a year and a half. But honestly, in terms of the gameplay, I am not really enjoying it <gasps> let let me explain let oh, me explain oh god mike you've done nothing but cut my heart all night <laughs> let me explain <laughs> so i'm playing on uh, i'm i'm in the mine dungeon and i'm in the um the, the great plains or the beast plains and the only thing that i'm doing right now is X, 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 square, 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 X, X, X. I want to do the, I don't even run. I just do the dash, 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 and then get to an enemy, slash him a couple of times, and then do a skill move. And I don't know. I posted it on Twitter, and uh, Holy Keel, uh, he posted, he said, you know, restart the game and put it on a higher difficulty because you will get more enjoyment out of it. And now I'm already three hours into it. I did all my grinding and did the quests. I'm hoping that the game will become more difficult. So you but so you already bumped up the difficulty? You can't. Oh. You can only tone the difficulty down oh. when you start the game. You can't turn it up. Uh. So I have to restart my entire uh, playthrough, yeah, but th which also means getting through the slow-paced explanation of yeah. how I can attack. Uh, so yeah, I'm at a I'm at a tough part right now because I risk uh, I risk getting really bored out on the game very fast because I I feel it's it's too easy you know and it's too only, button mash. It's only three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But then on the other hand, I risk you know playing it on hard where it might get too hard for my <laughs> tastes and I get stumped at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad game. Don't get don't get me yeah. wrong, but um, I can I tend to be very critical of 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 you know you mentioned something in the last podcast as well. You know you hold JRPGs to a higher esteem, uh -huh. so you tend to be more critical. I try to do that as yeah. well. Well, and if you remember yeah. my 2013 list, I don't even think Celseta made the top ten. I could be wrong. Hmm. Maybe maybe it made eight, I, but it didn't it didn't rank as highly as I thought it was going to make. And it's it's basically just a prettier version of E7. So whatever your reaction was to E7 is pretty much going to be your reaction to Celseta. And unfortunately, for those people who don't like that, that's kind of the way E is going to be from now on. It's going to have that party system and that switching. And it's not going to be just Adol running around by himself like it was in Felgana and all the other games. So... Yeah, because the the thing with, with the thing with E7 and now that I'm finding out with Celseta is I don't feel that it's um, a very technical type of action RPG. You know, there's in East of One and Two Chronicles, and especially in Oath and Felgana, I felt that there was a lot of platforming elements like jumps and everything yeah. involved. 
uh, I'm completely missing that in 7 and in Salsetta. It's just, here's your area, just run around, clear out the map and get your exploration percentage up. Yeah. And then hit everything in advance. Oh, and here's a boss fight. Here you need to be a little bit tricky, you know? If uh, if uh, you like that platforming, then you'll like East 5 and the Pishtum. Because it has that yeah. in there. So. And then on the other hand, it's like a very button mashy type. And then I'm like, I'm looking at my collection right now. Next to it is like the Tails games. Yeah. Where I'm like, hey, that's way more technical. You know, you got a comboing system and everything. And it, I know Salsetta has the comboing and the skill set. I just mapped. I, I have two skills right now yeah. with the R and then square and X. You know what it might be? You might just not be in the mood for that kind of RPG. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're just in the mood for like a, a more technical RPG. And maybe you should just put Salsetta up and play like a more technical one. And then come back to it when you feel like really playing that action heavy type game. Because I find that sometimes with my stuff like, uh, you know... I'm playing something and I don't really feel like I'm liking it. And, you know, I, I think maybe I'm just not into this right now. So I, I put it up and I come back to it later and I, I like it more later on. So maybe you're, just yeah. not, maybe you're just not in the mood for ease right now. Uh, maybe not. Or maybe, you know, maybe I got to give it a try on a higher difficulty. That's true as well. Uh, yeah. On hard. Maybe try it like that. that but then it becomes more. Because honestly, there's a block button on the game, but I have only used it on the boss fight, you know? I'm going to tell you what, I never touched that block button once. <laughs> See, that is, that is, those are not very good signs, you yeah. know? That's not the type of things that I want to hear. Use, I, use the dodge, I use the dodge a lot more. I found the dodge a lot more. Yeah, the dodge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very helpful, especially during that first boss when he was mowing around with his arms. Oh, yeah. I, when he telegraphed that he was pulling it up, then I just dodged to the other side, hit his belly a couple of times and did the same thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm going to be continuing to playing this game because honestly, it is the only handheld game that I can play that I haven't finished yet. Um, but I really hope that the game picks up a little bit. And maybe it's just over the last year and a half, I felt that you know I I overthink the difficulty of ease. Maybe it was already easy. Mm. Ease, easy. Ha 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 ha. Uh, I, it depends on what game you're talking about because sometimes East is really fucking hard. I really struggled with the final bosses in East One and Two Chronicles. Oh yeah, they were well, really tough. Oh yeah, fucking dark fact, man. It's getting all the tel uh, the the flooring underneath me. I fell down the hall a couple of times. Uh, well, I played the uh, the the Turbo Graphics version on the Wii Virtual Console, and the, the minute I beat Dark Fact, like you have no idea because it was like the i don't know the 12th time i was trying to fight him and my hands were cramping and my muscles were tense oh. and as soon as i beat him i just dropped the controller and like walked away from the tv <laughs> i had to watch the finale on youtube because i i just walked away from the tv because i was like <laughs> i have to go like recuperate you know because i mean as bad i don't i mean i haven't got to that point in chronicles yet but I'm telling you, uh, the original TurboGrafx version will break your hand because you're, like, running around so much. It's bad. Yeah, I, I figured that, that those are way more difficult than Chronicles. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Oath and Felgana that had some tough fights as well. Oh, yeah. That's what but I can't, that, can't really read. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah. But. I'm really hoping, because I don't know what they're going to do with East next, whether they're going to go East 8 or they're going to remake Kelvin. But if they remake Kelfin, I really hope they remake it like Felgana, where it's just Adol by himself running around. And but I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get that style ever again. 
I think it's going to stay the party system from now on out. Yeah, we'll really have to wait and see what Falcom is going to be doing next. They haven't really announced what they're doing in Japan besides yeah. the newest Trails game and then the Trails 5. Oh my god, we're so far they're... behind in that series. We're so far behind. Oh, it's fucking horrible, man. It you is. know, having to listen to Taylor and, and, and Greg, Greg talk oh, about I, this, I do. Oh. talking about, you know, there's this Kiseki game with Ease, which called Nayuta no Kiseki. Yeah. It's like, what are we on now? Six or seven over there? And we're, we, haven't yeah, got the, we haven't got the second yeah. one yet? Trails of Flesh is, is either out or coming out, and that is the sixth game in the Trails, Trails series. So you have, uh, you know, Trails in the Sky, which was first chap- first chapter, second chapter, the third. Then you had either, you had Trails of Blue, Trails of Sky, and Trails of Flesh. Yeah. And then in between you had the spin-off Nayata no Kiseki, yeah. which translates to something like Trails of Nayata. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, come on, fan translators, make it happen, because... I don't know if XC can do it. I really don't. I mean, they're just—they're not big enough to handle all that. Yeah, I, I. What I really hope that happens is that fan translators tackle Nayata no Kiseki. I heard that it's uh, not a very script-heavy game. Yeah. Less script-heavy than the other ones. Um, and then you know we gotta put faith in that second chapter sells so well that uh, that the third, which is shorter, will also get translated. Li- yeah. Uh, well, officially, I've already made the uh, commitment to myself, which I did the same thing with Xenoblade. Was when it comes out, I'm going to buy it on my Vita, and I'm also going to buy it on Steam, even though I probably can't play it on Steam on my my current PC. But I'm going to buy both versions just mm. to. That's that's yeah. that's just what I do. Like when you know, I, I'm still yeah. holding out for some some type of Xseed special edition box with just the download code. Yeah. That would that would be nice. Something physical. Maybe just like an online thing only. Yeah, like from their store. Yeah. Which then should have international shipping. <laughs> Otherwise I will come and hunt them down. Oh uh, yeah. They, well yeah. they don't they don't have like a they don't have a European branch. It's Ghostlight over there, right? Uh, that's kinda of, that's kinda of, maybe the equivalent. Celseta is out. And I think Nis America localized them. Really? Um, Ghostlight has been really fucked in the ass by Nis America. Like Nis America has stolen a lot of the SMT titles Uh for the 3DS. So Ghostlight can't do them anymore. Uh, I believe Celseta got published by Nis America. I'm not 100% sure on that. And Ghostlight has basically announced nothing. Wow. What about Rising Star? Are they still doing stuff over there? Rising Star is still doing stuff. Uh, they did Deadly Premonition. They did uh, Rune Factory and uh, the other series, uh, Harvest Moon. Did you? But they are not doing shmups anymore. Did you play? Because they sold so bad. Did you play Deadly Premonition? I have not. Oh my god! Come on. <sighs> I. I, I have not played the game. Yeah. Um, Are you a fan of Twin Peaks? Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? Are you a fan of Twin Peaks? You're David. Lynch yes. Fan. Yeah, okay. I, I watched uh, it. Well, I watched it about a year ago. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. Dude, you will love Deadly Premonition. You will. But isn't it supposed to be like this really badly controlled survival horror it's, game? It's not that bad, to be honest with you. It, it's part of the charm of it. Like, if you can get it for cheap, pick it up because the the charm of it especially if you're a twin peaks fan um far outweighs any negative the game has 
Hmm. Interesting. You guys do realize that I'm under pressure here, right? I put pressure on I myself. I know, 25 games for the year, but one of those games should be Deadly Premonition. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly Premonition. Think it's of, tricky. Yeah. Like, tricky. okay, you know how, like, um, Alan Wake makes all those Twin Peaks references? Yeah. Yeah. Deadly Premonition is, Deadly Premonition is basically Twin Peaks the game. But, you know, I'm, I'm really not very first in the survival horror aspect. Yeah. I played a couple of Resident Evil games, like the newer ones. Yeah. Like 4 and 5. Um, let me think about it. The ge- I've never played Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, it's not that difficult, to be honest with you. Like, okay. it's not that bad. Because you, you, fi- like, you find a lot of ammo in that game. And you can always go and buy more ammo. And do you recommend the Xbox or PlayStation 3 version, that's, which is like a director's cut? That's the tough one. That is up to you because the Xbox version has the tank, the old school kind of tank controls, but it doesn't have the frame rate issue. Whereas the PS3 version has updated controls, but it has issues with the frame rate. So I don't, I don't mind that. Okay, so that 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 that's up to you to figure out which is maybe it's patched yeah. Bayonetta style. Perhaps I don't know. I don't know, but um, you know, hold off on it for a little bit. And as you get towards the end of the year, and if you think, "Man, I still got an extra game," pick up Deadly Premonition. Give it a shot because it's one of those diamond in the rough games. That while yes, it's not technically a great game, but it has so much charm and so much like personality behind it that you cannot help but love it. You really, it, it's it, you really can't help but love that game. Hmm. I wish PlayStation Plus did something about this issue that I'm facing right now. Well, you know, who knows? You know, the year is young. <laughs> no, the year is, is really young. I have uh, not bought any game yet. Yeah. So maybe by the end of the year, there'll be like Deadly Premonition Director's Cut, PS Plus. I doubt it, but... Nah, I doubt it as well, but... Hey, you may find it somewhere for five bucks. You never know. But honestly, you are the only person... That I've ever talked to to recommend this game oh to me. Oh my so, god! That is some. That's some, so that funny. Is a good thing as well. That's yeah. a good thing because we share similar taste in games. But it's so funny because whenever I talk about Deadly Premonition, I always get like comments like, "Yeah, Deadly Premonition." You know, it's it's one of those games. It's not for everyone. It's not. It's not for everyone, but for like a select few, you're gonna love it. I think it's also. It, I I never play these type of yeah. games, so it never comes to mind. You know, like oh, you got to play this survival horror game next. You know, it doesn't even really feel like a survival horror game, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's like you know, people are calling The Last of Us a survival horror game. Like, yeah, right. Well, I would I, I would kind of almost argue that because if you play it on the harder difficulty levels without the um, like the echo. Uh, Detec- oh my God. Without the detective mode and stuff like that, it can get pretty rough. They have a good log on there. I, Last of Us took me 22 hours to beat, yeah. and I died 638 times <laughs> or something crazy like that. I think I'm pretty close to yeah. that right now. Yeah, there's that. It's ridiculous. There's that. Okay, Mike, you finished it, right? Yeah. There's that scene in Winter when you're playing as well. God damn it, Chance. <sighs> Uh, there's that. Well, hey, it's not just me; it's everyone listening yeah. too. But uh, yeah, there's that scene in Winter. <laughs> yeah, you're playing as the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where you're in that um, you're kind of sneaking through an area where there's a bunch of clickers. You know what I'm talking about? After you hunt the deer. 
Yeah, see, the hunter deer part, that's in my mind a lot more. Yeah, okay. But, but, but is this in, like, the, the factory type thing? or Kind of in the factory. Where you yeah. had to walk yeah. on the top area as well, like the, I don't know what you call them you're, in, in English. You're sneaking around, and you don't really have any way to combat the clickers. And they're just all around. You have to, you have to completely use stealth to get around them. I died so many times in that spot. I can't tell you. I will, I will personally message you what I'm talking about later on. But there's a spot where. You yeah, maybe, maybe I got to see it. I, I can't. The, I, the, I, the area that really comes to me is a little bit earlier in the game. Yeah. When you have, when you're with multiple people, and it was kind of like this temple-like area. Not really a temple. It's like very that that had like like eight or nine clickers there. Um, Hold on, I'm gonna write it. Honest, honestly, the clicker parts were not very difficult to me. It was usually the human parts that that I really struggled with. See, and I had I, honestly, I was no, go ahead. I would say I was fine with that. It was the stealth portions, which makes me really kind of worried about chance because like the stealth is not hugely important. Like you can get through without playing it, except for like certain parts in the game and i feel like he's going to get to this part and he's going to be like me and he's going to die like 50 times <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty good at stealth stealth aspects you know i always try to look first before i walk to, to look at how they how they move around the map um yeah it can be a little bit tricky but i have a lot of metal gear solid experience and i always like i finish deus ex Without uh, without raising an alarm or killing anyone yeah. on hard, so I have a lot of stealth experience. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, I know the part that you're talking about, but I, I can't really imagine yeah. it in my head right now. That's not one of the parts where I really got stuck. Yeah. Um, For some reason I got stuck there. I don't know why. But chance, I will say this: uh, even if you get to a point where it's stealthy, and like if you're like me and you're not very good at stealthiness. Stick with it, man, because you're gonna get to that end, and you're just gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> it- you know, the the thing that that uh, that is a very helpful tip. Um, this comes from years of experience with trying to beat Call of Duty on veteran. Is sometimes you go, you retry, you die, you retry it. Yeah. Just go, just go the approach where you just start rushing. Sometimes, and it happened in Last of Us as well. Yeah. I tried to get, go the very stealthy approach and try to find a path. And then there's one time I, I died a couple of times and I was like, fuck it. I'll That's, just run yeah. as far as I can. And then all of a sudden, huh? Nobody got me. I got a checkpoint. Good enough. Sometimes that works. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's, all, it, it's a very, you know, and that's kind of what pissed me off when we were talking about earlier when people say it wasn't a game. It's a very experimental, like, gameplay style because sometimes, yeah. You think you need to do stealthiness, and then you just do a run and gun type thing, and you get through it. So, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, I do. I mention this every time the game comes. It has that naughty dog syndrome. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it, it's the naughty dog syndrome, and they can't help it. You know, the same goes for Rockstar. Rockstar and Naughty Dog, they have this syndrome where they make great games with a lot of variety and gameplay. But the individual gameplay aspects, they just aren't done better in games that only focus on that gameplay element. Yeah. Like, for instance, Gears of War, third-person shooting is done better in that game than in, say, Uncharted and The Last of Us. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. But The Last of Us was still a must-play experience, in my opinion. There's just something about going around the different houses and looting. I don't know. It's just... It's hard to just... It's just... 
there's something about that experience of being in that environment and walking through someone's yeah. houses and seeing sort of the the wreckage and things like that. It's it's a very it's probably the most somber game I've ever played. Like you just feel yeah. I collected all the uh, like the f- artifacts yeah. and all the photos and notes and everything that gave a lot of backstory. Um, but yeah, the the thing with The Last of Us is. I was playing it at the same time as I was The Walking Dead Season 1. Oh, I see, yeah. And all the time I was feeling like, man, great story and great journey and everything for these two main characters. But I have it already and more gripping in The Walking Dead Season 1. And also a little bit in Bioshock Infinite, which is, again, the old guy helping the girl. So, again... Yeah, that's kind of weird. Had it come hmm. out a couple of months earlier, before Bioshock Infinite, before Walking Dead Season 1, this game would have blown me away. Yeah. But it just came in the trifecta of Bioshock and Walking I, Dead, which... Mike, you just kind of blew my mind in a way, because I never realized like how close the stories of... Because I got so hooked up in like the plot trappings of both games. But when you look at the thematics of it, both The Last of Us and Infinite, they're all, they almost tell the same story in a way. Different setting. Different, but different it's setting. Like the main goal is the same. You know, you have the guy, yeah, but you, look, you gotta rescue the girl and then help, not, help her survive. But not only rescue the girl, but find redemption in that person. You know what I mean? That as well. Yeah. Crazy. Hmm. There's Yeah, no, we can't talk about it. There's, there, there's this one thing about The Last of Us, which I honestly still can't imagine. Everybody is talking about, whoa, whoa, the ending, the ending. I, I Whatever. I really didn't feel the ending that oh, much. Oh, man, that ending was so good. But we can't talk about it because Chance is I here, know. so sorry. I know. Well, and it's not just me. It's, it's all of our listeners that haven't played it yet. Hey, either. people, come on, man. This game has been out since June. Come on, Chance. So? Come on, Chance. Have you played? Have you guys played every game that's ever been released ever? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm yes, just kidding. Yes, I have. Oh, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 I am honest, though. I am pretty up-to-date with especially the big releases that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, that's why I know. Like like a Mass Effect 3, you know, the whole hype and craziness over the ending, yeah. you know. I'd already finished the game a week before everything on the internet went crazy, you know. I took a couple of days off work, finished it in like three or four days with a weekend, you know, five days, something like that. Yeah. And then everything went crazy. I, I have that a lot. I personally did not have a problem with that ending. You know, there was some, you know, plot holes with certain characters being on the the screen that you know weren't there but you know um we're ruining your experience page if you're still listening <laughs> no 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 <laughs> totally not i haven't played but it yet you know either, what so. she she probably is going to be downloading the uh the alternate ending or maybe even you know already has it you know so who knows but the original ending as bioware intended it i i because I'm such a fan of science fiction and sort of, you know, abstract uh, narratives, I personally didn't mind it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll accept that. I get it. I get what they're. Which one did you get? What do you mean? Oh, oh, Which oh, oh. Um, not. Um, I got the the synthesis ending. Perfect ending, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's that. I'm totally happy with that. You know. I really enjoyed the synth ending. I. Yes, I would have agreed that I would have loved to have like a 30 to 45 minute epilogue of like, 
a couple of years later, this is what this character is doing. And yeah. It's what this character is doing, but I love the synthesis ending. Yes, yeah, sure, a, a, a half hour before it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but I really enjoyed it, yeah. you know? I, I I really enjoyed. I it. I got that ending, and I was like, you know what? That's I'm I'm totally happy with that. And then like I got online, and you know the next like three weeks was like people, you know, threatening the developers' families <laughs> because they thought that they ridiculous, you know. And it's like, have you ever watched a science fiction like a real science fiction movie before? That's this is how this shit ends. It ends on a question, so you keep thinking about it, you know. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of that's how in you know because some people kind of threw a fit about Bioshock Infinite story. That's how Bioshock Infinite ends on a question. Think about it. You know, on a fucking awesome question. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. So oh, I'm, I'm seriously. I'm this Bioshock Infinite. I last year I was in a crappy phase in my life. You know, struggling with the relationship. You know, struggling at work. But then Bioshock Infinite came along, and I was thinking, you know. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm not happy right now in my life, but I'm sure that in one other multiverse dimension, there are some Mike that's very happy right now. Exactly. So I'm happy that way. You it, know, it's, it, that changed my fucking way of thinking. It's, it's crazy to. It's crazy how that game kind of makes you think about different things. I don't know. There are more games to do this. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite is not the first yeah. to come up with this theory. There's one that I won't mention, and there's another one, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> But you also but won't Bioshock mention. Infinite, yeah, I won't mention it because, you know, it, that can kind of spoil it if you guys haven't played that game. Not a big spoiler, but yeah. I don't want to mention it. Yeah. But then Bioshock Infinite, it presented it in such an understandable way, yeah. in a logical way, and, and it showed it as well. Man, those final but, two hours of Bioshock Infinite, fantastic. But it, it's the thing, too, of replaying that game. and Which I haven't done yet. Honest to God, you replay that game and you get... Like, I got to the point where um, you're on the beach and you have to find Elizabeth and she's dancing with the, the musicians and you walk up to her and she says, dance with me, Mr. DeWitt. And honest to God, I started welling up because I know, I know everything, you know, and it, it's so crazy how sort of innocuous things in the first playthrough take on completely different meanings yeah. when you play it a second time. It's... Like the coin flip thing, the you know, with the Lutessus. I mean, absolute, almost absolutely everything in that game takes on a completely different meaning when you. Have you played a uh, Burial at Sea? I have. Yeah, I finished it, and uh, you know what? God damn, man! I, I wasn't expecting that. Like the last couple <laughs> I, of fifteen minutes, I was like, oh, "But of course, it makes." Oh my god, I they get it again. I know. And the thing of it was, and chances like sitting there, like, "God damn it!" <laughs> well, I mean. I'm actually kind of debating, not to, not to derail the conversation, uh, kind of debating on whether or not I should just play Infinite and just say piss on Bioshock 1 and 2 because oh, I, don't, I don't know, man. man. Oh, no, you really can't do that. Uh, <sighs> I, I just, as much as I it's a standalone story, there's something at the end, you know. I would say, okay, I would say I, I you'll get appreciate it, it more. Play Bioshock. I just don't love Bioshock 1 oh, as much as chance. I want to. Oh, chance. <laughs> It's not a first-person shooter. <laughs> Get that out of your head. It's not a first-person shooter. See, and that's that's the problem. It's a first-person. Think of it as a per- first-person dungeon crawler. <laughs> okay. It well, really is. Yeah. Actually, technically, it is a. Fr- I really. 
I don't think of Bioshock as an as a first person shooter. I think of it as a role playing game. Yeah. Okay, because well, you go around leveling up, trying to find, scouring, you know, all the maps. I, I will say that you don't have to play Bioshock 2. That's true. I wanted to mention that as well. You don't technically okay. really need to do that. But just play one and then infinite. But if, which is I would I would recommend eventually playing Bioshock 2. But yeah, I mean, I don't play... even have infinite yet, so okay. I mean, it's not like it's a big urgency or anything. But, but getting back to what we were talking about there, like I, I read, Sorry. I read the. Re- that's fine, Chance. No apologies here. That's not a problem. You, I'm taking over the podcast today. <laughs> um, I read the reviews of Burial at Sea, and everyone was bitching and complaining because it wasn't the huge sucker punch that uh, Infinite was. And then I got to the end of Burial at Sea, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Those are the kind of people who just played on easy, rushed through infinite, didn't care about didn't, the ending already. Didn't explore didn't care about the universe. Yeah. And the one thing, I didn't really read a lot of the reviews, but everybody was commenting on how short it was. Burial at Sea took me three and a half hours to finish. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I spent about three, four hours on it. Because I, I literally went around everywhere and looked at everything. Yeah. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't want to miss a second of it. Ugh. Yeah, precisely. You know, that's how I approach Bioshock. I play them on the harder difficulty. I scour everything so that I'm stocked with plasmids, figures, uh, health kits, everything, money to the max, hacking everything in the first Bioshock games. Yeah. Then I'll continue on with the story. You know, trying to find all the audio logs and everything. Oh, I love the Bioshock games. Yeah, see, chance. Yeah, I did. I did really like the audio logs when I found those in what I played of one. But I have to start over because my ps3 tanked and lost all my save files so that's that's another reason why i'm not looking forward to it because i put a considerable amount of time into the first one and now i have to start over and it sucks yeah but dude that that really sucks yeah that's that's the thing you you have to get out of that like with infinite you can have sort of the first person shooter mindset but with bioshock one which is why i think i'll like infinite more yeah i understand for story reasons i really do need to play the first one yeah but I just, based on everything that I'm hearing, I think that I like Infinite so much more than I like. Well, it's it, one. You just need to change how you approach it. You need to change, approach it more as a, as an exploration adventure game. Yeah, instead of a first person shooter. I yeah. I, again, uh, what I'm really noticing is when we're talking about games and gushing about games is I was at the front lines. You know, I picked up this game day one. Yeah. I played it. I loved it. And then the hype started going. So. It won't be a surprise, but Bioshock is my favorite Western game of the last generation. But I played that, picked that game up day one. I played it, finished it in a week, and then later on, everybody started pouring their love out to the game. But I was already there on my own loving it, you know? Yeah. And it's very hard for somebody who hasn't played these games to hear all these people talk about and it. It, it. And it's sort of one of those things, too. Like, when I talk about how much I love Final Fantasy VI... And then, like, it's like Paige. She's kind of playing through Final Fantasy VI, but it's not grabbing her like it grabbed me back in the day. You know, it, it's a very personal thing, you know. Well, like like we were talking about earlier with, uh, what was it? Yeah, yeah, with the nostalgia thing. With the nostalgia yeah. thing. So, like, Chance is, like, facing this onslaught of, like, hype, and it's, it's, it's never going to live up to that, so. I don't know. I, I just really got invested in, in the first Bioshock, you know, the first 20 minutes, um, I just had my Xbox 360. It was, I believe, my second or third game on the 360. I finished Halo 3, 
on Legendary. I, I messed around with that for three weeks, and then Bioshock and Mass Effect came out. And just the first opening hour of Bioshock, I was sold. See, I I just wasn't that hooked. Yeah. Like maybe I just maybe I just don't get it. Well, I, I don't know, but I just wasn't completely just enthralled with it. I was, yeah, dare say, kind of bored in the very beginning. I mean, it got better. I I to say that I dislike it is not yeah. you know not, you know, true. But it's just I don't know. I just I just don't get it i guess but honestly i also hyped up the horror in my head you know i was expecting really scary stuff well when you go into um oh what's that doctor's name i can't remember dr tannenbaum no 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 no. um the surgeon Hmm. it's the first it's the first boss of the game and he's doing all that i remember he's doing all that crazy plastic surgery that's pretty creepy yeah that guy was crazy yeah Yeah, well, and, you know, yeah. the, the Houdini Splice. splicers yeah. scared the shit out of yeah. me. Oh, yeah, that was a creepy man. <laughs> but I, I, I think the thing is, the, the thing is, Chance, you have to fall in love with Rapture. You have to love that environment because that's, that's the main character of the game is Rapture itself. And uh, you'll, you'll, you'll explore that world and you'll fall in love with it. And you'll be like, man, I need to play Bioshock 2 to really explore it even more and then you'll be like man i need to get bioshock rapture the book to explore it even more and then you're like <laughs> did you like that book i love that book okay I, maybe it was the alan wake book it was the alan kind of it was the alan wake book that sucked uh okay. the only bad thing about um the bioshock I'm glad to hear that what's that i saw the alan wake book in your collection i was like man why haven't i heard of that i need that it, but it's it's um it's the story of the video game written by like somebody who's in like sixth grade so <laughs> Ah, fuck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the Bioshock Rapture book, if you collect all the audio logs in both games, you kind of almost have the entire book. So keep that in mind. Because it's it's the prequel to what happened to Rapture before Bioshock 1. So when you get all those audio logs, it's it's kind of covering the same ground. But at the same time, it's still awesome to read. Something about collecting audio logs that I, I kind of like. Yeah. Like I really like that in ODST, and I've I've really liked it in other games because it's almost like you get like an additional story, um, you know, while you're playing. You know. Yeah. I yeah. All I can say is, I absolutely loved Bioshock. Bioshock Two, I really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Yes, it is a little bit repetitive. But it's by no means a bad thing. Well, and then Infinite came along. What I like about Ooh. what I like about two is that in Bioshock One you have a very strong anti right wing game. That's the, that's the story it's presenting. It's looking at sort of yeah. fascism and saying this is not good. And then what you have with Bioshock Two is looking at the opposite side and saying, you know, communism leftism is also not a perfect good. So they're they're kind of two sides of the same coin and then of course you have uh, infinite come in and obliterate everything <laughs> yeah so now th- there's one thing um bioshock is of course a, a, pr- a successor to the system shock games. i need to play those i really do i have never played them yeah. i have not really read into it but supposedly it's this game about uh about you're on a space station 
and there's this AI going rampant. Yeah. Now I fucking love sci-fi, and to see that in HD in the Bioshock type graphics, yeah. I think that can improve on that. That could beat Bioshock and Infinite. System Shock One and Two HD remake on the PS4. Make it happen. No, like, like just like <laughs> new a new System Shock. Just oh yeah. Like call it System Shock, and do the sci-fi well, team with with crazy AI and. There is story around it. You know, I, I have said I don't know where they're going to go after Infinite. They can go anywhere, but also at the same time, they can go nowhere. So maybe it's yeah. time to let the Bioshock moniker kind of hang up on the in the closet for a bit and go back to System Shock. Yeah, make a new, make reboot System Shock. Why not? Go for it. I, I, w- I would gladly love to see that being announced at E3 um, because I hear a lot of people talk so highly about the System Shock games, but again, I was never a PC gamer. It's hard to get, yeah, it's hard to get back into those. Playing them right now, I think it will be very tricky, but if they do, like, kind of a reboot, because the concept sounds really nice, like this crazy AI and everything. Yeah. Fuck, that would be awesome. I'm looking at, uh, Arrow, I'm looking at your uh, screen on my computer, and it's 5.09 there. Yep. How are you awake right now? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I can uh, <laughs> I can manage this. I can manage this. It's like a it's like a game. It's like a it's like a competition. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. But yeah, it's it's been a very long time since I talked on podcasts. Yeah. So, so you're yeah. making up for it. You're making up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making up for it. You know. Get it out of your system. Yeah. So yeah. What's next? <laughs> What's next? Steven, <laughs> such a douchebag, man. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, We're going to be able to text Steven and say, are you out of the movie yet? And then he'll be able to rejoin the <laughs> podcast because we're still going to be doing right Wouldn't that be that – would that would be friggin' awesome if that actually – That would be hilarious. I, I doubt it. <laughs> One thing, though, that I have to mention, you guys are hitting the record button, right? Oh, oh motherfucker. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we've been. Re- oh man, that would suck so much. Uh, we're at yeah, we're at four hours and forty three minutes. Holy crap! Mike, you just longest episode yeah, ever. Mike, you set the record by at least an hour. <laughs> but the, the thing, the thing about this is, I'm very worried. Is it's still a recording in one continuous take? Yeah, I, I find that to be really, really, really fucking scary. Was uh, I, I come from the RPG ish horror times, oh. and you know. Well, my laptop apparently is not as bad as yours. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll see. I hope so. We'll see if I, if I, if I, yeah. That that'd be that'd be. Well, you know what? If if it uh, only records two hours of this, then. Well, we went three It'd hours. Probably still be a good two hours before. We went three and a half hours with um, shit with who? Was it with Greg? That we went three and a half hours. Yeah, I think Greg was a long episode. Yeah, I think my first episode was like over three hours yeah. too. So that's all right. I guess you guys are yeah. just uploading this file all at once online. Uh, yeah, but since it's an audio, it's really kind of an audio-only file. It, it takes like next to nothing to upload. I really want. I really wanted to release a five-hour episode for some reason. Well, no, because I wanted to mention like something. Maybe hit the save this one now and then re- restart the recording or something like that. So you at least have the first part all saved no, up. I, you know, I'm kind of hesitant that way. I, I can do that. Hold on one second. Okay, we're, we're, we've started a new recording, and just to um, appease Mike's uh, trust me, now I, I've been there. I, we have, we've recorded hours of RPG Brish, and then all of a sudden, 
I hit the stop button on the recording and it craps out. It gives us an error. And I was, it was a great fucking episode. So I was like, yeah. all right, I have, I have I'm going to scour the web to find a solution. And I could repair it with some broken files. I could repair it, had to find this tool. And we got the files back. Very happy with doing I that. Have, I have a huge file here. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're okay. Because that's the tricky thing with these recordings, you know. They have like a limit at some point because the file is getting too big, too sizes too much. Then it just stops adding in there, and then you're fucked. <laughs> but don't worry, we're back. Everything is going well. Yeah. Um, I just checked it, and um, there is a recording up to four hours and forty-three minutes. So uh, awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yikes. We gotta make it five oh hours. My God. <laughs> That's the sucky thing. It's like, well, I guess we have to like we have to at least go fifteen more minutes. <laughs> to make well, it I have a quick, I have a quick Mass Effect question. Okay. All right. Okay, because I did pick up the first one uh, recently, and um, it's on the 360. But can you carry like your character information over like to the the next game? Yeah. Okay, so I should definitely make sure I get two and three also on the 360. If you want to carry your character over, yes. Okay. However, I will say this: um, each game is welcoming to new players, yeah. so like you can in Mass Effect Two, you can completely remake your character. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell you my, why that happens, but well, and that's fine. But yeah. I know that like my local Walmart has uh, two and three for ten bucks each, brand yeah. new, and, I'm, and it's like I'm not sure if they have both two and three on the 360. Yeah. I would say stay on the same system. Because I know that they have two and three, you know, between the PlayStation 3 and 360, but I'm not sure they have both on both systems. So I just wanted to make sure before I. I highly recommend carrying over the save file. Yeah. All that hard work from game to game. Yeah. That really adds that additional layer of awesomeness. Yeah, it, it really does. That's the great thing about Mass Effect, is it really, at the end of the game, End of number three, it really feels like it's your story because yeah. you choose which characters you interact with. You choose your love interest, which I'm sorry, if you don't choose Miranda, then I, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, even, even if I'm femship? Well, I don't know if, I don't know if that option is available. <laughs> Especially if you're femship. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if that, that option's available if you're femship, but there no, is. I don't think that's available now. But there are options available. Um, there's even options available if you're, um, male shepherd, if you want to swing that way. Um, but, uh, actually I'm really interested in to see Paige's video whenever she makes one for Mass Effect, cause she's playing as Femship. And I've always said that I wanted to go back and replay these games as Femship because supposedly Jennifer Hale's voice acting is like phenomenal for Femship and everyone, you know, most people play as male Shep because most quote unquote most gamers are males but apparently we're really missing out by not playing as Fem Shep. Yeah, I've kind of heard yeah. that too. That's actually kind of a better experience to yeah. play as Fem Shep, which is interesting cuz I don't know. Yeah. One day I will go back, I will play Fem Shep, the entire trilogy as Renegade because I play Paragon. Yeah. That's the light side. Um yeah, I really want to do that, make some different choices. In terms of romance, I did a lot of the romancing, mm-hmm. most of the characters. 
most of the characters. <laughs> if not all of the characters, I believe I could reload uh, at some point, and then you, you know you could witness yeah. all the scenes. The Normandy uh, was Mike's, you know, little harem over there. Oh, that was little harem. You know, <laughs> the only combination that I have not done is the the male on male one. Yeah. But that's for obvious reasons, which I'm not going to point out. But that was like impossible. Um, but man, I I, I love that that cast of characters. Man, those that really grew on me. Um, I think I think the awesomeness. the funnest thing for me was um, the way I, I, I did my storyline. Because in Mass Effect 1, I, I, I picked Ashley as my um, my love interest, you know. And then through the events of the storyline, it, it kind of made sense that my, my Shepard character would, you know, be heartbroken over Ashley and turn to Miranda. And then Miranda would be his true love throughout the rest of the series. It was just, it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, you really feel in that game, that, that series of games, like you're crafting your own tale. Yeah, it, no, that that made totally. I really loved that that part of the game, and I, I think I mentioned that in the chat, but I couldn't really delve into it uh, that much. But that is like one major thing that uh, I really enjoyed about Mass Effect Two and Three, um, and uh, you can ruin that all if you are not careful. True. And. Just make sure that you recruit as many characters as you can, especially in Mass Effect 2, because that is one epic bunch of guys. And I just, I just love, I, 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 you know, talking about and thinking about Mass Effect again and that whole universe, it really got me into the mood to get into this whole new sci-fi universe. Hence the reason why I just said, fuck it, here's my 200 euros, just give me these three TV shows I want to watch (laughs) That I've always said that Mass Effect feels like the closest I'm ever going to get to like a, a great Star Trek game because you're you know you're out surveying planets, you're negotiating with uh, different alien races. It really it, to me it felt like I mean I can see where if you want to spin like a Star Wars the feel onto it you can, but to me it always felt like a very awesome Star Trek game like where you're in command of your own ship and you have to do these things. But yeah, I can't I can't Fantastic. wait. Mike, I can't wait for you to get, get into this series. I, I, I can't wait for your opinions. Hopefully I didn't steer you down a, a bad path. No, it's it's not a problem at all. You know, A lot of people have been recommending them. I saw them a lot on like best sci-fi shows, you know, a lot already. Uh, and I really enjoyed Battlestar Galactica and Firefly, you know. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to delve into it. I don't think that I'll ever get into Star Trek because it's so massive. Um. I I don't want to say never, but yeah. you know. Well, for a pirate like you, it shouldn't be too hard. Um. <laughs> no, I actually did that one time. I actually, I actually, I, yeah. I uh, downloaded the, the original series. I, I never ended up watching uh, one episode. Maybe I'll watch the movies though. Yeah. Just the movies. That might be a potential option, uh, because you know the whole hubbub about Into Darkness with the Khan thing. You know, I've never watched Wrath of Khan, so. Well, if you watch before you watch Wrath of Khan, you need to watch Space Seed. The uh, the original series episode Space Seed. Mm, okay. Because it's see then it's already getting tricky. You know, I gotta watch episodes before I can watch movies. That's and then the there's one. the Next Generation, that's and then there's the like the Borg thing, and then the Contact, and then whatever, and this and that, and well, not Star Trek it, all overload. It's, it's a complete universe, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a universe that you had to be a part of in the '90s at least when Next Generation was on air. Yeah, that was kind of the, like the late 80s, early 90s was kind of the zeitgeist. And then it, yeah. Or I can just quit my day job. And watch nothing but Star Trek. 
Yeah. That sounds like a perfect life choice. Hmm. Maybe I can sell my video game collection to hold me over for those couple of months. That that would probably tide you over for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, Star Trek, uh, I really enjoy The only things that I ever watched about Star Trek is the last two movies from Abrams, yeah. which uh, I thought were, uh, were enjoyable. Yeah. I like them. It's yeah. no Star Wars, but... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, have, I have this movie, uh, Fanboys. I don't know if you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. Well, I have this movie called Galaxy Quest, and it's kind of the same thing. All right, I haven't seen that one. I heard that. Okay. That's like a, a spoof of it as well, right? Well, it, it's a spoof of Star Trek, but it's also like a tribute to Star Trek. It's a spoof and a tribute at the same time. Okay. Yeah. It's a tribute to the fans of Star Trek, let's put it that way. Mm. Nice. It's, it's, it's a very, very overwhelming thing to get into. And I actually yeah. thought oh. that was the same with Doctor Who as well. Because that's been running for like the 60s. and But I actually did some research and found out that, you know, just start from the reboot yeah, to where it's now. And yep. it's like a proper thing to watch instead of like having all these segmented stories. And technically you're watching like four different TV shows in one, tying it into one universe as Star Trek. But that's not the case. So, yeah. interesting. But Te- technically, Star- technically Star Trek is easier to follow than Doctor Who at times, but... Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> I love to have intricate plots. Oh well, yeah, you're gonna get some. Awesome. I uh, don't know when they arrive here, but as I'm through after a month of epic Adventure Time watching, I need a new TV show. Yeah. Well, you got you got uh, you got Firefly, which is if you like, uh, or not Firefly, you have Farscape, which is essentially if you like Firefly. You'll like the uh, Firefly and Buffy. You'll like the the mindset of Farscape. If you like Battlestar, you'll like uh, the mindset of Babylon Five. And then Doctor Who is just a wild ride. So hold on because it's it's going to drag you along. Sounds uh, sounds really interesting. So uh, yeah, lots of new shows to watch. Chance, you've been quiet. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got just to say? Li- just listening. Uh, uh. I don't have much to say because I haven't watched any of the shows you're talking about. Uh, I've well, watched several episodes of, of Doctor Who and several episodes of uh, the Star Trek original series, but I just I'm a notorious procrastinator, so I just haven't watched them. Yeah, the good thing about Doctor Who is up until season six, it's all on uh, Netflix. So. Yeah, but the, I don't think the specials are on there though. Uh yeah, I think they are. Oh really? Okay. Well, I think good. they are. Yeah, they're just they're just rolled into the seasons. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my box set comes with C specials as well, so yeah. Well, see, good. Doctor Who seems a little bit easier like to watch because it's kind of straightforward. You know, it all just kind of goes until the end or whatever. But with Star Trek, it's like chronologically like you should actually watch enterprise first which isn't the first series yeah by a long shot um, i would roll the dice and say that you should probably never watch enterprise at all okay well i'm just saying <laughs> chron- chronologically yeah speaking, i know like i, I were, know what you're saying yeah. if you were to watch every episode of star trek you would need to start with enterprise and then 
I don't even know. No. Original series. You need to watch the original series. Then the Next, anime series. You can skip the animated series. You can watch. You need to watch the original series, TNG, and Deep Space Nine. Okay, so skip Enterprise and Voyager completely. If if you feel the need to watch Voyager and Enterprise, it's there for you. But I would say as as required viewing, TOS, TNG, and DS9. And then you need to watch the first five movies after you finish the original series. <laughs> okay. And then, All right. and then there's right. generations just, in there just, in okay. between. Let me the- restart. Let me restart. TOS, Star Trek's one through six. TNG, tar- Star Trek, what, seven where, through... Where's, where, where's Generations? Uh, generations happens at the end of TNG. Okay. See, I thought it was at the end of the original series. It, it's it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. It involves okay. both timelines. Okay. Um, and then you watch yeah. DS, DS9, or if you want to, you can watch TNG and DS9 concurrently when they interact. Um Oh, God, you're making this fucking terrible. See, that's then, what I'm saying. And then watch it's the Abrams like... movies. It's not that hard. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I love the Abrams movies. They're they're brilliant. I I think that they're both really great. I have seen those. They're awesome. And then I own one through six, and then Generations and First Contact, but I don't have the other Nemesis or Insurrection. Well, that's it. <laughs> I hear I hear they're just not that great anyway. Um, so. Insurrection is a very expensive episode of the TV show, and Nemesis was a good movie. But the fact of the matter is that the, the director of the film was also a very famous editor, and he decided to make an action film out of it instead of a Star Trek film. Oh, so there you go. Well, I haven't watched any of them other than the Abrams. Yeah, if you so. watch, if you watch, but I've watched, I've watched lots of the original series. Yeah. I've watched probably. You know, 12, 15 episodes. I just, you know, yeah. I've seen several others, you know, throughout the years. But, you know, since starting at the beginning, I've watched 12, 15 episodes in there yeah. somewhere. I read the I read the, the script to Nemesis before I saw the film. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, awesome. And then I went <laughs> and saw the film and I was like, what the fuck happened? Because <laughs> they edited out, they, like, they took out all the character moments and just left in the action. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. Well, <laughs> that sucks. The, the funny thing is, is the guy that directed Star Trek Nemesis is the guy that like edited uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall. And I love both of those. I know. It's like, dude, you're such a good editor. Why are you a terrible director? <laughs> the, I actually, sadly, I haven't seen Quantum of Solace. I have it, but I haven't yeah. seen it. But I, I... loved. Uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall. I love Quantum of Solace, and it gets a lot of shit, but I I think it's like a perfect bridge between Casino Royale and Skyfall. Quantum of Solace is a standalone movie. Fucking sucks. But if you watch it together with Casino Royale in like one marathon... It's a good epilogue. It's a good epilogue to Casino Royale. But as a standalone movie, I really disliked it. About like Matrix Reloaded. Hmm... Nothing is not bad that as, bad. Nothing is as bad as Matrix Reloaded. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like Revolutions, but Re- Reloaded is like it's Reloaded. Oh yeah, Revolutions I actually love Reloaded. Oh really? Relo- what? You're just saying I, that. We're talking about the second movie, right? I yes. love yeah. Reloaded. Really? No, fucking I, I, man! I was 13 I years old, or no, 15 years old when I saw that movie. The epic action scenes in the middle on the highway. 
Yeah. That's about the only part awesome. of the movie that's any but good, though. See, I, I this is the problem, and I think I've talked about this before. When like a single movie gets made and it gets really popular, and then they decide to make like a two and three, and they expand the world so much that they don't really do anything with it. Yeah. And it's like the ghost characters, the ghost twins. I was like, yes, visually they look great, but where do they fit in all this? You know, yes. and they it's were like kind of pointless. That's kind of but the but thing. That's I, the that's the thing that you know. I work in the IT. I've been working with a lot of computers and things, yeah. and somehow the Matrix universe for me it all makes sense. You know, yeah. I haven't watched them in a year, but I can all explain it. You know, they're all programs and it's their behavior, and yeah, you know, it it can get really intricate. And you know, being in the industry, you know, I understand all the terminology and everything, and that's why I really enjoyed it. And that's why I really struggled with Revolutions, uh, not having a lot of the in-Matrix parts. But I, I come to yeah. love the movie. I, I came to love it, you know. Third one's th- actually my favorite yeah, of the th- three. Well, I think the first one will always be my favorite because it's the most complete film. Like, you can watch Matrix 1 on its own and it's done. Yeah. Everything else is like, you need to watch everything to get everything else. But I will say that probably out of all the films... I find Revolutions to be the most human film. Yeah. You know, because um, the the first two deal so much with the Matrix and the machines. And really, when you look at Revolutions, it's all about, like, spiritual rebirth and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I love I I really need to go back and watch all three of them, actually. It's been several years since yeah. I've seen any of them. But, yeah. It, it, See, it, I feel the, the same kind of way to some degree about, like, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, Return of the King is actually my favorite one. But I, I really feel like that if it had to happen, Fellowship could have been standalone. Like Almost, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, I, at the end of it, you know, I, I was it ended on kind of a high note. Like, and I felt like good after seeing it. Whereas two towers, <laughs> you, felt, you felt good after Boromir got a bunch of arrows stuck in. Them. Well, not I'm not talking about that. I'm like, it's like Sam and and Frodo, like on the mountaintop, you know, like really just kind of with a positive outlook toward their journey. Yeah, like I I just kind of you know it was uplifting. Whereas you know two and three were just kind of doom and gloom the whole way. But I loved. Uh, Return of the King the most, and I, I feel the same way about like you just said, you know, the Matrix. The first one could have stood on, could easily stand on its own yeah. because it was supposed to. Yeah. Like like you said, like they didn't decide to make uh, Matrix two until several years later. I think and the they, first one came out like ninety nine. They always do that. They always make a first standalone movie that's really good, and they make two and three back to back, Back to yeah. the Future, Pirates of the Caribbean, Matrix. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. And, and, Reloaded and Revolutions came out like a year apart. No, not like, even barely. that. It was like six months. Yeah, half year. Yeah, May yeah, and November. It was, it was it was crazy. And I remember thinking because it was when I was in high school. And I remember uh, me and my buddy went and saw Reloaded. And then we looked at each other at the end, like, "Holy shit, really? The this fuck? is how this is how they end this movie." Uh-huh. And we, I remember both of us were just thoroughly confused and kind of pissed when it was yeah. over. I, there was and, groans in the theater when that movie ended. Yeah. I was like, well, let's get out before the riot starts. Yeah, no kidding. But then, to me, the, the third one came full circle. Oh, it, yeah. was, it made it totally it's, worth it. It, it. What it is, is you have to look at it all as one movie. That's, yeah, exactly. And, like, Fellowship of the Ring will always be my favorite Lord of the Rings movie. 
because it's the most magical, but because they're dealing with the Shire and the world of the realm of elves. And then after that, you move into the realm of men and it's not as magical. But um, that being said, I still haven't seen Desolation of Small Gib. <laughs> oh, I actually just watched uh, Unexpected Journey a couple weeks ago yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And I got to say, I really loved it. Really? Because it, it felt I to think me like I liked, some of the soul. I don't know. I, I think I just really like uh, Bilbo's character way yeah. more than Frodo, like yeah. for some reason. Uh, I don't know. There was times where I really thought Frodo was just kind of a whiny bitch and should just just get on with it. But I mean, I get it. I can't possibly, you know, if you know, if I was in his shoes, you know how I would react. But I don't know, man. I just thought that yeah. Frodo or Bilbo seemed like such a stronger character, like a stronger Hobbit than Frodo. And uh, I really loved um, the Dwarves too. I thought it was really good. I, I just I need to go. I'm, I'm probably going to go see it on my next day off because the the, the prospect of ben, of Benedict Cumberbatch as Smog is just that's too perfect, you know. So, hey Mike, what other movies do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh my God, are, are you serious? <laughs> I, I have to mention this one, Battle Royale. I have not seen that yet, but it's on Netflix, so I, I do plan on watching it. Everybody's comparing it to like the Hunger Games. Uh, no, 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 no. Like Everybody is comparing Hunger Games, Hunger Games to, Battle, to Battle, Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah, I've never seen or heard of Battle Royale till like a few weeks ago. So, it's fuck bit... Hunger Games, man. <laughs> hey, I love the Hunger Games. Hunger Games is still the I book mean, was it's, brilliant. It's, the it's book not was a... brilliant, but then the second book was okay, and then the third yeah. book was abysmal. But I did not like the movie. I didn't like the visual style. I just like Jennifer Lawrence running around. I don't know about That's that. what I'm saying. Fuck, who doesn't love that girl right now, man? <laughs> I love seeing all those booby bounce up and down in American <laughs> Hustle. Oh, what? Oh, what? We extra- enjoy her. X-rated. <laughs> but yeah, I have not seen um, Catching Fire yet. I haven't either. Me neither. I just Which, uh, I, I have a hard time going out to the theater anymore. I don't know why. The last since March, I've only been once to the movie theater, and that was for Desolation of Smog. I think I think the last time I was at the theater was either Gatsby or it was Star Trek. Hmm, yeah. So that was like March of or May of last year. All right. Yeah. My I had a movie subs- or like monthly subscription that you can go into every movie that ended in March with. I believe Jack the Giant Slayer is the last one. Did you like that movie? Uh, it was okay. Pretty mediocre. I, saw, I caught like the last hour or so of it on uh, like HBO or something, whatever it was, over at my in-laws. And I thought it was pretty good. I mean, not you know anything groundbreaking or incredible, but I, I liked it. Sam yeah, Raimi uh, directed that, didn't he? No, it was uh, Sam Raimi directed Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, there we go. But Jack the Giant Slayer was directed by Brian Singer. Brian Singer, okay. Who did a way better fucking Superman movie than that crap fast Man of Steel. Oh, man. man. Shit. It's a good thing <laughs> Steven's not here right movie. now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love that movie. What are you talking about? I, I fucking hated Man of Steel. I thought it I, had no identity of its own. It's tried to replicate Wolverine's emo story. It had like a crappy Krypton world. Uh, I thought it was Avengers, Avengers ripping off at the end. 
Uh, I did not like Superman. I did not like the Kevin Costner character, uh, which made no sense what he did in the movie. I bawled my eyes out. Fucking Morpheus. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I really hated Man of Steel. I, I, I don't know. I just, it was my, if I had to pick one movie, most disappointing movie of 2013, Man of Shit. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> was it because you were expecting too much? I uh, I was expecting Christopher Nolan, Batman-like, Zack Snyder, which I really enjoy, except for that fucking Legend of the Guardians. But uh, <laughs> see, I thought that, that movie was great too. I just, it was I a okay I movie, but here. I was waiting for you I, to say that, except for that. Legend of Guardians Watchmen. was okay, but coming off Watchmen and Sucker Punch and Dawn of the Dead, which I think is one of the best fucking zombie movies in 300. Legend of Guardians, really. In any case, Man of Steel, I have no idea. I just, that whiny Russell Crowe in the first 35 minutes and Krypton looked like fucking Resistance Fall of Man video game. Looked like Vulcan. Yeah, I'm not into Star Trek, but I, I, I envisioned Krypton as something else. And I can't remember them showing Krypton in full detail in the first six Superman films. Or five? Five? Five. So I fucking love Superman Returns. I really enjoyed that movie. I don't know what was wrong with it. And then Man of Steel came up, and it, it, I don't know. Yeah, it seemed kind of pervy whenever Superman was flying around like stalking on Lois Lane. That was kind of like really like that's what he's going to do. He's just going to like fly around and look at her <laughs> while she's living her life with her husband. Really? Yeah. But you know, they're, 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 but it I had did, Kevin Spacey in I, it as well. I, say, which I, I did really like enjoyed. Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. But for me, I I just I can't get excited over the Superman character. I just I, I that's true. Uh, yeah, it's just there's nothing about Superman that excites me. I, I ne- never have been excited about except I remember when the trade paperback came out of when Superman was killed by Doomsday. I got excited over that. <laughs> But uh, I, I guess that's it. You know, the Superman character is not really that interesting. You know, yeah. Myself, Except I prefer Batman. The old Max Fleischer uh, cartoons from the '40s; those are fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I always prefer Batman to Superman. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, Man of Steel. You know, I, you know, when when he was roaming around in like this, like this typical North American city. Like the, you know, that type of town. <laughs> I was thinking, like, man, am I watching X Men Two or? Well, obviously you're not watching X Men Two because you didn't like it. X Men Two. X Men Two was great. X Men Two was indeed very great. Yeah. What did you think of the Kickass movies? Did you ever watch Kickass? Yeah, I watched both of them. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one, which was uh, was very fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, second one I felt was okay. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really blown away by it as the first movie. It had to do with marketing, man. They marketed the uh, hell yeah. out of one of my favorite characters uh, or uh, actors. Yeah, the Jim Carrey. Fucking character. only seven yeah. minutes in the fucking movie, man. But it was a good seven minutes. You admit that. Yeah, it, it was a good seven minutes. But you can't put yeah. him on a main poster thinking That's... like he's going to be the, the no. next villain or like the next help and then fuck him in the ass. <laughs> can't do that, man. Yeah. I, I really liked, uh, you know, Kick-Ass 2 got a lot of shit. I really liked it. Like, I looked at it as, like, the Dark Knight of the Kick-Ass 
which what I hope to be the Kickass trilogy because it really kind of like as kind of goofy and weird as Kickass one was. Like Kickass two kind of takes it in a, a little bit more of a serious direction with some of its yeah, that's true. moments. And uh, I'm really hoping that uh, they can get the funding together for Kickass three. I think that'd be just make it a trilogy, finish it up. Call yeah, it I, I would I would say the same thing. And and yeah. and one thing though, Kickass two best fucking Nicolas Cage movie that he has made in years. Even though you only see his fucking picture in the beginning, it's the best fucking Nicolas Cage movie in fucking years. That's since true. the first Kick-Ass, probably. It's probably the easiest paycheck he's ever gotten, too. Actually, oh my God. supposedly there were scenes written where he was going to be in the movie, but then they cut him before they started shooting. Yeah, like stuff. Yoda style or something yeah. like that. Well, it's like a flashback or something. But yeah, yeah, a flashback, yeah. But, but man, that, that, oh that, Nicholas Cage, how the mighty have fallen! Well, the guy won a Best Actor Oscar. What was that for? Was that for Waking the Waking the Dead, or was that for Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah, leaving Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, and he should have gotten one for adaptation as well. Yeah, I will agree because that's it's got one of my favorite lines in it where he's talking about uh, is that towards the end where he's talking about that girl that he loved in high school. And then the brother's like, dude, she made fun of you all the time. And he's like, I don't care. It was mine. You know, I didn't need her yeah. to love me back. I loved her. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing there, but it, it's such a good scene. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good one. But man, Wicker Man, best fucking Nicolas Cage movie ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I laughed so hard in the movie theaters. People were getting angry. Yeah. That reminds me of um, when I saw Doom in the theater. Uh, my friend and I, my my friend and I were sitting there heckling the movie like Mystery Science Theater because it just got to the point where it was like, really. Uh, so I'm interested to find out how does a Doom fan enjoy the Doom movie, oh, that which means... I haven't watched. There we I go. Love it. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> uh, it's great. It, okay, take it for what it is. It's yeah. a movie based on a video game about shooting aliens that's true. That's with the it. fucking rock. Yeah. Why not? And that's it. I mean, is just awesome. Who better I to do seen it? it. Yeah. And Carl Urban. Carl Come Urban. On. Yeah. One of his pre uh, pre fame roles, yeah. Well, it's well, kinda like it was, it's, it was after well, yeah, it was after Lord of the Rings, but Was it? Yeah, pretty oh, sure. Oh okay. Yeah, maybe it was. He was after. in Lord of the Rings first, I think. That but. guy, he was like I never recognized him. I, only recently I saw a picture of him and I was like, Oh yeah, that's fucking Aomir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I no, think no. my favorite one's Dread, though. Well, there's yeah, but he's McCoy now. Well, yeah. I still think my favorite role for him is Dread, though. Yeah, he's great as McCoy, but yeah. Dread is amazing. No, no, trust me, as a as a Star Trek fan, there is no more perfect casting than him as McCoy. He nailed that part. That irras- awesome, that irascible doctor. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, yeah, I can kind of see that because there is sort of like a. Uh, I mean, Mortal Kombat, the movie. That's a pretty fu- That's a pretty good video game movie. I mean, it kind of captured the first one. Yeah, it kind of captured. Well, yeah. I mean, Annihilation. Well, it was, or was it Armageddon? I can't remember. Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah. Let's just you know. Forget about that one. Forget about that one. I but, enjoyed the first Mortal Kombat movie. You know. Yeah, yeah it's great. And it wasn't even in the in the in the games. You know, but I watched that on TV a couple of times. I enjoyed it more than the Street Fighter crap fest. No, <laughs> Street Fighter has a campy uh, Raul Julia as uh, M Bison. It's got a wonderful cast. yeah, <laughs> Gomez. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> his last role, you know, 
but but yeah, yeah, other video game movies, you know. I've we, we we talked about this in one episode. Yeah, we did. I I have always maintained that Silent Hill is a really good adaptation of a video game. I haven't yeah. seen that. I haven't played the games, but I actually loved both movies. Obviously, the the second one was not near as good as the first, but since I haven't played any of the games, yeah. I really had a different kind of appreciation for the second movie. Uh, I know that you all had like a <laughs> you, was it you, Stephen and uh, Scott? No, it wasn't Scott. It was uh, what's his face, Danny. Oh yeah, it was Danny. Yeah. And uh, I just remember like reading the the chat like while you guys were doing that. It's yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it's a, like you all three kind of hated it. Yeah. Silent Hill was it Silent Hill Revelations. Yeah. Revelations. Yeah. yeah. They need to make Silent Hill two into a movie. That's I the game. that was what the first one was. No, uh, the first movie is Silent Hill one. Okay. The, the second movie is an adaptation of Silent Hill three. And then okay. Silent Hill 2 is its own... So they've just skipped 2, then? Well, because 2 is its own story. Oh. It doesn't have anything to do that. with the cult or anything like that. It's I didn't know story. that, because yeah. I haven't played any of them. So. It's, a, it, it's, <laughs> it's standalone. And once you play Silent Hill 2, you'll realize why Pyramid Head in the movies is, like... Just, yeah, that's what uh, I heard. It's, it's pretty dumb. But, you know... For I really was kind of freaked out like the first time I watched the first Silent Hill. Oh yeah, at, at Pyramid Head, like it was he was kind of terrifying. Well, like, you should see him in the game when he's just like, yeah, because <laughs> no, because the first time you see him, you're in this hotel and you just walk down the hallway, and he's just standing there on the other side of this metal grate looking at you, and you're like, what the fuck is that? You know. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that game. Silent Hill 2. If you if you only play one Silent Hill game in your life, play Silent Hill 2. Because it has the best story out of all of them. Well, Haas has it, so I might yeah. snag it at some point and play it. The only bad thing is you have to deal with the tank controls, but that's... Which might kill it for me. Well, <laughs> yeah. Silent I, Hill 2, let's play. I'm a, a are, you, are, you, are you just going to watch a let's play, Mike? <laughs> I don't know, I... I... Uh, you know, I tried to get into the old school Resident Evil. Yeah. I wanted to get especially into Silent Hill 2, but uh, the controls, man. Nah. I just I, I remember buying that game back in the day, and I was like, graphics will never look better than this. This is like, <laughs> you know, because it was just it was so cool with the uh, the the filter over top of it to make it look all film grainy and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, this game. Of course, graphics got way better than that, but you know. You always think that in that generation, like, how could graphics ever get better than this? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Silent Hill, I played the first one for maybe an hour or so, but um, yeah, I heard that the second one is supposedly the best, but yeah, it's as much the... as I love horror, I just never really delved into the yeah. horror genre in terms of gaming. If you can be creeped out by a Let's Play, then yeah, just watch a Let's Play because the tank controls can keep a lot of people away from playing those games. But man, uh, I need to replay Silent Hill too. <sighs> There's Corpse Party though. I have my Corpse Party. That's true. I, I I put that game down and I never went back to it. Don't play Book of Shadows. The gameplay sucked. Okay. Just Corpse Party. Top-down 16-bit style. Kind of like an RPG, but it's actually a horror game. Yeah. What did they change for Book of Shadows? Uh, the top-down walking around is completely changed into like 
static imagery oh. that you can explore. And the segments that they added were not very interesting, except for the final epilogue one that they added. It's kind of like a 1.5. They just added in extra chapters focusing on other characters. And then the, the big uh, prologue and epilogue, which are supposedly setting up the new game called Corpse Party Blood Drive on the Vita, which I, I have no idea what the gameplay is going to be. If it's interesting gameplay, I would like to get that localized by the good people of Exit. Oh, if it's not overly tech-heavy, I'm sh- well, you know, I don't know how well the last two have sold, but I'm sure they will if it's feasible for them. I don't know. I think they've in- in- expressed interest into localizing Blood Drive, but as the game is not out yet or yeah. for a release date in Japan, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe it's 2015, though. All right, gents. Well, I need to get going. Yeah, I, I think I need to, too. Mike, I, honest to God, I don't know how you're awake right now. It's got to be like 6 a.m. It's closing in on 6 a.m., and it's oh, only yeah. it's only midnight here, and I'm, like, zonking out a little bit. <laughs> you know? Because, I, 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 well, I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning, so that's kind of the reason, but I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you're yeah, doing it. I'm taking over the podcast, man. It's, De- it's my dedication. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down my computer and Mike's still gonna be sitting over there talking. <laughs> He's just gonna be recording himself. <laughs> Fuck it, it's going up on my channel. I don't care. <laughs> Welcome to another gaming podcast. It's another pay gaming podcast. Yeah, I, I'm your host, Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of falling asleep for the last yeah. half hour. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to catch some sleep. They will suck but, tomorrow when I have to get back to work on Monday, but. I'm not gonna lie. This is gonna be like uh, people are gonna see this on the on the. Oh my god! I can't even wait. This, like five hours? Are you kidding me? Five and a half at this point. And oh. the bad thing is, the last like the last hour and a half or two hours, we haven't even talked about Japanese RPGs. I know. That much. Like, like it, it's it's really not been a very JRPG heavy episode. That's that. But I think the same thing happened with Greg. Like we just didn't like we got sidetracked on things. We just talk and we don't stick to topics. So, hey Amazing. folks, it's not going to get any more professional than this. So. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. But that's good because like back, I I keep thinking back to like when all gen gamers was really rigid in their topics and it was kind of like uh, you didn't want to listen to it and then like. You, you kind of rather them just bullshit with each other for a while, you know what I mean? So I think that's what people tune in for. If they tune in for, like, rigid conversations, then there's other podcasts. <laughs> ah, well, as long as uh, people enjoy watching it. Yeah. Actually, I'm very interested to find out who watched the entire fucking thing. Please comment it in the yeah. comments below. If you make if it you through the entire this. five hours um, in one setting... <laughs> no way. <laughs> One sitting. <laughs> you gotta make it hard, because I mean... This is like an entire day at work for some people. Well, put earphones in. What are you want? <laughs> we we uh, gotta have geez. like a code word or something like that that we want to see in the comments that means that they watched the entire episode. Yeah, I almost I almost wonder if I should just break this up into two parts, to be honest with you. Yeah, maybe the with Steven and the non-Steven part. <laughs> we could almost work that way. Yeah, because then it would just start off going, what a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Let fuck. that be the code word for I, this I really, episode. I really need to stop using the C word because we're going to start losing our... 
our very limited female audience. We better warn them. <laughs> yeah, because I think this has more cursing in it than the Grub Gun episode. Did. Oh my god. Is that possible? I don't know. I'm sorry, guys, when I'm getting tired, the F word is going to be used yeah. a lot more. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, if you've made it to this point, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, you deserve a prize. You deserve a prize. Mike. Dedication. Mike, we, I, honest to God, I don't think we could have a podcast long enough to cover everything we should probably talk about on a podcast. But, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for putting in the long hours because, I mean, you've been uh, – it's 6 a.m. where you're at right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's hardcore. I spent the entire night talking to you guys, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no kidding. This is uh, it's been a great episode. Um, Definitely. Hopefully, hopefully the Jack Ryan movie was you know fucking worth it because <laughs> Steven, you know, we only spent a week, two weeks trying to get this organized. You know, whatever, Jack Ryan. Uh, okay, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm uh, Dustin. I want to thank everyone for watching uh, or watching, listening. Uh, Chance. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. And check us out on our Facebook page. That'd be awesome. And Mike will be continuing to record for the rest of the day as another gaming podcast. So, Mike, go ahead and take us out. All right. Thank you guys for the experience. I'll probably be back someday when I really take over this podcast. It's going to be mine. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. Everyone have a good time. Peace.